right. Hello, hello. Welcome to the IWS podcast. It's your favorite host here, RJ. And I have some great guests with me today. The lovely Shania Whitfield and Miss Ashley Rivera Mercado. How are you ladies doing today? Well, very good. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) I hope you all are excited as I am. Um, I think this is going to be a very interesting discussion. For those that don't know, this is a largely a mental health platform focused on trying to bridge communication gaps between men and women. And in my experience, there's a lot of things that we end up getting into discussions about, but we don't really understand one another. And there's a lot of things and topics that we discuss that we kind of talk past each other. And so my hope genuinely is to try to establish good relationship with you all where we can talk very openly about a lot of the lived experiences that you all have shared. And hopefully we can walk away learning a bit more about each other today. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Ashley, I'm going to start with you since we pre-negotiated that. Guys. <laughs> I always like to begin with guests by talking about our lived experiences, particularly beginning in our families. And the reason why is because I believe our environment ultimately shapes our perceptions of, for a long time, how we see the world, how we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind, talking a little bit about what was it like growing up with your family? Yeah, so I was born in Puerto Rico. My family is Puerto Rican, 100% (laughs) Boricua. we moved to the mainland United States when I was around three. Uh, my parents were married for most of my childhood. They got divorced when I was around 12. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, to this day, I maintain I had a really happy childhood. I had very loving parents. Good. I am still BFFs with my parents. <laughs> Everyone knows. Like, it's a thing. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I have like the most amazing family. I think I'm very blessed to say that. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't (laughs) have, like, I can't think of an instance where I didn't feel loved or supported by my family. Let me ask you, what was that experience like for you when you guys initially got here or here, meaning the mainland, not necessarily, I don't know what you said. Yeah. Um, my parents moved to Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so, so that was probably there. that was a big change, sure, but it, it was following kind of my aunt and my f- other members of my family had already moved. Um, from what I understand, it was really, really challenging. Um, you know, there were language barriers. There was professional barriers. I always say like Puerto Ricans have the weirdest relationship with the United States <laughs> in the sense that we are essentially immigrants that don't go through the citizenship process. Yeah. So, you know, my parents came here with like a thousand dollars in their pocket and three kids to feed. And wow. Yeah. No jobs. My mom was just like, let's go. You know, (laughs) if we don't go, we're not going to go. And they really made it work. You know, Mm. my dad worked multiple jobs growing up. My mom was always there to like cook every night and help us with our homework. Beautiful. So it was it was really like an egalitarian household, I'd say. Like I really didn't grow up with like a gender norm define childhood Mm. of like the woman does this the man does this because it was all hands on deck you know and three (laughs) girls so you know there's three girls yeah it was me and my two sisters and I'm the youngest so that's different yeah and (laughs) it was never like wait for a man to do it like my dad to this day is like never lower your standards do your thing my mom's the same way they're just very powerful strong people so I'm curious. So you said you're the youngest of three. Do you know roughly how old your parents were when they got together? Yes, that was a scandal. <laughs> so, okay, you're piquing my curiosity. Yeah, now. my mom's word. defense is always like, it was 
Rico in the 80s. No one cared. <laughs> but it was, um, my parents have an age gap. My mom is six years older than my dad. And my dad okay. was 17 when they met. And my mom had a kid with someone else. But okay. we were not raised with like, okay. she's this, she's that. You know, we were raised like we're all the same. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and I only ask not because there's a there's a right or wrong answer, right? It's just more just trying to understand how our family of, families of origin come to come mm-hmm. to be. And it's interesting that the, the age gap was it switched, I would say, because typically you would see an older man yeah. with a younger woman. Yeah. Um, but it's the other way. Not that that's a bad thing. She was friends with like his older brother. It was a thing. Uh, <laughs> like, it was at some salsa club and like uh, a college town. My dad wasn't even in college, but he was there and they saw each other. It was like a movie or something. So, so she, she had the end already then. She kind of did. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay. And you said, so you're the youngest of three. What's the age range between you and your oldest? Um, me and my oldest sister are three years apart. Me and oh. my middle sister are one year. So we're all so like, y'all are back to back. We're really back to back. Yeah. Okay. Do you know if um, do you know if y'all were all planned? No, and I still don't know the answer because I don't ask. Okay. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think so. You know. I mean, the only reason why I ask is like that sounds kind of intentional in my mind to have the three of you back to back. Maybe that. on my mom's part it was. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And I also think I, and I'm gonna ask you one more question. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to you, Shania, and thinking about your dad. So he, it was him and four of you many four women mm-hmm. so that's a very different experience right because there's not a lot of not to say like you have to have um sons too <laughs> but i think it's just a different experience when it's like so he's the one male voice in, the, in a house full of women mm-hmm. so I, I can imagine like i have an older sister and i know what it's like to share a space with her for like 16 years <laughs> and how difficult that was with one woman mm-hmm. i can imagine if i had two other sisters especially if i was the youngest like you which i am the youngest mm-hmm. um and just being with a mom, I think that that would it can be more challenging mm-hmm. in terms of like how people may be open to seeing your viewpoint. If that makes sense, like if I'm typically my experiences, people tend to develop group think. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you ask a group of women or a group of men a question, they're all more or less are going to align with that response. Not mm-hmm. every single person, mm-hmm. but I mean, in, in a majority, because a lot of them might see that being part of their lived experience. But if you have like a man in a space dominated by women or a woman with like a bunch of brothers and grew up mm-hmm. with her dad, she's going to have a different lived experience because maybe she is getting like a heavy dose of masculinity mm-hmm. and not enough femininity. And if on the other side, maybe you're getting a lot of femininity and not enough masculinity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm not saying that that happens. So you're who my dad could. speaks to and he says, please give me a grandson. <laughs> we need more men in this I family. So, so me and dad without knowing each other are kind of talking to yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. I got that. Okay, okay. Shania, same question. What was it like for you growing up in your family? Uh, so mine's a little bit more intense and a little bit more complex. Um, As all so, families are, by the way. Yeah. And so I am second child out of, if we're including step, I'm second child out of seven. Mm. Um, and <laughs> yeah. And so That's a lot. I'm second oldest. I grew up. So I always have to like explain this properly so I don't confuse people. So my mom and my dad got together um when my mom was about 20 and my dad was about 23. Okay. Um, she had already had my sister, my older sister. Um, she had her when she was in high school. Um, so around 17, 18. Okay. Um, they got together. They met at like a Navy base. Um, 
and they started dating. They had me, then they had my brother two years later. Um, they actually found out at my first birthday party that they were pregnant with him. So that was fun. And so then um, I grew up with mainly my older sister. Um, it was me, her, and my mother. Okay. Um, because my parents separated when I was about seven years old. Okay. Um, and my dad took my brother with him um, because my mom believed that he should be raised by a man. So, mm. And then me and my sister stayed with my mom. Um, and then a couple years later, I would say like about like two, three years later, so I was about eight years old, she had um, my younger sister, um, and I was raised by my stepfather, which is her father. Um, and so it became a dynamic with him in the household as well. Um, after being like two or I think it was like two or three years of just being like the three of us and my aunt who like would occasionally come to visit. Yeah. So I grew up with a lot of women in my family. I'm used to like, yeah, I'm used to like uh, my mom always ran everything. Like even when I had my stepdad and he lived with us up until I was about until I graduated high school. Okay. Um, essentially, um, I just always knew that like uh, my thought process is that women always ran the household. So my mom was always like, I make sure the bills are paid. I orchestrate everything. I make sure everybody goes to school. Yeah. You know, everything is always taken care of, even on her end. Um, my stepdad was obviously there for like romantic like side for her. But I truly believe that she did everything. Um, okay. So that's kind of the dynamic I'm used to growing up with. And, and I was always I wasn't close to my sister until I was in high school. Um, so there was like a lot of like push and pull because she's the oldest out of all of us. So it was like almost like mothering, like also assisting with like um, babysitting like my younger sister. And then when my brother would come for the summers and stuff like that. So we always took on like the second mother kind of role. Yeah. Um, and even now we have now I have a younger sibling, um, which she's about three around the age that wait, I'm wait, wait your sibling your yeah, sibling's three years sibling old yeah my sibling is three years old she's about to turn four this year wait, wait, from my mother yes let me pause you real quick not because that's like, a bad thing but I, no. I, I do want to <laughs> clarify something because I talk a little bit about birth order yeah so like and that's why I asked like how old the age range was mm -hmm. so for you for that sibling that one that's three years old mm -hmm. is there anybody else even close in age or no Yes, my younger sister, my other younger sister, who is about to turn 18 this year. That's the closest age. Okay, so that, that we have. so that sibling, yeah. that youngest one, is an only child. Yeah, essentially. Because they're not growing up with anybody, and the Correct. people who are growing up with them are not even at the same stage of life anymore. Correct. Even three, four years, like me and my sister, we're four and a half years. That's mm -hmm. that's like light years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not even to mention the fact that we're men and women, so we're already different. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you start adding in, I would say about once you get to about three years. Yeah the stage is a little bit off, right? Because if one's 11, one's 14, one's 13, one's 16, like we're just not talking about the same stuff anymore. Yeah. You got to get to like <laughs> 17 and then now we can kind of talk a little more. Right. So you said 18 and three. That's so a 15 I'll give year you chronologically starting from the top. My oldest sister, 29. I'm 26. My brother is 20. He, he just turned 25. 24. I don't know. He's 98, but he, we're okay. only like a year and a half apart. Okay. And then it's my my 17 year old sister who's turning 18 in about a couple months. Okay. And then my three year old sister. Wow. And then I have step siblings that are in between from my mom's new marriage. So. Okay. That's not related to any of us. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a very uh, weird ecosystem. No, no, no. <laughs> but listen, but that's yeah. but that's also that's the nature of, of a lot of families today. Mm -hmm. So I don't even when people say they're complex, I'm like all families are complex. Yeah. And I'm trying to take a little notes here. So let me ask you before I forget. I forget to ask you, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay. So you guys are very close in age. Yeah, we Yeah, we, we 
backstory. Yeah. Um, we know each other from elementary school. Oh. And then we went like 10, Ten years. plus years without speaking. And then it was like, you found me on Instagram yeah, or I, I so. found you. Something happened. Reconnected. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, you know, COVID. Everyone's thinking about the meaning of life and stuff. And then oh, we, yeah. we were like, yeah, let's hang out. And like we, we reconnected. Yeah. It was really cool. So. No, I, I agree. I'm not even going to get into that yet, but I, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of, um, let's just say a lot of opportunity for self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because a lot of people, I, I talked about this a lot on this platform, a lot of people finally had to sit down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like stop. A, right. Like yeah. a lot of folks, uh, this is just my clinical experience. We, um, and especially for men, we tend to fixate and focus a lot on work because mm-hmm. there's an over exaggeration that that is the primary purpose and function of our role in our lives Mm -hmm. and so when you take that from us sometimes like we struggle because like we lose a sense of identity Mm -hmm. but also with the pandemic again for a lot of people even if let's say you had a job and then you went remote so then you just weren't going somewhere all the time Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you had all this time like i can't distract myself with all these tasks i have to do Mm -hmm. now i'm sitting here like why am i feeling this way all of a sudden and you had to actually start to deal with things so to me that was actually a silver lining because my practice actually really got birthed in the pandemic because i saw so many people from black and latino communities those are my communities where they started to wake up they started Mm -hmm. realizing like i need to deal with my stuff we have a lot of issues that we don't historically talk about Mm because a lot of us tend to go to church and we do which i'm not against by Mm -hmm. the way but we do more faith-based spiritual counseling if you Mm -hmm. will and now i saw a huge surge of folks who were like we need to talk to a secular therapist mm-hmm. and now i've actually been very excited because i've seen an influx of folks over the past three almost years who have reached out and that has made me very excited for the direction that we are moving in because mm-hmm. we have a lot of repressed stuff that we typically don't deal with yeah even if i don't know you all which i'm still going to get to learn about mm-hmm. you there's a lot of stuff that we tend to internalize oh yeah and my challenge to all of us men and women is to let that stuff out (laughs) right because it impacts us man just to be clear it impacts us in all sort of ways that we're not even thinking about right but i want to go back to you for a second Mm -hmm. so you talk about the family structure and you talked about how mom sort of dominated even though your stepfather was present Mm -hmm. so from your perspective it's more important and you clarify i'm not i'm not trying to assume here it's more important that you have your stuff together and that let's say if you were with a a partner, you feel like maybe you would have the expectation that you're supposed to handle everything. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Okay. Um, In the regard. So it's, it's a teetering slope, like especially because most of my, my romantic relationships have been newer to me. Um, But I've always, I've always thought, not that my mom has ever outright said it, but I've always known that I needed to be independent and on my own mm-hmm. initially, um, just to know that, you know, in case anything falls through, just sure. because there's, there's been a lot of that in my life, um, that I've always got me at the end of the day Absolutely. or my family has me at the end of the day. So Respect. I've always wanted to make sure that I've had like my sense of independence before anything else. Okay. Um, cause that's really important to me. I got that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Same question. Like for you. Because obviously you said you felt like you grew up pretty balanced with mom and dad, let's say, embodying aspects of both roles. Right. Um, what's your, if you could share briefly, like what's your thought process in terms of like how do you function in relationships traditionally? I will say it's kind of like Shania's style. <laughs> okay. um, because I do think that in my dad fulfilling uh, 
you know, that monetary support through working multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't grow up seeing him as often. You know, it's just he was working like 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then coming home for like two hours and then working four to 1 a.m. Like that was like his everyday five nights a week, you know, and actually that explains why he doesn't sleep. But (laughs) um, no, it was. And then, you know, my mom uh, remarried with my stepdad shortly after my parents divorced. My dad remarried. Um, They remarried very different people than who my parents were right Mm. in their marriage. And that's really where I got to see other dynamics exist. So with my stepfather, he is an incredibly great provider emotionally and monetarily you know like growing up in high school he was there for us he was always there like i think he always knows the drama before my mom does because he's (laughs) like the buffer and then um my dad remarried and he divorced with a woman i wasn't necessarily a fan of but i do think that that was a good relationship to see my dad go through because i think i got to see him grow a lot emotionally And I actually think that even though that challenged our relationship, it helped me humanize him a lot. That's good. Yeah. So I carry that like in adulthood is like my parents are people, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And they're my parents. (laughs) I love that you said that, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I told you all, but I am a parent. I have a 12 year old son. Mm. So I talk a lot to parents. I talk a lot about parenting um, because I think that for most of us like we are obviously just producing reproducing in a lot of cases what we experienced when we were growing up mm-hmm. i think that's just parents in general i don't care about race ethnic background where you came from in the world that's why the foundation of where you come from and how you get raised matters so much mm-hmm. because for most people i've found unless you get challenged in your thinking you're largely even the things that you don't like you're largely going to reproduce that particularly when it comes to your children or in your relationships with partners that you that you care about mm-hmm. and so when you talk about experiences that each parent may have had, right? And then seeing like maybe pitfalls, different challenges that they may experience and how do they choose to to engage? How do they choose to deal with that? There is a level of observation I think most kids do, mm-hmm. some more so than others, but I think we tend to pay attention even the things that they don't tell us to look at, we're looking at. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the things that hopefully they're telling us, hey, hey, I did this, you may want to take a different road. You mm-hmm. may want to take a different path. I say that, and I also challenge the dads because I typically challenge the men because we're the ones that usually don't know how to talk like that. Because mm-hmm. for, for us, it's very unnatural, not because men are not emotional, because we're taught from very young ages to not engage in those discussions, mm-hmm. for example. For a lot of young boys, what's the difference I would say between like young boys and young girls? When a young girl, like let's say there's like a girl in here and she trips and falls, Somebody's going to come to her and like tell her, like, sit down and they're going to kind of come cater to her and try mm-hmm. to take care of her and try to address her so she doesn't feel so sad. Usually with young boys, we'll tell them to get up and say, stop crying. Mm-hmm. And that's subtly and subliminally teaching that young man that nobody cares how you feel. Yeah. So as he gets older and then we talk, which we're not there yet, but when mm-hmm. we start talking about relationship formation and relationship building, the ironic thing is the very thing that sometimes women want from us it may be things that they have helped breed and men too because then they don't know because they're being ignorant they're breeding the same type of guys that are going to lead to this level of conflict mm-hmm. meaning you all may want to sit down with me let's just say we were dating mm-hmm. and you're like i want to talk about this issue mm-hmm. what am i going to do because i have no experience oh i'm running mm-hmm. i'm not talking about it yeah. ashley said I, I need we need to talk when you when you get home later oh absolutely not i'm not coming home mm-hmm. i'm not coming up i'm coming home i'm coming home at like 10 mm-hmm. midnight 
I'm avoiding. Hopefully, it. hopefully you're asleep. I'm avoiding. I'm drinking, <laughs> like whatever. I'm doing things, mm-hmm. to, and that demonstrates like my level of discomfort. Mm-hmm. So I try to humanize men and fathers in particular. Not that this doesn't happen with mothers, but this is more of a dad and a man thing. Mm-hmm to get in touch with themselves, Mm -hmm. to learn that we need to grow in that area because women are going to always want that from us. For those of us that want heterosexual partners, (laughs) women are going to want to talk about these things, Mm -hmm. right? Hopefully you would agree with me. So (laughs) we have to do better in in that regard. But we also need women to provide the space to allow us to learn how to feel. Because a lot of men, I'm 36, there's a lot of men your age, my age, and older who have never learned. So you all going to have to be willing to give a certain amount of grace mm-hmm. as they try to embark on that journey. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. For what sure. do you all think about that? I, I have some conflicting feelings from my own personal <laughs> sure. experiences. Cool. Um, just because I've always, especially with romantic partners specifically, like I can speak to, is that I've always allowed like there to be an open space mm-hmm. like for that kind of discussion. And I, I don't discourage because my mom never discouraged. My dad was a little bit discouraging of like, okay, like, this isn't something we need to talk about. Like I'm not the person to talk to. So I, I, with my mom, she was always very open, especially with my brother. So I I knew coming off the bat, like I, when I'm in a romantic relationship with someone, I want to make sure that they feel secure. Like you are my partner. So to speak to, to speak to that, like I, I've never firsthand experienced like an avoidant, like somebody being avoidant when I want to have conversations. Mm -hmm. It's more of like me, for me personally, I don't know how to express my feelings without feeling like I'm inconveniencing somebody, like inconveniencing my partner. That, wait, um, while that, in that, the that's conversation, that's you saying that's that? me. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, especially with my past relationship, my most recent relationship, it was never. We're not going to sit down and talk. It's more of like I need to open up, and I wasn't being mm. clear enough um, about what I want because I don't want to overstep or. You know, like I always I minimize that. my feelings and never prioritize that. my feelings ahead of his. Great, so, great awareness. Yeah. So, great awareness. Thanks. But <laughs> so like it's weird, like when you say something like that, like it's always very strange for me when um, people bring up, especially in regards to men, like, you know, like, oh, I never feel like I'm open enough to talk because every man that I and since my last relationship, every man that I've come in contact with romantically, I never make them feel uncomfortable and sharing. But then that leaves for like an unnecessary like dump on me mm. um to i don't know how to else to say that's that, okay but um like in like it's an emotional dump because i am so open now everything falls on me and now i have the emotional weight oh, oh. that has been pent up for them because i'm like one of the first women to like so provide that space. space oh yeah and i've been noticing it a lot like in oh, i'm sorry i don't mean to be loud but i'm okay. noticing mm-hmm. it a lot in like every man that i've interacted with since okay. and it's that is overwhelming. Um, Absolutely. Especially because most of the women I know in my life, it's it's all very conflicting for me because most of the women in my life that I know are very open. And like, I don't, I, I personally just can't see how that wouldn't be, um, how that would be an issue in like a relationship. Oh yeah. Um, because of like, I know my friends and I know the women that I come contact to and women are always very open for me mm-hmm. and like, especially women I don't know. Um, so oh, yeah. it's just always weird when men are like, I never feel like emotionally like ready to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. are you sure? Like, have you, have you asked the question or are you just assuming because of like 
her disposition or you're yeah. just assuming that that would that convert that she wouldn't be open to hearing you no absolutely so, and we're definitely going to get more into what you're yeah, talking about in a little while because that's that's a that's a really good example because yeah. that's a little i would say that's a little inverted because usually it would be the guy i feel like right. would, would be more like i don't want to touch on that right. um but no i provide that perspective because not just from my own lived experience but i work with and have talked to a lot of men yeah i will tell you it's almost universal not even in the United States. I'm talking mm -hmm. about in the world. Right. Because most men, even if they're raised in a two-parent household, okay, let, let me let me take a step back and then I'm going to come to the next question because mm -hmm. we're still on family. For most people who are in a two-parent household, I'm going to say a heteronormative relationship, so meaning male and female dynamic. If you have a boy and a girl, this is a little different for you. It would make more sense for you because you had brothers too. You only had mm -hmm. sisters. If you have, a, let's just say, two, two siblings, boy and a girl, mom and dad this is both how people tend to behave it could look slightly different but this is general disposition for young people a young girl typically will identify with aspects and attributes of her mother because she can see herself in her mom clearly because moms born bore us right and then usually if father's present there's a level of love and admiration for their father mm -hmm. because that's usually the first man that they somewhat fall in love with not in a in a in a inappropriate way mm -hmm. but in terms of what they represent that father represents again for heterosexual relationships they represent what men what they should expect from men and how men should treat them so if that person's present and the way that they interact with me they help set the tone for what i should deal with what i should tolerate what my expectations would be they're shaping that not because they're telling you it's based on the way that they treat you throughout your duration of your childhood mm -hmm. so if they let you talk openly if they ask you how you're feeling if they give you respect and they honor the things that you talk about you sort of build those expectations over time for how a man should treat you now let's flip that for young men for young men, they identify, we identify with our fathers. We, there's aspects we want to be like them because we see ourselves in them. And then with our mothers, it's, it's the opposite. Then we love our mothers mm -hmm. and they represent the love that we want from women. Why? Because they're the first people you get the opportunity to develop that secure attachment with. Mm -hmm. Right? You, you can't, nobody else can, can come before them. So. I deal with the other side when you don't develop the attachment mm -hmm. and all the issues that come with that, meaning some person was completely absent physically or they were physically present, but emotionally absent. Right. There's still an impact there because I didn't still get to develop that attachment. That's why I like when you said, I feel like I kind of understand my parents as humans and people, not just as parents. It's a different role. Mm -hmm. But my point is, that's usually the dynamic of how we see ourselves, whether it's taught to us explicitly or not. That's usually how we'll kind of like internalize a lot of these things. So what can happen is for some of us, we maybe have both parents. Somebody might be unavailable. It's usually dads emotionally. And even to your point, like dad had to provide because that's typical male role. And emotional availability typically comes from who? From mom. Mm -hmm. She's the one that's like, here, sit down. Let's talk about it. So it's kind of confusing sometimes for guys because like it, not that it's bad that moms do that because it's not at all, mm -hmm. but it would be great if dad did it too. Mm -hmm. If he sat down and was like, son, come here, let's talk about it and made it feel like it's okay to cry about that issue. It's okay to open up about this issue. It's okay to trust other men and trust women 
that everybody's not going to treat you wrong, that everybody's not going to mistreat you, that you can develop trust and confidence in other people. But it starts when we're really small. Yeah. All these, all these ideas, these beliefs, trust me, I have conversations like this all the time. These beliefs that people think are really true. We're going to get into this in a little while. Mm. That comes from our families that tell you this is the way it's got to be. And this is the way people are supposed to treat you. We hold them to be absolute truths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they need to be challenged because sometimes they're wrong. It's not sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's I, all I say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I try to be open minded. Right. I try to be open minded, you know, because I want you all to speak to speak to your own right. experience. But yeah. I just want to set that as, as a premise. Mm -hmm. Not that you all agree, but that's mm -hmm. been my lived experience, both personally and then professionally. A lot of the people I've worked with and I've talked to, you start to see inconsistencies based on who was in that house, mm -hmm. based on what their relationship was like with them. Which leads me to my next question. <laughs> so, and I'm going to start with you now, Shania. So, okay. And I'm going to focus more on stepdad and okay. mom, because those are the people you said that you were more present in terms of parents, right? Well, that was like my day to day. So sure. there was a couple of peers, like I would go to my dad's house during the summer for okay. about like three months and I would live with him and my stepmom okay. um, so and you, my step sibling. So you can, okay. So you can touch on that yeah. one too. So maybe start with stepmom or stepdad and mom, and then okay. you can also <laughs> add dad. Describe a little bit. What's the relationship like? What was it like growing up? And then mm -hmm. maybe how is it so much now? Like, do you mean like me in relation to them? Yes. Or, but okay. yeah, like, like, yeah. What's your um, relationship like with so them? So I'm incredibly close to my mom. Like, it's always been that way. Um, she's always been somebody I could confide in. Um, somebody that's always supported me no matter what. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a part of my stepdad's life anymore. Okay. Um, they, they separated when I was when I graduated. No, no, no. Yeah, when I graduated high school. Okay. Um, so when I was 17, um, and we once he moved out i didn't really have a relationship with him anymore um even though he's still present in my younger sister's life that's her father um i just it was basically not like a like there's no need to continue the relationship but at that point i was like an adult um and he was really there like to he was more so there like to just make sure that we weren't running the streets and hanging out and sure. doing all that even though we were all pretty good kids pretty much nerdy um but like he would just be there as like a physical like barrier in case anything happened it's while okay, my don't mom go was out, out don't go out there and do that yeah exactly <laughs> um and he was there emotionally from time to time but i don't have a relationship with anymore um i have like i don't mean to sound like crass but i do have my own father that like i've been trying to build my relationship with um That's good. after he left um so after I, after he left i started to get closer with my own dad um and so we are pretty my me and my biological dad are really close um we call each other almost every day like we do check-ins same with my mom my mom reaches out to me every day um calling texting all of that um and as regards to my stepmother um that helped raise me as well um i don't have a relationship with her either because my dad divorced her um okay. so both of my parents are in new relationships with different people that you who, didn't grow up with that i didn't grow up with that okay. i've only met in my adult life Okay. So it's a it's still a very weird to me, um, but yeah, I mean that's no, but that that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Number one, because you didn't. We're, we're talking about parental relationships, right? Yeah. So like you don't have any say in like whether they're going to stay with these people or not, right? What is interesting though, and I actually tell me what you think about this, yeah, because it kind of sounds like the initial step parents that you have, both stepmom and stepdad. Mm -hmm more or less when you got to a certain age they stepped out of the way yeah. for whatever reason and 
it invited maybe a new opportunity for you to get closer to your bio parents on both sides. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't say in regards to my mom, but in regards to my dad, definitely. Okay. Um, nothing really changed with my dynamic with my mom um, after she left that relationship. I mean, obviously, um, me and my older sister had to help out a lot more with like taking care of my other siblings. Um, so like I said earlier, like we took on more of a parental job. Um, and like helping raise my 17 year old sister so in a way I feel like I me and my sister joke around all the time how we're like second third mom to my sister because if my mom can't answer we're the two that sure. are going to help provide afterwards okay um so yeah that makes sense all mm -hmm. right how about you how would you describe your relationship like with your parents right now and how was it <laughs> I mean my parents are cool. I honestly, <laughs> I, I always tell people, and it's so funny because I think to like non-Latinos, it's very odd to be close to your parents. Mm -hmm. I always get the, why are you hanging out with your parents all the time? And I'm like, <laughs> my dad is like, let's go to a car show or let's go like to see this band or, and my mom's the same way. You know, mm -hmm. my parents are very, I would say, People always say I'm a very interesting person, and I think that's, like, a direct result of being the child of interesting people, mm. right? Like, my parents never did anything that they couldn't bring us to do with them, right? So oh, my okay. mom's like, if my kids can't be there, I'm not going. But then that naturally led to us being, like, going to concerts really young and going to, like, music festivals and art things and stuff. And that's why, like, I... I like that about my parents because I think they taught me, they really removed me from the like American mindset of like working for the weekend, mm -hmm. you know, like not enjoying your life as it comes. My parents are like the direct antithesis to that. They're <laughs> like, what is the point of all of this if we can't enjoy it? And I True. think that naturally makes me a more like joyous and grateful person because, mm -hmm. you know, I think when you grow up surviving, right. Ooh. And you're, Ooh, you're just like, you know, you're making it work and everyone's trying their hardest and you finally kind of see the fruits of that. Like, cause now both my parents, I consider them very successful people. I think, you know, they are both homeowners. They have fulfilling professional careers. They pursue their interests in their free time. They're very, um, you know, my, my parents have this emotional range that I think is so rare, especially as Latino parents. They're like extremely progressive people. They okay. are like the ones that are like, yeah, but you can do it because, like, everyone else is doing it. You know, like, they're they're not – they've never been, like, you're a woman, you can't do that. Okay. You know, they've never subscribed to, like, that. They've always been – and I've always said, like, my personality is, like, mostly my parents and then my grandmother. So my mom's mom, um, my Ita, we call her, mm. um, she – I spent every summer with her growing up until the age of 18 in Puerto Rico. So okay. that's why, like, I have a very strong tie to my culture. I speak fluent Spanish, you know, I, because I spent every summer with her. And mm. she was a woman that did not have access to, like, education. She had to stop going to school in eighth grade. She had to raise her siblings. And mm. she always instilled in me in this whole, like, do whatever you need to do to be happy. You know, take care of yourself. Go to school. Be a professional. Do all the things. And this is a woman who went back to get like her GED when she was in her fifties. Hey, yeah. Respect. Yeah. Just because she was like, why not? You know? And I, I think I've always been raised with that mentality of like, she fought so I wouldn't have to. And I think my parents also are like, 
wow, like they hear about these like super conservative cultural type things. And my mom's like, oh, but you know, Puerto Rican women, we like really liberated ourselves from those <laughs> things. You know, she's like, why live that way if you don't have to? And I think that's where a lot of my open mindedness comes from, because I get a lot of comments on, like people tell me things like <laughs> I, I don't know. People just the thing you talked yeah, about, how yeah. people just like open up to you. Yeah. That that is like a thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Just people feel so comfortable and. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked in higher education for a long time and like kind of an admissions counselor position, like very student facing. And uh, it, I worked a lot with international students and they would just like open up to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was always like, what is happening? right?" Now? <laughs> <laughs> but I realized it comes from the, the warmness and the open mindedness yeah, that people feel. You make them feel safe and then they feel like, oh, this person won't judge me. And that's right when <laughs> I'm like, and it's funny because my friends always joke, like, you're so judgmental. And I'm like, right. you can be <laughs> judgmental, but will you let it affect how you treat people? Mm -hmm. Those are two separate things. Everyone is judgmental, right? We all have Very initial clear. perceptions of people, but mm -hmm. do you let that perception affect how you treat someone? Those are two very removed things. Oh, yeah. So... You know, my parents have always instilled in me, like, just let people live. <laughs> like, if they're not hurting anyone, just let them do their thing. You worry about yourself. We got you. Mm. And I truly have never been in a position where I can't call on my family. You know, and I think that's we've really cultivated that that's through awesome. the years. Mm -hmm. So it's like and it's not perfect. Right. Like I'm, I'm summarizing <laughs> it so beautifully. Right? right. It could be like a movie plot line or something. But realistically, there are struggles. Right. There are days where you're like, I'm never speaking to this person again. And then you're like, what do you want to eat? Like, so, you know, it's very it's a day by day process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also understanding that your actions aren't permanent. Right. There's been times like where I went months without speaking to one of my parents and it was because of some like argument. And then my parents apologize to me. You know, they come to me and they're like, I'm really sorry that I did that to you. You know, and like when you tell people that their minds are like <laughs> my yeah. parents could never. But in reality, I think what my grandma said it recently too she's like your dad is your dad but he's kind of like your friend and i'm like he's mm. my father with a lot of trust you know and that's the same with my mom they say things they hurt your feelings but you're like they never mean anything with ill intent and i always try to like keep that in mind when i'm interacting with them when i'm frustrated and saying sorry when i have to mm. you know and I was like previously a very prideful person. I would never apologize for anything. I was like, I'm 100% right and everyone is wrong. But, you know, as you age, I think you realize it's less important and that mm -hmm. helps you, especially with parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. especially as you make decisions as an adult and they're just like watching you. And, but they've become my confidants through the years. You know, I really talk things through. And the other day, you know, my dad was like, if you need to talk to me, you call me. <laughs> He's like, seriously, just say, I need to talk to you. And I will yeah. like walk out wherever I am and we can talk. You know, and my parents have always been like that. No, that's awesome. So. I, I, uh, I would say, I would hope that that would become the norm for a lot of us. Yeah, Because I can tell you, um, <laughs> that's not a lot of our lived experiences, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is very complex and complicated. Not to say that it's not beautiful when those moments do happen like you're talking about. I think it's great and that would be, to me, the ultimate goal is to cultivate that level of relationship. Mm -hmm. What I usually say in talking about, talking to parents, because uh, I think a lot of parents get this confused, is that it's the 
parent's responsibility to cultivate that relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not up to the kids. The kids respond based on how you treat them. Mm -hmm. Kids are very forgiving. Uh, I think we typically give a lot of chances to see if you're going to do something different. Or do you give me the space? Are you very inviting to allow me to speak freely? Do you even allow me to have, uh, how would I say, intellectual autonomy? where I can speak for my own perspective and you don't shut it down simply because you disagree with it or you don't like what I'm about to say, especially if I'm not being disrespectful. I would say for a lot of the people that I know, and even in my lived experience, I did, was not afforded that opportunity. I grew up in a very authoritarian household. My father was military. I was actually in the military as well, but he was very strict because um, it was just him. My mom passed when I was very young. And so it was just me, my older sister, and my dad. So there wasn't a lot of breathing room for what do you think? It was more, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. To be fair, and this connects to something Shania said, independence is very important. Mm-hmm. So I know how to be independent. But I'm going to caveat that. <laughs> when I listen to people talk about it now, okay? So I listen to a lot of these spaces where people talk about independence, and I think there's an over-exaggeration of how important it is. And roll with me for a second. Okay. It's not that I don't think being independent is important. I think people kind of label it as you're doing something extraordinary. And what I think is that's the baseline. Right. Like it's not something to be celebrated. You should be able, if you're a healthy functioning adult, to take care of yourself. Right. You should be able to feed yourself. (laughs) You should be able to manage your your bills and your responsibilities. That's not something to put your hand up and say, I'm special. No, you're the norm, right? (laughs) Yeah. And and this isn't targeted to anybody. I mean, this is men and women. You're not special, in my opinion. Yeah. That was the norm because that's what I learned very young. And I think just for any person out there, that should be the bare minimum expectation for adults, right? That's what separates us from kids. Of course. Because we have responsibilities. We understand there's consequences to our actions. And if we don't know that, we're going to learn it mm-hmm. through making those, cha- those choices and, and learning through that experience. Um, but I think there's like an over-exaggeration of how important that is. And people identify with it to such a degree, this is kind of, I'm slightly dipping into romantic relationships now, mm-hmm. where it creates friction mm-hmm. when you're trying to build a relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Because it becomes about, and I'm not saying this is everybody, mm-hmm. it can become about this question that I think a lot of people are talking about now, particularly in social media, like, do I need you? Do oh. I even want you around? Oh, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and I don't, and, and, and me, me being me, I'm like, I don't even like that question. You mean, like, yeah. I, like I, I would, <laughs> I, I would reframe that question. No, it's okay. No, no, no. Listen, this is you all's face. Mm. We're going to talk. We're going to get into it in a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't like that question in, in term. Be, that's why I did the whole premise about independence. To me, if you understand you're supposed to be independent, then they, and that's not nothing to be celebrated. Mm. However, when you get a little older, this isn't necessarily aimed at you all. This could be for the audience out here. When you get a little older, you start to understand that life is quite difficult, okay? If the pandemic didn't teach anybody that, I don't know where you were. (laughs) But life is very difficult. I would submit to you two and to the audience listening, there's a reason why we're meant to be with somebody. Not a soulmate, Mm -hmm. somebody. I believe you can build with a lot of people. There's not one person out there for you. There's a lot of people you could make it work with. It's a question of do you both want to? Mm -hmm. But my point is, You want to build with somebody if you want to have children. You want to raise them with somebody dependable and reliable and that you choose each other because it is easier. 
So the question of, do I need you? To me, the reason why I don't like that question is, of course you don't. We've already established that you're independent. <laughs> I don't need you. Right. You don't need me. Clearly, you've gotten to this point, 26, 25? 26. Sorry. 27, 26. Sorry, I'm sorry. 27, 26. <laughs> yeah. You've gotten 27 and 26 years already. You don't need me. Mm-hmm. So why is that even the question? But the better question is, would it be better for me to go through life with somebody like you? Because we can complement each other. We can build on things with each other. Your strengths might be my weaknesses, and that's okay, because that's how we learn how to work with each other, particularly, again, if you're talking about family building. Mm-hmm. So when we, but that type of rhetoric to me is what is helping us to be opposition to each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not saying you all agree with anything that I just said, but that's how I've been interpreting a lot of the talking points that I hear people talk about on any of these platforms. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me because I deal with the people who end up separating. I deal with the kids who have to go through that experience and then they're struggling internally because they have to watch their parents snipe at each other and mm-hmm. disrespect each other. And then they're setting tones for them on how they may end up engaging in relationships with other people. Does that make sense? Of course. <laughs> and any thoughts on that before I continue? I Whoever. mean, I have all the thoughts. I know, me too. <laughs> oh, man. It, I agree. I, You know, I worked professionally in social media. I still kind of do. Um, and I spend a lot of time online as a, <laughs> as a byproduct of that. And mm-hmm. I do think there is like this weird narrative going on that like if this person is not an ideal fit you can't engage in like meaningful relationships with them okay and to a certain extent that's probably true right like you you have to i think at least agree on like your minimum values and your oh absolutely you know your your day-to-day behaviors right (laughs) especially if you plan on cohabitating at any point absolutely and um I, but I do think the narrative of like, do I need you is inherently harmful. And I actually mm-hmm. think it's more harmful for women than it is mm-hmm. for men, because this is something I struggle with as like a very, I consider myself a successful person. I consider myself an ambitious person. Mm-hmm. And um, in that, I have felt that I recently went through a breakup and it was my first reaction was to call my dad. And I was like, this is happening right now I don't really know how to process it but sometimes I think I'm too much like maybe I need to be less and my dad's reaction I will never forget he just (laughs) paused and he's like don't ever repeat that to me again because he's like it's not that you are too successful or you're too independent or you're too whatever for men it's it's simply the fact that they can't meet you where you are You know, and I think that is where the necessity thing, people get that confused, right? They Mm -hmm. get it confused in terms of like a transactional relationship. Like if Mm -hmm. I can have a house, you can have a house. If I can have a car, you can have a car. And if you don't meet those basic things that I'm doing, you suck and you are not worthy. Mm -hmm. In reality, there's so many socioeconomic factors that feed into those differences between individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's not fair to hold someone who may have grown up in like a very affluent household with access to certain financial literacy resources to like Mm -hmm. a partner who maybe grew up on food stamps or impoverished or impoverished, you know? So it is very like, and I didn't grow up affluent at all, I'd say. So my understanding of like my financial literacy, a lot of it is self-taught. A lot of it I've learned alongside my parents. You know, I became a homeowner at 24 
and I didn't have familial support. You know, my sister was my real estate agent. Thanks. But, you know, it wasn't like that's some that's some good resources. Yeah. There, right? Yeah, of course. Right. She knew the system. But, you know, at the end of the day, like my my parents became homeowners again, very close to the time I became a homeowner for the first time. And that if that is not an example of like having access to resources that put you on a different level, you know, cause I get a lot of comments from people my age, like, I can't believe you own a house. You know, how did you do that? And I'm like, there's so many factors that feed into that. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. So I would never approach a partner. Like if you are not a homeowner, you are not worthy. And I think that is a lot of the social media. Like if I'm doing it, you're doing it. And that's how we're equal. Equality and equity are two very separate <laughs> concepts. And, and I hate that question. I think it's more, I think when you're a minimum level of functioning as an adult, it's less about, do I need you? And more, do I want you? Yeah. And the want to me is so much more powerful than the need. It is. Because there's so much autonomy in picking who you're with. Absolutely. You know, and I think that if anything, I think that makes relationships more beautiful, right? When you're actively choosing each other. Mm-hmm. Right there. Wait, so. say that again. What? <laughs> If the last part, the last part. Uh, when you're actively choosing each other. Correct. <laughs> to me, that's that's the sole reason why we're in relationships. Remember, mm-hmm. relationships are voluntary. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be there no, unless mm-hmm. hopefully nobody's you know threatening you to be with somebody because <laughs> right. yes. that's not healthy. Um, but no, I love what you said. I think for a lot of us, that's where we get things kind of misconstrued. And then it, it, we're sometimes I think we're setting, I don't want to say unrealistic expectations, but... I just think they don't match the things that maybe are most important when you're trying to select a person. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back to your point about, like, are, do you have to be a homeowner or not? Like, none of those things are really relevant in the context of, like, do I want to build a relationship, a solid relationship with this person? I'm going to start by getting to know them, learning a lot of their upbringing. So there may be some things that I had access to that they didn't. Mm-hmm. So that fundamentally would mean we're not operating on the same starting point, mm-hmm. right? And I like to make this point in general for those that may not know this. You can't really compare yourself to anybody else because even from the moment you're born, even within your own family, maybe you guys have had this experience. I had this with my sister and it took me a really long time to understand this. We don't process things the same way, even when we're exposed to the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And I said siblings because that's the most easiest one to understand. And that was the hardest one for me to understand Mm -hmm. because me and my older sister are very, very different. Very, very different because we've, we've experienced hardship in similar ways, but we interpreted it differently. We've, it's some, for some it motivates, for some it demoralizes. Mm-hmm. Some it encourages, some it discourages. Mm-hmm. I know it. I felt it. I've had to really process this for like two decades. <laughs> so I've had a lot of COVID yes, time. Yes, I've had a lot of time <laughs> to reflect. <laughs> a lot of time to reflect. So I say all that because I love that, that point that you're making. Mm-hmm. Like we all going to have different starting points, so we need to be considerate of that. Because that's, again, that's going to shape your reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, even when you're talking about like relationship formation, I think for a lot of people, they, especially, and I'm going to kind of talk about it. And then Shana, I would like to hear what you think about this. Mm -hmm. Whether you've experienced it or not, maybe you know some people. (laughs) I was talking about this on a previous episode about um, online dating (laughs) and how. Sorry. No, it's good. It's good. No, your reaction. We we want the authentic reactions here. (laughs) So. We were talking about it, and I'm going to use the young lady. I haven't published this episode yet, but the, the okay. episode we were talking about. And I asked them the question, do you think there's limitless men that you can swipe on? <laughs> and she said yes. 
and the and limitless limitless oh, mi mi meaning meaning I, I can keep swiping indefinitely until i find what i'm what i'm looking for <laughs> oh no and um every algorithm has an end right <laughs> well it, it's interesting yeah. and, and it, it's interesting number yeah. one i want to hear what you have to say but i'm going to provide a, a male's perspective and context mm -hmm. because we these are examples where we have very different experiences yeah. also when we get into social media we have very different experiences so i was kind of i was gathering from her and for both of them actually that they feel like they can keep looking for this not perfect person but almost and there's no need there, there's no need to there's less of a need to want to compromise going back to your point about we all have different starting points right so i can keep swiping and eventually i'll find what i'm looking for men men we don't have that lived experience it is very different for us most of us don't even get the opportunity because you're looking at a person in a two-dimensional space. There's no room for context. There's no room for nuance, no room for personality, because you don't even get to the step of, let's actually go out and let's actually talk about things. Mm -hmm. Can you feel me out more than just this little blurb in my bio that I put there or looking at the photos that I have posted? Mm -hmm. So I did all that just to illustrate the point that we have very different lived experiences. Even when you connect that to something like social media, we know that social media is largely dominated and focused on who? Women. It's attention focused for women so to attract men's attention, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's followers, subscribers, monetary donations, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you call it. And I'm not necessarily it's a bad thing. It's just understanding the context of it all. So my point was when you talk about relationship building, I think we need to talk more about these things because I think it makes it harder for people to come together because some of us have delusional thinking about what you should expect. Yeah. So much delusion. <laughs> so, yeah. Shana, I want to throw that back to you. Ugh. Have you had any experiences Ugh. with that where, not necessarily the delusional thinking part, but yeah. have you had some experiences where you've had any either positive or negative experiences with online dating, and what has that maybe been like for you just dating in general? Ooh, I can start from the beginning. Um, okay. <laughs> ripe old 19-year-old Shania okay. on when Tinder first was conjured okay. when we were in high school. So. Okay. Um, I, I mean, that. I was even on Tinder when I was underage. So the, I, I, it's pretty common that, well, at least from what I know, um, that like a lot of my friends and me included would fake our age to go on to okay. dating profiles to find like, you know, guys to hang out with like during the weekends or, you know, like just meeting people online. Mm -hmm. I was a very online person as well. I grew up on the internet. Like I have a very vast knowledge of being online. Okay. Um, and so dating apps. So I met my part, my ex-boyfriend of six years. I met him on Tinder. Okay. Cultivated relationship went six years. So I'm now newly on dating. I'm on like dating apps again. And it is very different from when I first started. Mm. Um, and also it comes with my age. It comes with my experience of like just knowing men in the meantime. Um, and I'm also bisexual. So I have interaction with women as well, which is a different, different interaction experience. online as well with dating apps. Um, but to speak to men, obviously, um, it's it's so funny that you would say like is it limitless because it's definitely not especially because my parameters in which I set for myself and like who I know I want to engage with is very limited um in the capacity that I can also like I'm fairly judgmental as well so if I look at your profile and I can kind of ascertain like a vibe um based off of the prompts that you provide like your bio your photos um 
I already know like if this isn't going to sure. even remotely vibe. Um, and so my experience is that even with people that I think that I'm a, like, I think that we would be aligned because of our interests and everything like that, because of their shared experiences and like interaction with women, it's always drastically different than what I expect sometimes. Um, and then sometimes people surprise me in a good way. And okay. like, I'm like meeting people that like, so for example, like I would meet somebody that necessarily like going off of like their profile, I wouldn't think that they would be interested in somebody like me, especially being a black woman, a plus size woman. Um, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fetishization with, with being online, um, especially with dating apps. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like kind of sifting through all of that to like find someone like, find someone that just finds me remotely interesting is like already an, too much for me okay um so like i am on and off dating apps constantly because like it's so hard for me to actually connect with somebody and have a conversation and like i'm very goofy i'm very silly i send memes i am like <laughs> i'm very like want to know like you know like what you are like online like i want to know like what kind of media you do you delve into like movies are very important for me if we don't have the same movies like we don't have like if i have no idea like if you have no base knowledge of like movies pop culture like this isn't going to work out like because I throw that's something that's many, important to you yes and i throw out so many references it's just going to be like talking to a brick wall mm -hmm. so it's not even worth it um for me so there's a lot of sifting for me personally i know for different women it might be different um just because it, like the um like interests and stuff like that are obviously different mm -hmm. um but it's interesting that you would say that somebody that came on here thought that it was limitless. Like eventually I'll find somebody, but like I'm finding that like, I don't think I'm ever going to find <laughs> like someone that's like perfectly aligned and like, that's okay. Like on dating apps, mm -hmm. I want to just clarify. I think I could meet that person like in person and like going to places that I frequent and like that I feel comfortable in. But like dating online is just so abysmal. It's, it's so abysmal. Oh, it yeah. just feels it feels hopeless. It, 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 it can. Yeah. And you said something, but mm -hmm. you, you jump in the gun on me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. No, 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 no. I'm no, trying. No, we're, no, we're, we're going we're gonna to come back to it because mm -hmm. we're going to talk about approaching. Okay. That's big. Yeah, that is big. Because that's something that, you know, yeah. only you all can give us that experience because yeah. we know yeah. what it's like to do the approaching. We don't know what it's like to be approached Tourism. nine times out of ten. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but I want to throw that back to you now. Mm -hmm. Not that you've had a bunch of experience, because maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But going back to that premise, what I was saying was, so some people feel, this isn't all women, obviously. And I say women because women tend to be the ones that are getting swiped on more. Mm -hmm. Men are typically the ones that are doing the swiping. That some women feel that they can swipe, not infinitely, but so much so, because they eventually will be the type of person that they're looking for. Meaning, I can get really, really in the weeds and in the details to find it like this nose, this eye color, this hair color, this hair length, beard length, the height, financial <laughs> stability, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I'm saying it, and again, I'm not saying because you all agree. It's like buying a house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> As I, someone who bought a house. It's yeah. Like it has this bathroom. Right. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm, I'm saying it because I, I noticed that, you know, I think, actually, let me take a step back. The reason why I even ask this question and I'm trying to learn is because, so number one, so there's a, about a decade age gap between mm -hmm. us, right? even the the previous people now i don't i actually don't think 10 years is that big but it's, it's significant enough mm -hmm. that we had a little bit of a di different lived experience so for me just to give a little context i grew up where we like went to malls i grew up where you actually socialized in person 
not I grew up before like we all had the smartphone when we had the regular phone that you actually had limited text messages and you we had to pay to extra for the sub yeah. yes you had the after nine, after <laughs> yeah. 10. I'm not saying you guys didn't have that yeah. but like it was it, very much time, my lived definitely. experience it's a different time so I always tell younger people like I don't have an affinity for a strong interpretation of what social media means to my personal identity gotcha because my personal identity is already formulated way before it became poppin so to speak mm -hmm. but for a lot of young people it is a huge deal for them mm -hmm. i notice with women it's even more of a big deal for them mm -hmm. because we talk about things like validation and attention that they can get mm -hmm. with very little or very minimal effort so with all that said back to you <laughs> Have, what has your experience been like either have you had an experience or do you know of other women who have like gone through the, the process of trying to date whether online or in person? So I'll, I'll speak on my experience and then I'll speak to like my community's experience. Like me as like a social media person, I hate online dating because like <laughs> I feel like when you work in social media, you see how fake everyone is online and you're like, cause you don't look at, so like I don't log on to Instagram and view it like a consumer does. Like I am so analytical in how mm. I approach social media and it's like the bane of my existence. And that's why like I keep deleting the apps and like all things. Cause it is very um, like I go on social media and I, look at people's profiles and I'm like, this has nothing to do with like this. You know, <laughs> this doesn't correlate. These likes don't correlate. These are fake. These are bought, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, online dating is very similar in that sense. Mm -hmm. I think when I, like I was, I'm on a dating app right now, but I'm using it to like find female friends. Okay. <laughs> like, like I'm using Bumble BFF, not yes. dating. <laughs> um, because you know, it's very important to have like other female friends. Um, but yeah, I, I went into the dating side of it and I was like, oh, it's rough out here. Like <laughs> I, I can't because really what you're seeing is the highlight reel, right? We hear yeah. that a lot. That I, I say that for social media. That, the, that's mm -hmm. my impression in and general. And it's the same thing like, like with just very online curated. dating. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing because my, my best guy friend, uh, he is like, the pillar I, I say he's like my mom best friend because like he's so caring and he's always been there for me and stuff mm. and he's I'm always like taking pictures of people when I'm out and I'm like please use this for like your bumble profile because like <laughs> this is so much better than the one you have the mm. one you have doesn't even look like you <laughs> like and that bio you have is awful it says nothing about your personality and like when I went in and redid it he got so many more matches and I was like yes because this is the real perception, right, of how someone who cares about you sees you right. Right. versus how you try to portray yourself. Like, I even looked at my own profile and I was like, this literally says nothing about me. <laughs> like, what is this? And, you know, I have a very good friend. Um, she's like a sister to me. She is like on the dating apps. She is like, you know, she's Muslim. So it's, okay. a, it's a different thing, right? Sure. She, you know, they don't really date like to hang out they date to marry sure, it's, it's sure. a very strict set of rules but she has like never given up she is always on her minder muslim tinder um <laughs> you know all kinds of apps and in a way i admire that she's that committed to it but to me i've i've only had three relationships in my life and I, none of the partners i met were online Okay. So I have just determined that in terms of the Gen Z millennial cusp baby that I am, <laughs> I am much more millennial than Gen Z. She's like, I'm leaning more this I, way. I have <laughs> just, it's like, to me too, it's like a chemistry thing, right? Like yeah. you could, I can chat with anyone all day. I'm a conversationalist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone here I think is, but 
that doesn't tell me anything about our chemistry when right. we meet. And I've never done like a let's meet up for like a date. I, I'm like, what if you kill me? Like, what if this is like a Ted Bundy situation? <laughs> right. I don't know. So, you know, and that's a whole other layer to it, right? It's like, for women, for how sure. do you yeah. cultivate that? And I know so many people too that they believe in the coffee date and like, Ugh. From the minute I heard of the coffee date, I was uh, like, that is a scam. That is such a scam. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask yeah. you, why, why do you feel that way? So because if you are on dating apps with the intention of cultivating a meaningful relationship, you owe someone more than 30 minutes of your time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So what? Uh, so let, let me clarify. I'm always big on defining things. So because I've done those before, but I don't have that necessarily that time limit. Because when you said coffee, like to me, like, there seemed to be an impression of, okay, so that's not something you should do. Is it because of the time thing, the reason why you responded that way? The way that the coffee date was explained to me okay. and practiced okay. by, <laughs> by the men and the women I know is that you meet up for like an hour max. You don't meet up okay. with like, you. it's not like an open-ended thing, like like a dinner date might so that's, be, right. you know? Okay. Like where you'll you'll go somewhere and you might walk around and talk and whatever. No, coffee dates are like you meet up, you have the coffee, you see if you have chemistry, you see if you can tolerate them for more than like 10 to 15 minutes, and then you dip. <laughs> I mean, okay. Let, let, let me try to dissect that. Because there's like aspects I could see that I agree with, but there's other parts I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I get the... And I, I think part of this... I'm trying not to get too deep into it, but, <laughs> but I think part of this is like, you're talking about the analyzing stuff, right? Yeah. I think sometimes we're thinking so much about efficiency. Mm. It is all about it's efficiency. Like, uh, and well, dating you know, is not efficient. 30 minutes, Agreed. right, thank you. <laughs> like, dating is inefficient. Actually, you're taking my ideas. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. No, but that's what I was gonna say. To me, like, yeah, it can't go that fast. So mm. I was gonna say, I get the idea of saying like, maybe I'll block out an hour to an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that's a reasonable amount of time to get at least initial feeling of like, do you think you have some level of connection with this person? Mm -hmm. But I would, I'm very free flowing if you can't tell. So like I would let that conversation go as long as it goes. If we talk for yeah. five hours, that is great indication to me that we have chemistry. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause otherwise I can't, I, I could talk that long, but that's not, I, I wouldn't do that purely just to try to, cause I'm trying to analyze whether this could work or not. Right. So I'm going to like let the conversation naturally flow and see if we did, if I didn't even check my watch and I'm just like, wow, we've been talking for six hours. That's great indication to me that, that, right. we're, that we're doing well. But if it, if somebody reduced it to saying, like, you can only do 30 minutes at a time, I think that's a terrible idea. Oh, I had a friend who, like, did that, like, six, seven times a week. I feel like I feel like that's probably not the best use of your time. Like, yeah. I, I would reduce the number, probably say three, maybe four max, because you need enough time. You actually mm -hmm. need to allocate enough time to be able to properly see how that might unfold. I think it's also just being respectful of your own time, too. I, I, I think it's also like it's not going to serve me going out for 30 minutes with someone. It's yeah. it because sure. I am not that kind of person in my personal life anyway that I would never even with like a acquaintance. I mean, at work, like I'm fine hanging out with you for more than 30 minutes. So Agreed. I wouldn't do that with a potential partner. And if it's someone I don't know, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. I don't do that whole like, oh, my God, based on how I my first impression. Like, I'm not like that. I think people can really surprise you. Yeah. That, so. No, that and I love that you said that. That to me was my whole point about. And again, I'm not. Let me take a step back. I'm not against <laughs> online dating. Mm -hmm. But I think, again, it's like two dimensional. Like there's a, there's another aspect that you're missing is what you just said. Mm -hmm. So how do I get to feel out your personality and your character? And there may be an opportunity for you to surprise me like you were even saying. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to get all that from just what I read. Even the most 
manicure bio is still not going to be able to properly inform a person. I'm not saying it's not a good first step, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be able to properly inform you of what I'm about, of right. what my personality is like. You actually have to look at me and we have to talk like we're talking right now. Mm -hmm. And you see like, I like the way he talks. I like the topics that he can speak about. He seems like he has a good rhythm and a good flow. Mm -hmm. I want to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. You can't get that from just reading a text or right. even texting only because that's a very inefficient way to communicate unless you reduce it to the very short text that they're meant to do. But a lot of people, you know, they text paragraphs, <laughs> and that means it was, in my opinion, it was better off being. A, it was better off being a conversation. <laughs> I know I'm not against. I understand yeah. it has a purpose, but to me, like mm -hmm. once you cross a certain threshold, you probably should have called. Oh yeah. Because there's all th there's all but this nuance that you miss. That's terrible about like our age group too. Is that the, it's like you meet some some guys that like. Or like, I only want to call. Like, I don't want to text. Like, I only want to meet you in person. And you guys are like, um, actually, I just want to text. Like, I just want to be your pen pal. I don't ever want to actually meet you in person. Oh, no. And it's like, uh, that's irritating. Like, you need to get off my phone, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't need to be doing all this. Because um, now you're you. taking up time in my day. Because now I got to now I gotta interface with you via text. I, and so I agree. there's that, like, weird middle ground. Like I, I think it depends on what you mm -hmm. view as valid forms of communication. Correct. And that, that is something... I think like what a therapist told me or something where I was like, I just can't believe they did that over text. And then she's like, well, it depends because there's like, there's a big gap in perception right now between what counts as a valid form of communication. So to some people, they may not have grown up like being comfortable expressing themselves. So they absolutely. only know how to text what they feel. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, once she worded it like that, I was like, sometimes I just need to accept the fact that like someone's choosing to communicate with me in this way. Mm -hmm. And that's how I need to accept it. I agree. My only pushback would be, and this depends on the relationship you have with this person. Mm -hmm. So if it's a stranger, yes. Mm -hmm. Cause you don't have any opportunity to not implement, but express your viewpoint and see if they're willing to come meet you in the middle. If mm -hmm. it's your partner, for those of us that like I co-parent, if those of us mm -hmm. that, that parent, there's a little bit of a different expectation. Mm -hmm. Now, I would never say that the other person should 100% come to you and you should 100% go to them because that's not realistic. There's going to be compromise, which means you come halfway, they come halfway. So of compromise to me, in your example might be, I prefer to text. Mm -hmm. Shania tells me she prefers to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. So she's going to work on responding to some of the texts that I send and I'm going to work on calling her more often. Mm -hmm because that is our meeting of the minds. And I say that because that to me boils down to respect. Mm -hmm. I respect that you have a different form of communicating. I hope mm -hmm. you respect that I have a different preference when it comes to communicating. We need to meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. That to me would be my interpretation of what's appropriate because it can't be that the other person should just say like, well, they just like texting. So that's all I'm going to deal with because what I would also say what happened from a relationship standpoint is it's going to foster resentment. Mm -hmm. If I have to come all the way, that's why I said compromise. Mm -hmm. If I have to come all the way to your side and you never come to my side, I can guarantee you, you feel some kind of way about it. You might not be saying it, but you feel it. And you're probably going to start mistreating him or that person at some point mm -hmm. because it bothers you. Yeah. I'm not about that. <laughs> you put that stuff on the table. Mm -hmm. That's how we don't have become an issue later. We need to actually express those things early and upfront. Yeah. What, do you, what would you say to that? I mean, I agree. I but I also think like we're human, right? We're not sure. always we're not always gonna pick the most appropriate method of communication based on how we feel. Sometimes we're just sure. gonna be like, 
I just need to get this out so I'm a texter mm -hmm. or like I can't even look at you right now so it's like you know sometimes it's maybe you're not in the best headspace but you're doing kind of what's best for you to be able to verbalize what you feel mm -hmm. and I think that's also something that we could respect more from other people right when they're choosing to talk to us in a certain way because I know there are certain times like people have been really upset with me mm -hmm. and they're texting up a storm and I'm like this is just a lot right now and then I've also been that person mm -hmm. right what that's texted, the that, storm, that's texted right? up a storm okay you know I've been the person who's done it I've been the receiver and I've seen I've had both ranges of reactions so I think it's just kind of like understanding like that's what they're picking right now if they still want to do that in the future, that's where I'll draw the boundary. That and, th yeah. and that's my point. Yeah. My point would be that can't go on indefinitely. Oh yeah, no. That that would be that's my point. That's awful. Like 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 <laughs> it is. And, that, and that's what I'm trying to it say. Is. Like yeah. and I have too. Yeah. Like it can start off that way. And I get that, right? Because again, mm -hmm. we're all different people. Right. My point is just that if if the expectation is I'm supposed to swallow that and just accept the fact that you're gonna do that all the time, mm -hmm. let me give you an example why. And we'll get into this in a little while. Deal breakers. A deal breaker for me is communication. I will not tolerate somebody who will not communicate with me. My preferred method of communication is I want to look at you and talk to you or at least get on the phone. Mm -hmm. Because texting leaves too much room for misunderstanding. It's too much room. And I'm not saying that just from my personal experience. A lot of the clients that I've had, both when I've had couples, when I've had individuals, a lot of the issues they have with them is they already struggle with communication. Mm -hmm. Texting is a very inefficient method of communicating with another human. So to me, it only behooves that person to just initiate the fact that I want to talk about something and wait until you guys can set an appropriate time to then discuss it. Mm -hmm. don't, don't try to dump all the information <laughs> out there because the person's not going to know what to do with that. Yeah. Like, okay, we're dating and you say all this stuff to me. Now what? <laughs> so I'm just going to sit here and be like, well, I don't know what to say and maybe I'm going to respond back in kind or... I'm going to try to ignore it and just pretend it didn't happen until you show up. Like it leaves too much room for me to assume. Yeah, it's true. What do you mean? Why did you do it this way? And I, if you're not getting the impression right now, I am very anti-assumptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's another reason why we get into so many issues. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm not anti-texting, to be clear. But to me, it has a very clear and defined purpose. Yeah. So it cannot be the primary method of communication. It's a supplement. It's not the primary. Right. And again, you guys don't have to agree. That's just my belief based on a lot of the experiences that I've had and a lot of the problems I've seen people end up dealing with. Yeah. No, I mean, it's valid. So. So I'm a big fan of the face to face. Yeah. So because most of the time who I date is who I spent the most time with anyway. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I'm at the point where I'm spending all this time with you, like we better be communicating. Ashley, <laughs> wait, 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 Ashley, let's, let's role play. So we're going to sit here. We're dating. And I'm like, hi, how are you? What do, you do what do you want for dinner i might actually fight you right <laughs> like, but like, that's would you be like would you put that away yeah. and just, just talk yeah. to me that's what i mean like yeah. allow for those things to naturally unfold so mm -hmm. anyway. do people actually do that yeah some people really? do yeah I, you know why because i'm listening to what shania said like in terms of the the generational difference and i would agree with you i have a buddy of mine um he's only a couple years younger than me but he yeah. he was like more into computers and it he literally used to irk me i used to tell him like, I need you to work on that. Mm -hmm. I literally had to sit him down and say, listen. Uh, it, well, for him, it was he wouldn't respond for a really long time. It yeah. might be like several days. Mm -hmm. And it just bothered me. Like I said, yeah. communication is like one of those things that irks me to my core. 
And so I told him, like, listen, I need you to work on that. Because as my friend, like, especially if I'm telling you certain things are really important, mm -hmm. I need a response. Not in the moment, maybe not by the next day, but like after that, I'm expecting something. Yeah. You can't be stringing me along for days here. And I think that's kind of similar to dating. Mm -hmm. I think when you're talking to somebody, particularly if it's a heavy issue or just something that's important to you, mm -hmm. you don't want to allow that to just kind of sit there, get ignored or pretend it didn't happen without the expectation that at some point we're going to sit down and actually have a discussion about it. I think that happens to a lot of folks, but mm -hmm. some people just are natural to like, I'm good with just telling you this via phone. I think sometimes it's kind of confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard it's for a lot of folks confidence. to confront. Yeah. yeah. And I don't mean confrontation in a negative context. I mean, just being able to address an issue. Yeah. yeah. It's hard for them to sit down. Like you both are looking at me and like, Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to write this out and then I'm mm -hmm. going to send this as an email and hopefully Chanel oh, won't bite my head off. And then you might be like, are you serious? Yeah. You could have yeah. just, you could have just came over and we just, that was a five minute conversation yeah. and you had me freaking out for like a week because yeah. we couldn't sit down for a week. Yeah. So again, I'm assuming because mm -hmm. I have to fill in the blanks on my own mm -hmm. because we're not talking about it. I do think though, I do think though that people just because they're talking to you, it also doesn't mean they're, they're expressing themselves authentically. Of course not. Mm -hmm. So I do think like, especially like in my experience, men, mm -hmm. they tend to stonewall. A lot, mm -hmm. but I think it's also because they are not being honest with themselves. It can be. So, no, it absolutely, yeah. it, it, it can be. That's why you heard me say, and I will say it over and over. That's why I challenge us to be better. Mm -hmm. But I also, I also, I try to give that grace understanding that so many of us don't learn that. So, so that when I think about when you're going to take somebody seriously, like you're going to go on a date with somebody, I'm kind of skipping the gun, but whatever, we're just going to roll with it. So we're going on a date. I have certain criteria that I'm looking for. I'm sure you have some criteria. I'm sure you have some criteria. Again, I said communication is very important to me. Mm -hmm. So if there are, if there's an issue, like I want somebody, you might say, I want somebody who is comfortable expressing how they feel and what they think to me. Now I understand that we're getting to know each other and you're not going to pour your soul out to me overnight. Mm -hmm. I totally respect that because I'm not going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that over time, you see that I provide a warm and inviting space that you want to talk to me about things and that I will do that in return. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the expectation. That's the situation that we're setting there. If at that point, that person in the beginning is showing me that they're not willing to be expressive, the first thought I'm going to say is you maybe should move on. Mm. You probably do not need to continue to engage with that person because they clearly do not want to give you what you want, mm -hmm. at least at this time. And timing absolutely matters, even if it's a good person or a good fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? I mean, I I agree, right? It's, it, and it kind of ties into the the whole like point you made earlier about like relationships are voluntary, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just like exercising your autonomy not to engage in someone. Like me, I've gone on dates with men where I knew it wasn't going to work. Like right. I'm, I'm very like with dating, I'm very picky. And it's funny because people are always like, you got nothing to worry about. I bet you've had so many boyfriends. I'm like, really? No. <laughs> but in reality, it's because I realize that there is like a certain caliber of person that can keep up with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're either choosing to participate fully in this relationship or you are choosing to exercise your autonomy and you are choosing not to participate in it. Right. Because I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead, but in my okay. past relationships, you know, 
I dated very strong men, you okay. know, men who have very um, unique energies, personalities, like very center of attention type, okay. you know, very funny, loud, expressive, like funny, funny people. And, um, you know, my most recent relationship was with someone like that, but he was much more reserved than okay. anyone I've dated historically. You know, I'm the more social one. I'm the more like outgoing one. And that to me was like a very new dynamic, but it, in, in a way I appreciated it mm -hmm. because it helped me understand like, I can kind of get along with almost everyone at this point. So I think at this stage in my life for whoever I decide to take on as a partner next, it'll be kind of like, how do I adjust to that dynamic? Yeah. As opposed to like being very people pleasing. I think like mm. historically, you know, I was in a relationship with someone for four years where he was an untreated person with bipolar disorder. So that took a big strain on me mentally. And it was an abusive relationship in the sense that there was a lot of manipulation, a lot of gaslighting, a lot of mm. um, abandonment. You know, and then in my newer relationship, it manifested itself in bad ways. You know, I was like inherently holding a lot of things back because I didn't want to inconvenience my partner because I wanted to be like the cool girlfriend or whatever, you know, the chill. Half the time I really was chill. But yeah. then, you know, the other half, you're kind of like, how do I verbalize this without coming off like a psycho? Because with the other guy, when I would verbalize even the littlest thing, it was mm -hmm. like, we should break up. You know, but, but that was more probably a function of what he was struggling with. Of course. Uh -huh. And I've learned like men are complicated creatures <laughs> as much as women like to say men are stupid or this or that. We're all complicated. And yes. I think whatever, whenever someone chooses to like enter or exit a relationship, a lot of the time the person who's making that decision, how they treat you is a reflection of how they see themselves. I, I would submit to you. I think that that's yeah. that that's actually all people, not even just your partners. I, I think, think I needed to hear that. Thanks. Yeah. No, I think it's true. I was actually saying this to a client earlier. Like, let me give an example. Uh, one of my mantras is I say, like, to in order to expect the things that you want, you need to be prepared to give them first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I, for example, I know that I expect good communication, so I communicate well. I know that I demand respect because it's incredibly important to me. So I always offer respect first. Mm -hmm. So if you disrespect me, I can hold you accountable and say, hey, we're not going to do that because mm -hmm. I don't even do that to you. And at some point, you got to look in the mirror and be like, mm, he's kind of right. So <laughs> yeah to me is because it's more about trying to mirror those expectations mm -hmm. so put the stuff out there that you know that you want in return mm -hmm. you want somebody to give you that warm inviting space then be the warm inviting space yeah. mm -hmm. right because you, you know we don't want it to be um, disjointed where I want things from you that I'm not prepared to give to you at some point that can create you know frustration within mm -hmm. the relationship so when that point about people can be complicated I fundamentally agree however I think understanding that people are inherently complicated i would want to offer a certain level of patience and understanding to all people that's going to be something that you're going to carry into any relationship that you with anybody that you're dealing with colleague friend sibling partner it starts with how we fundamentally treat people mm -hmm. and then it's going to get more specialized the more you care about somebody because you're giving them more attention and time yeah so if you see somebody you know that's like that expression that people say like um you'll know how a man treats you based on how he treats his mom. Like, where does that even come from? <laughs> because if you see him disrespecting his mom or his sister, you might be like, well, damn, if he treats the women in his life poorly, what should I expect? Mm -hmm. 
I could say that like, if she treats her dad with certain disdain and contempt, what should I expect? Mm -hmm. I don't need you, dad. Da -da. Like, I'm gonna come into that space and be like, well, I can't do, I can't beat him. Yeah. He made her. So what should I expect in that situation? Mm -hmm. That to me is like why those, those nuance of those perspectives, why they matter. Mm -hmm. Again, that foundation of those early years, they set the tone for how we see ourselves, what we think we deserve, how do we, how do we try to be more open-minded to compromise with somebody else? Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't want to compromise. Yeah. We say things mm -hmm. like, hey, that's why, I that's why I mentioned the swiping earlier. They're mm -hmm. like, I'm not saying you all, and I'm glad you all don't feel that way. But I had two women who were y'all's age who sat on that couch and said, yes, I think that I can keep swiping until I find what I want. They don't, they don't have a basic understanding of platforms and things but i mean i, I get it. it's true it's a perception i also think it's just like the social circles you run in yeah there, sure. there's so much more like when you were talking about how you're like there's like a i feel like i'm never gonna find anyone because mm -hmm. like i know exactly like who i vibe with and yeah. who i don't mm -hmm. i think that's a confidence earned right mm -hmm. like once you've experienced like a fulfilling relationship even if it didn't end the best the best or you talk or you don't talk or who cares you know like i feel like when you've gotten to the point where you're like i know exactly the kind of person i am in a relationship mm -hmm. and i am seeking someone to compliment that that is a very powerful amount of self-awareness that i think oh, yeah. a lot of people don't have because Agreed. like me in a relationship i know who i am I know I am a very strong partner to whoever I'm with, yeah. but at the same time, like in being a strong partner, if your partner is not strong, you know, like that's where you start identifying, like, does this serve me? Mm -hmm. And one thing that my sister sends me like all these TikToks, I deleted <laughs> TikTok cause like that crap was messing with my brain cells. <laughs> I don't know what it was doing. I felt dumber. I'm sure everyone else feels smarter. I felt dumber. It was me. I'm the problem. But my sister sent me a TikTok and it was again like these like motivational type people. But I do think what she said was was kind of true to a certain extent where she said like one thing that you cannot accept from a man is like he has to be sure about you. You know, he has to be sure that he wants to be with you. Wait, 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 say, say that again. He shouldn't, you, you shouldn't expect that? You, the one deal breaker you have with the man is that he has to be sure about you. So oh, okay. he can be uncertain about his job, his school, his car, whatever. Mm -hmm. But he has to be certain that he wants to be with you. Mm -hmm. And I agree. That to me, I was like, I've never heard it verbalized that way before. And I was like, that is an incredibly powerful statement that I can agree with. Because the energy I bring to a relationship is, I picked you, so right. I want you, right. and I'm sure about you. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. One thing I would add to that, that I think is different for men than for women, because the way we select each other, we're looking for different things, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So women look for different things in men than men look for in women. Mm -hmm. So when you said, for example, he might be unsure with his career and where he's going, I would submit to you, he's not gonna be able to take a woman seriously until those things are in order. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't have his career in order, his finances in order, it's not because he's less than it's not because he is lost. It takes time, number one, mm -hmm. to figure it out, mm -hmm. to develop that confidence so that you can actually sit down. And I'm going to loop back to something else that you said to be able to sit down and be able to thoughtfully and, and articulately express your intentions and what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. 
But going back to the point that you mentioned a moment ago, if you don't take the time in between relationships to actually reflect on why the relationship failed, mm-hmm. because it is both parties that are typically involved, very few relationships and one-sided, mm-hmm. then you don't, you're largely going to replicate the same issue, yeah. which means you're going to get the same outcome even if you have a different person. Yeah. So we have to take that time to step back before you jump into something else, which is largely a distraction, mm-hmm. whether you're lonely or not, and actually deal with the person in the mirror. What did I contribute to the failure of this or the demise of this? Mm-hmm. I don't look at failure as a bad word. That's why I use it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an opportunity to learn. That ended for this reason. This is what I contributed. I need to work on me. So when I want to get with somebody else, I can tell them some of these experiences that I had have shaped me clearly into the person that I am. Yeah. So now when I'm sitting down with Shania, I'm trying to take Ashley out on a date. I can express to you, these are the things that I'm looking for and this is what I bring. Mm-hmm. So then you and you can mm-hmm. take me seriously. Yeah. You're not sitting down like, so what are you looking for? I don't know. I'm just going with the flow, man. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I hate that. Right? And you're looking at me like, uh, <laughs> I hate it. I need a little more attention. <laughs> I right? finally learned. Right? <laughs> so. You might say like, nah, I need a little more mm-hmm. intent than that. Mm-hmm. So to me, like I'm always trying to advocate for us to slow down. Pace yourself. I know loneliness is challenging. I know. But it behooves us in the future. If you want longevity, you got to deal with the stuff that you don't typically deal with. And a lot of times we, and this is not men and women specific, but Mm -hmm. we jump into new situations to avoid, not necessarily to avoid dealing with those issues, but we're maybe fighting loneliness. But a consequence of that is you rob yourself of the opportunity to learn. Oh, yeah. And pain and hurt is an opportunity for you to learn. Yeah. It's a challenge for you to actually grow as a person. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't grow if you're not willing to be challenged. Yeah. Like comfort doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. You actually have to get uncomfortable. I know this from a therapy standpoint. That's literally what we do. Mm-hmm. We live in the discomfort. You have Ooh. to learn to to be able to breathe in it in order to learn from those situations. So whether it's a relationship situation, whether it's a parenting situation, whether it's me prioritizing myself, learning self-care and appropriate boundaries, I will learn those things, handle myself better, and I can bring all that beautifully into a relationship. Right. What do you all think about that? I know that was a long rant. I've been talking up a storm, so. (laughs) I mean, for me personally, I'm definitely in a different point of my life, especially with being in a six-year relationship with someone from the age of 19 to 25 mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit, but yeah. literally taking most of my youth in like the regards of I, be, I was in a full-fledged adult relationship at a point where I shouldn't have been engaged in such a long-term relationship, in my opinion, my personal opinion. Respect. Um, And so now that I'm older, I'm like, I want to just enjoy the company of people again because it was so isolating. Like I had my friends, I had, I had um, like my friends that I grew up with. I still hung out with them outside of my relationship, Mm -hmm. but it's more of like, I miss just like, I miss having a crush. I miss just having like somebody that like I could talk to and like hang out with and have a romantic relationship with. And it's not like this. Okay. In two years, we're going to have a, we're going to be married with kids and we're going to have a house. I respect that. I'm more in like a casual relationship point of my life where I'm like, I would love to spend time with you for like up to a year or like up to like an undefined amount of time. um, If like this no longer 
like, like Sarah, works yeah. out or like we don't vibe anymore or anything like that. Um, so it's always in, like, of course, like I do have like my own standpoint of like what I what I think like a lot like a long lasting relationship looks like after being in one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like I, I, I want to set those expectations. But at the same time, I'm like, You're it, taking your time. it is too much for me at this mm-hmm. point because I've already been doing self-reflection way before my breakup. Yeah. So I've I've been more self-aware than my ex-boyfriend had, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he decided to end things because he's like, wait, no, this is actually not serving us. I was just too chicken to you, call it quits. You know, it's interesting. I want to make two points because mm-hmm. that's a really good point that you mentioned because I learned mm-hmm. that too the hard way. Yeah. And I think a lot of men do. That's the difference between I think men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a little late to the game. I think sometimes when it comes like, to realizing certain yeah. things, and I, I have heard this a lot, even mm-hmm. just on, on platforms. Um, that women typically know when they're out. Like they've checked out a lot sooner than when they actually, mm-hmm. when you officially end things. Like they've been kind of stepping away mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally, maybe physically present, but they've mm-hmm. been slowly walking away from things, which I think is very different because guys, like it's like the shock of like you actually saying, that I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Now we're like, <gasps> right. And it just all of a sudden becomes clear. Like you, you get lucid at that moment. But then I want to mention something else because you talked about what you're looking for. It's so ironic because the last guest I was sitting right where you were, that's the same age as you. <laughs> she said the same thing. Yeah. But I get it because she also I think she got out of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a four year relationship. And yeah, she was like, yeah, I just want something casual. I don't want to take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I understood that from the context of if you've been in one for so long, mm-hmm. you're just kind of trying to reset maybe on your so, own. Like for me. So I just want to give an example mm-hmm. of literally like the next month after the breakup, I moved back to my parents' house. I became my own per I would say like my own person again. I didn't have somebody to check up on. I literally was drive like I think I was done with work at six o'clock, was driving in my car, and I was like, man, I could just and this probably is a testament to the type of relationship I had, but I was like, I can just go to Wawa and like get a slushie and just sit outside for like 20 minutes without somebody checking up on me Mm. or like somebody texting me or somebody bothering me. And it's like, I I literally almost cried like in my car. Like I'm like, I have that, like I have my own time again and I don't want to feel like I owe somebody my time Mm. for for a good couple years. Like I I don't know what's gonna happen, but that's like my plan for me mentally at this point. And it's just so nice to also not have anything, any decision that I have is dependent on another person's life. Sure. It's no longer that. It's just me, my decisions, and that's it. And I roll with it. And I have to deal with the consequences. It no longer affects somebody else. Um, and that's just, like, freeing. And that's, like, so nice to me. Like, I, I live alone now, like, in my own solitude. And I'm like, I can just do whatever it's just so freeing for me and it makes me want to cry no i i I would get that Uh, one thing i will say is just a general observation Mm -hmm. it sounds like it sounds like the relationship was smothering yeah it was it was to the point where it's like it it's not like hourly check-ins but it was like you know you haven't texted me for this long like what are you doing Mm -hmm. it's like i'm at my mother's place like what else would i be doing i'm hanging out with my siblings and so like that that also like was a lot of like reflection of like you know i don't owe and i don't owe anybody an explanation i said what i said either you take it at face value or you don't like i'm oh and i and it's it's even more like 
it's even more shocking to me because I've always been, I was always open in my relationship. I was always transparent. We were, that's what we set as like the boundaries of we're loyal, we're loyal to each other. We're in a long lasting relationship. You have no reason to think that I'm doing anything other than what I tell you. Mm. So why are you conflicting? Like when I say it, why are you challenging what I say? That makes me feel like you're not being truthful with me. Yeah. But that's just from my perspective. So I, I'm, so it was like very like, it's just, it's so nice not to be on my phone. Like, it's so nice now. I, no, I, I can like, see that. I, I haven't had that personal issue mm-hmm. um, in terms of relationship because there's no way I would deal with that. Yeah. But the reason why is because my father was like that with me. Okay. And my mm-hmm. sister. So I knew that like that would never work. If somebody was like, mm-hmm. I need to know where you are. You need to check in all the time. Like, I know what it was like to check in every 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm Ooh. like, I will never do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put somebody in that situation. And I definitely don't want to yeah. have to feel like I need that from somebody. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I think that can cause a person to feel more insecure and ask a oh, lot yeah. of questions about what is it about what I'm telling you that you don't trust or you don't and feel confident. That was in. always the arguments. Like it was always like, what do you mean? And it's like by this inflection, like of what word that you used, like this is what led me to believe in. And I'm like, but you know who I am as a person, so why are we even doing this right now? Like, we live together. It's not like mm. I'm off doing, like, we we lived together for a long span of time. And so it was just always, and it's just a lot to, like, it's a lot to, like, sift through and, like, sure. realize that, like, you know, it, yes, I had communication issues and the fact that at a certain point, at, like, the later half of the relationship, I got to a point where I just didn't want to communicate anymore because, what, you're going to challenge everything I say anyway. Why do I even open my mouth? You're going to tell me what you're going to tell me what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And it would get to that point in arguments where it's like, oh, but you're going to you're going to do this and storm off. And it's like I wasn't I wasn't before, but now I definitely am because now I'm just sick of whatever the hell is going on. And it's interesting you say it like that. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you saying it like that. That's when I tell people um, we call those self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you like, uh, OK, let's just say we're in, we're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I like to just role play stuff. So let's just say mm-hmm. we're, in, we're in a relationship and I'm constantly questioning things about you. Yeah. Right. Like just going off to the vibe of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I say things throughout the duration of our relationship. Like, you know, I never really have been able to trust a lot of women in my life. Cause I feel like they're all going to leave me. And I feel like, you know, you all, so you, 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 you all, you all do things that question, like, are you going to be there for the long term? Like I'm super committed to you, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're actually going to do that for me. And then, you know, I, I bet one day, Shana, I bet one day I'm going to say something. You're just going to like, you're going to go run to another man uh-huh. and, and you're going to, I don't know what you're going to do, but it's going to end up becoming the death of our relationship. And it's going to be your choice. It's not because I want that. God, were you in the room with me when I had this conversation? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Surprise. I wasn't, but I, I'm, I'm fairly good at role <laughs> well, playing. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but I say that because sometimes, sometimes other people don't recognize when they do that. Mm-hmm. They're creating the very narrative that they're going to see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, I also talk about things like projection. So let's mm-hmm. say, I'm not happy with myself or some aspects about myself. Yeah. So what happens is I go into spaces where it's new people, whether it's colleagues, friends, family, whatever. And I project those assumptions I feel, I feel are true for me mm-hmm. onto other people. They may not be mirroring that back. They may be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't feel that way about you. I don't agree mm-hmm. with that. But I don't hear you. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't like me. So I don't really care what you say. Like you can be talking to me and giving me a compliment right now. And all I heard when I saw your lips was you're ugly, you're this, you're that. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you. And so 
it doesn't really matter. And then so my disposition and my attitude towards other people is, well, you're not going to trust me. I'm not attractive. You don't want to communicate with me anyway. Mm -hmm. So then I'm kind of downing myself. And then yeah. maybe if I'm in a relationship, it becomes my reality because yeah. I keep pushing that narrative so far. Oops. <laughs> I push that narrative so far mm -hmm. that it's going to happen. Yeah. Not even because the person, like you said, even wanted to. You just you kept suggesting it over and over again. You're like, you know what? Now I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And sometimes and people don't was, recognize that. And it's funny because I didn't realize that this was going on until afterwards. Mm. Like I didn't realize how intense it was and how much it took a toll on my mental health, how it took a toll on my physical health. Like I was just mirroring just to make sure that everything was cohesive and not destructive. Right. And that comes from my childhood because I was the second child. I had to do what was, what was expected of me. Mm. And so there wasn't a lot of room for like, okay, Shania, like you get to speak now. And it's like, okay, like I'll speak when somebody tells me I can speak. Right so there. it was like, so when we got into fights, I'm like, can I speak now? And it's like, hold on, but I have like 10 other things I need to go through. And so when I would, I would get the opportunity to speak, mm. it was just an explosion. And mm. I would get so irate and so angry. And I like, I, I just have like really big reactions. And so every time he would assume that I was going to have a big reaction, even though when it was little, like when I was ready to deal with it, when it was a smaller, when I was going to have a smaller reaction, it was met with, well, you know, like this isn't the time. Or it, I was never the one that was able to delegate the time. I had to wait until it was an explosion or until he wanted so to talk so about it. So he came off as very dismissive. Yeah. In those situations. Definitely. And like, especially like belittling. I got belittled a lot as a kid, as a teenager. Um, I would say, stop belittling me. And it would be like, what are you talking about? And it's like, you're literally talking down to me as if like I'm a child. Mm -hmm. um, and there was an age gap as well. So there was, a, it was only like three years, but enough to... To wait, the wait, point he's older he's younger. he's older than me got it so it was to the point where he had more relationships than me so he thought that he could he had a better grasp on how to handle everything and everything was new to me because he was my first long-term relationship okay okay so he's like you actually don't know how to communicate you don't know how to do this you don't know how to do that because you've never been in a relationship with someone and i'm like i've had relationships with people like friendships i have different dynamics in my life mm -hmm. and i can adjust that accordingly to a romantic relationship and i'm trying to but, but you won't me. allow me because you see me as someone who has no knowledge so you're talking down to me as if i'm a child mm. so there was a lot of belittling on top of that and a lot of just like not even wanting to hear me and i'm not the person that will sit there and agree with you like <laughs> i'll tell you okay you can say what you want to say but at the end of the day, like you can keep talking to me till you're blue in the face, right. but I don't agree. And so, and it was always like, you're so, you're so, uh, you're so intense. You're so passionate. And it's like, well, I'm just trying to get my point across just like you did. Like, I don't understand why I'm coming off as passionate now. You, you know and what? You're not. You know what else is interesting about you making that point that I want to come back to you mm -hmm. when you say, uh, as passionate, but you also said, but you're dismissing me into the point where it gets explosive, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's so ironic. I was literally having this conversation <laughs> with a client earlier today. <laughs> Like, but as as a, as a guy with his wife and his um his daughter, mm -hmm. I was saying, because I've I've seen these ex these examples before. Of course. Sometimes people who don't are, are not afforded the opportunity to talk about issues. Mm -hmm. They kind of develop this laundry list of things. So the one time you let me talk about it, I hit mm -hmm. you with everything. What I was telling him earlier is that the reason why that's not particularly effective, number one, is automatically going to put somebody on defense yep. because you're just rattling things off that I'm not prepared to actually discuss with you. Right. Um, the manner in which we do it, obviously sometimes we're 
getting a little intense about it. Mm -hmm. And then um, more importantly, you got to prioritize one thing at a time. So one good thing that I heard you say mm -hmm. is I was trying to address it when it was small. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. If we want things to not escalate and get out of hand, we need to handle it when it's a smaller issue in a more timely fashion. Right. Maybe not in that moment because emotions are high. Mm -hmm. So we pause, take a little bit of time, maybe an hour or two, sometimes mm -hmm. a little bit longer, and then actually discuss that issue so that mm -hmm. it doesn't continue to fester. But if I sit there and I let one, two, six, ten issues over the course of weeks, months, even years, believe mm -hmm. it or not, I've tied these conversations. Yeah. There should be no shock that the person's ears aren't open. They're not trying to understand. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to be be um, a good listener and try to understand your perspective and why you felt like you couldn't discuss this issue. Mm -hmm. They just kind of shut stuff down. And so even when you said that out loud to me, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that makes sense. So then he would need to work on giving you space mm -hmm. to be able to actually address those issues. Right. Then more than likely, you wouldn't explode. Now, if you still exploded, I yeah. would say that's probably a Shania issue. No, definitely. Right? And there was a couple times. I'm not, I'm not acting like I know how to do step-by-step -step, like, conversation because it's taken a long time sure. to actually like have conversations with people and set boundaries. Like I'm just now starting to do that now sure. as an adult and with my my relationships with my family so it's just like it, it if anything this has better served me to like live through this so like now I'm definitely more grateful but there's a lot of like there's a there was a lot at the beginning of the breakup where I was like it was just because like I wasn't bending I wasn't too mending enough like I should have given I should have given more like leeway but it's like I gave so much and I tried so hard that and what's even more messed up, it, well, not messed up, I don't want to say it like that, but even more funny to me is that, like, he had the real realization the two months before he broke up with me. Before then, he had no idea, like, no idea that he was feeling this way. I'd been working on it for, like, a year or two and, like, trying to fix it here and there mm. to make it better because I chose to be with him, right? Right. Like you guys were talking about, I chose to have you as my partner, but for him it was, like, two, three months, like, actually, I don't choose you anymore because, like, this isn't what I want my reality to be anymore because mm. I don't want to work on these things. And so it was a lot of, like, self-doubt for me of, like, like I said, like, me being insecure and saying, like, oh, well, maybe I should have done this differently. Maybe I should have done that differently. And it's like, no, but those were my values. Like, that's what I held, like, as my standard. I shouldn't feel bad if he didn't want to reciprocate that for me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, I would agree. And even the fact that you're saying that he had that epiphany, you know, those are things that could have been discussed, obviously, a, a long time ago. Right. If, if you, again, going to a point, if you allow for that time to actually think those things through, mm -hmm. then when you sit down with your partner, you can actually thoughtfully engage with them and say, hey, where are we going? Are we on the same page? Do we right. still want the same things? I talk a lot about like shared vision for yeah. like a family. Mm -hmm. If you're not on the same page, like eventually you're going to diverge at some point because mm -hmm. you don't really know what direction we're going in. Right. That's the... I also talk about, which I'm going to pause that for a second, but I talk about being intentional. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a part of being intentional. So if we don't create a narrative or a story of how we want our lives to play out, we're probably going to end up drifting away from each other. Mm -hmm. Not because it couldn't work, but we didn't try to get on the same page about what we both wanted and how right. we were going to make that become reality. 
And I think a lot of people, that's why they walk away. I would pick the case possibly prematurely because they don't make those intentional steps early on in the process. Maybe not like date one, but yeah. you know, maybe <laughs> month one, uh, month three, month six, like where are we trying to go with this thing? And so I, I think a lot of it also has to do with like our age. So when we're younger, we're typically not thinking about these things. I don't, right. I don't fault them because I also had years to learn this stuff to right. be fair. So I don't begrudge any of you that don't know how to do this stuff immediately. <laughs> I know it takes time. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. But part of us engaging in this is to plant seeds, hopefully for some people who maybe haven't had these experiences. Right. Maybe they may not have to get hurt or may not have to go through some of these issues mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I connected with her story. I connected with her story. I'm going to try my best to not replicate what they said they had to go through yeah. and maybe be more intentional in who I choose or making sure that person wants the same things that I want. So that way we have a, not a guarantee, but a higher mm -hmm. likelihood that it could work for the long term. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. let me pause on that one because we're going to come back to some of that dating mm -hmm. stuff. I want to pivot just for a moment. I'm going to ask this question differently because this is always a complicated question. So let me start with you because you were a little more clear on how you see yourself. Number one, how would you identify yourself in terms of how you see yourself based on your family and ethnic heritage? You mean like how do I identify? Yeah. Uh, Latina. Okay. Now, for you, do you think that there's aspects of being Latina that shape the way you see not just the people in your family but shape the way you've interacted with other folks around you let's say in school and in working environments oh a hundred percent okay can you give me yeah. like some examples yeah i mean i think it's unique for me too right i want to preface this with like you know i have a lot i have very high cultural competency um especially when it comes to like immigrants you know, communities that are like historically underrepresented sure. in the United States. You know, I've worked with a lot of international students. I've worked with a lot of um, communities that from countries people have never heard of, you know. And um, with that, I always feel that my heritage has played a big role in being more accepting of that. Okay. And I think that's fairly a new progressive thing within the Latino community because mm -hmm. everyone's always like, wow, Latinos are so welcoming and loving and da da da. Yes, but <laughs> also not really. <laughs> um, so I think in my case, it truly is something that I try when people talk about how nice Latinos are and how friendly they are and how welcoming they are. Mm -hmm. That is what I like to take away okay when i'm interacting with people not so much the whole like they're also close-minded and they also like you know are not pc and all mm -hmm. these other things you know but yeah okay so. no and I, and I like that i, I asked that question because and i'll, I'll get into it and then i'm going to come to you mm -hmm. is that um when it comes to identity it's a very complicated concept to understand mm -hmm. and i'm going to give an example and i'm going to kind of use me as the example but when you have parents from a similar culture, it's still complicated, but it's a little bit easier because you understand your family of origin is at least from one place. Mm -hmm. I already told you myself, my father's black, my mom's Latina. So sometimes when you have people from different backgrounds, it can be inherently more complicated because you're trying to merge different aspects of who you are. Sometimes you learn aspects of what that culture and how they identify may come from. Sometimes you don't because sometimes people come to America and I talk a lot about not only the dominant American culture, but then you have the subcultural groups depending on where your families of origin came from. Mm -hmm. For example, let's say I was Chinese. 
but then my family comes here and they have a strong sense of Chinese cultural identity. Mm -hmm. So then when they come to America, for example, they might say like, we only speak Chinese in this house. And a lot of the same traditions and norms that we have from China, you're still gonna do here. I don't care that we're in this other country. Mm -hmm. For some other people, they may say, you know what? I want us to assimilate more. So we're gonna, we're gonna take on more of the dominant culture of here. So our identity might be a little more harder to fully form. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So with that being said, now I'm gonna come to you. Same question. How do you identify based on your family of origin? Yeah, that's hard for me um, just because it, I haven't realized it until adulthood, but definitely first and foremost, identify as African-American because that's most easily how I'm perceived by others mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I'm also Puerto Rican, so I'm Hispanic as well. Um, but I definitely have more of a closer tie with being black and okay. being African-American, um, especially because my mom also grew up in around black people and Hispanic people predominantly, um, but mainly all of her partners as well have been black. So I've grown up with being. It's black. more normalized. For yeah, me. it's more normalized for sure. me. Um, and she hasn't. She didn't come into her roots of being Puerto Rican until later on in life, mm. because she was told to, um, especially because she was in Washington. It's a little bit more white, um, and they lived in the countryside. It was more of like you are white, like you're not Hispanic, like you don't speak Spanish in public. You don't. You don't tell people that you're right. Hispanic. That's what, like, my grandpa, who's from Puerto Rico, told her that, like, you don't speak Spanish, you are white. Right. And so not until she became an adult, and I would say, like, into her, like, late 20s, 30s, mm -hmm. did I start seeing more of, like, the Hispanic side of my family mm -hmm. and, like, more connected with being Puerto Rican. Um, so it's just harder for me because my dad is very, like, a very proud black man. Like, I get, like, the traditional, like, black, like, black talks that you get when you're a kid <laughs> I got taught like my mom Same. was always for it and my mom always knew that that's how I would be identified as well um as soon as I go into school like go into like school or in just public settings mm. um so that is more like easily accessible to me sure um and it yeah it's just it's easier because that's how people will see me I agree but the reason why I like talking about it is because mm -hmm. it's also not about how people perceive you but how you I see know. yourself and I don't know how I see myself but yet. And I appreciate the honesty. Mm -hmm. But I say that again, because it's a very nuanced discussion. Mm -hmm. I remember the expression I heard when I was growing up was, you are who your father is. That's interesting. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. And my dad's black, so mm -hmm. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but a little bit different than you, I have a, a very strong, to use your words, I have very strong rooted experience in both sides of my family. That's good, yeah. So I, was, I grew up with both of them. Um, the black side a little bit more, so I, I'm, just a little bit more competent in that area, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I grew up with both of them, so I feel very comfortable in both. But I say that because, again, some of us don't, to your, yeah. to your example. Some of us were kind of, sometimes it's because, to be fair, we come from communities where people are not as open-minded, so we get ostracized, mm -hmm. so you have to pretend maybe that you're something that you're not, yeah. uh, which is, again, I obviously don't agree with. But I also know in the reality depending on where you grew up, the environments that you're in, mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's for the best, but it may have allowed for a little less stress, let's say, in one's life. But we're in a different age now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so my hope, and the reason why I like talking about it, again, because this is hard. Mm -hmm. I don't even, like, I know who I am, but it's very hard to talk to people while they're in process of figuring out who they are, mm -hmm. even those that think they know who they are, and then there's information that they learn later that challenge the way that they see themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that because there's a lot of us 
that go through this experience mm -hmm. even the immigrant experience that's why i brought it up it, even if your family's from the same place you're still having to acclimate to a new environment mm -hmm. yep. even though you all are very close to i'm saying us because i grew up in america and i subscribe most part to the american culture you are the closest to us and yet it's still different enough that you still have to adjust mm -hmm. right being into the space like you said in the very beginning mm -hmm. of, of this discussion so I appreciate everything that you guys said there because I just think it's one of those things that I would invite us to talk about it more because it is hard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us that come from families, so to use myself as an example, my father couldn't talk to me about it because he don't know what it's like because it's not his lived experience. Mm -hmm. And to take it a step further, which Latinos and black people have to deal with, um, so me and my sister look very different. My mm -hmm. sister's extremely fair-skinned because she looks like my mom's side of the family. Mm -hmm. So you talked about perception. Right. So I fit in very well because mm -hmm. when you looked at my mom and my dad, like I look like a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. My sister just looks like she's from my mom. She does not look like she's black at all. Mm -hmm. And so that caused a lot of complications in her life because she felt like she had to go harder, so to speak, yeah, to represent like you have to prove yourself because she would constantly. look people would look at her and be like, oh, I don't know what's going on there. And it was again, it was a different time. People yeah. were even more judgmental than they are now. Mm -hmm. So. I've started to really contemplate those concepts early on in life of like why people see you the way that you do. What, what do they deem is okay and appropriate, what some don't. Mm -hmm. I'm glad your family was very progressive. I know a lot of Latinos who not necessarily are not, or even just Latinos, just other cultural groups where they prefer you to stay in your community. Oh, that's right. Like, don't I, even talk to me about that. <laughs> like, like, I, like, like yeah. I, I know that. And I know that because even my own family, where I love them and they're very open-minded, there's still a certain level of apprehensiveness. Oh, right? it's, it's not even just apprehension, really. It's, it's almost the expectation. If like you identify a certain way, mm -hmm. that is who you will find attractive. Oh right? yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, oh, like for example, a lot of the work I do, like I'm a marketer by day, but I do a lot of like Latina focused advocacy, especially like in media representation. That's, mm. I'm very passionate about that. And, um, one, you know, I've only ever dated interracially. Okay. And for the most part, like, my first boyfriend was, like, a white American. My second boyfriend was, like, Asian and Latino. And then my third boyfriend was Central Asian. Okay. So, you know, those are, that's, like, a range, yeah. you know. And no one is, like, a full regular Puerto Rican, right? Mm -hmm. No one's like me. A, where a, a lot of us are mixed up with a lot of other things. <laughs> exactly. Right. But no one, no one came from, like, my background, right? No one was like me. And um, I think when you identify very strongly with your culture, I think it's very hard to sacrifice the expectations of your family in service of your personal wants and needs. Oh yeah. Like I think that's something, because that's ultimately like with full respect to like my most recent ex, he's like an incredible person, very intelligent. I respect him a lot. Um, that's ultimately what he attributed our relationship to. You know, he said, the cultural differences are too big for me. My family won't accept you. So before this continues growing, we need to end it now. Can you give me? A, can you tell me what uh, what country is from? Kazakhstan. Okay. It's in between China and Russia. Oh no, I know where that's at. I know where <laughs> Just that's in at. case. No, I know. I know where that's at. I actually used to work with international students too. Yeah. So, see, so you so know. I, I, I know yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, so that's near Russia and Uzbekistan. Yeah, and you know, it's an interesting. I I obviously did not interface with people from that country very often. But sure. ultimately, I did find that there is this misconception that if you are in the U.S., you are an American. That That is what I see a lot of immigrants kind of see. Mm -hmm. They're like, if you live here, especially for an extended amount of time, wherever your passport's issued from, that's what you are. 
And I think the existence is much more nuanced than that. And I think the influence and like how you grow as a person, those things are like very important to acknowledge as you continue to grow. It is, it is one individual reality to be like, I want to be with someone from my culture because I want to maintain a certain level of like language access or tradition access. Absolutely. You know, and then there's a totally other thing that has to do with, well, it's what my family wants. Which, and I like that you brought that up. I would say, because that is a cultural difference that I'm very aware of. Mm -hmm. So, and I learned this also working with some people from those countries. So let me just throw an example out there. India. So there's certain communities, I would say, outside of the West, particularly in America, where collectivism is more important than individuality. So when you grow up in America, we're taught to to prioritize what you think and how you feel, and that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those countries, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That what the family wants is the most important because there's an expectation that you're not only going to help provide for them and take care of them in their later years, but they have a vested interest, especially because they raised you. Mm -hmm. So I get that part. And them helping with like mate selection, for example. Mm, right. So they're going to be an intimate part of that. In America, it's not really about that. You're choosing your partner mm-hmm. and your parents, you kind of bring them along. Maybe you're like, I don't care what you think. You know, we might say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that would a- absolutely be uh, a boundary that's going to get violated. Because mm-hmm. if, if I'm coming from that culture and I just do Indian now because I know that one in particular, mm-hmm. they're not going to co-sign that. You know, yeah. they have sometimes <laughs> they have issues. If you even coming from a different region in India mm-hmm. and they're like, we, this can't work because my mm-hmm. family's not going to co-sign this because there's certain attributes that they they need to have. Mm-hmm. And I think for us as Americans or those of us that identify from a more individualistic perspective, mm-hmm. like we have to respect that. Right. Yeah. But but let me go back to my intentionality. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're dating in the beginning. And let's say, for example, you came from that collectivist society and then and I'm you know, I'm doing me. So my family will follow whatever my lead is. And we're dating for like six months. And we're like really getting close. And I'm starting to think like, man, maybe I want to maybe marry this person. If we can get past a year, let's see what happens. And so we get into like a year. And then you're like, you know, my family has a a different opinion about you or or not you, your culture, your community. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I can get over it. Not because I can't, because I don't know if they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I To me, that's a disservice because it took us so long to get to that point. Mm-hmm. I would rather have us discuss that up front or what some people do, staying in your community, just date people from that community because you know, mm-hmm. hey, this is the only way that I can do it because I'm not willing to go against my entire family for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't even put yourself in the situation. Yeah. And I understand it's, there's, there's no perfection. I know that this is hard. I'm not trying to make it sound like this is simple. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you know that what I value for my family, listen, what my mom says, yes or no, it's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, Shania, mm-hmm. she's not going to say yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though like I love you but they're going to have a problem. And then they may not just be my parents. It's also my extended family. Yeah. My aunts are like, Mm-mm. I just think it's, it's entirely that, right? It's also just the fact that I think sometimes people think they're more progressive than they actually are. 
Oh, I would, I, I would I think, say that too. I think that's that's not even something that's unique to like cultural differences, right? That that could be as simple as like you enter a relationship, you're both students, and then you graduate together, and then someone starts making a lot of money and the other person isn't, and then you're kind of like, what do I do? Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't like that my wife out earns me, oh, and maybe yeah. I have to be the stay-at-home husband, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think when you reach a certain age. And, you know, in realistically, in this relationship, I did everything right. You know, I communicated communicated very clearly those milestones. How are we doing? You know, do we want to Mm -hmm. continue? That kind of stuff. But I do think people, when they don't, when they struggle with, like, different versions of themselves, Mm -hmm. it's hard to reconcile that for someone else. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why I say, like, a lot of the times, it's not even anything to do with you. You know, maybe you're just the what is it the you're the sacrificial lamb mm-hmm. right you could be for however they need it the mental gymnastics they have to go through to make it make sense right. right but i do think that it's not even just a cultural thing at that point either it's just like an individualistic thing how much am i willing to go for my partner mm-hmm. you know yeah. and how much am i willing to go for myself you know because when you love yeah. someone maybe i'm i read too many books growing up probably <laughs> um but I, I do believe, like, when you love someone, things, be, based on your actions and your mm-hmm. advocacy, things have a way of working themselves out. I think they can. The, the, the reason why I had to, and, and these are things, when I say this, these are not things I intuitively grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up American, so, like, I'm all about me mm-hmm. and what I want. I didn't grow up thinking, like, yes, my, vet, my family, what they say to me is important, but it's not going to change my opinion. Oh, like, 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 it would, like, it would have to be, <laughs> but it, it would have to be like a multitude of people. Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure you want to do it? Like, it would take that for me, not just one person saying, like, I don't know if you should do that. I'm like, no, I'm gonna trust in myself. You with me or not? Yeah, I'm not like, I, I'm not quite that much. I, I. It's think, okay. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that. That's, no, I that's know. My just sharing though. It's like mm-hmm. I do believe in the collectivist mindset of that. In some yeah. point, like I do believe, like who you marry or who you form a family with needs to get along with your family like, no I, like, I i agree with that yeah. part i i don't i don't mean that i don't want them to have a relationship with my family what i'm saying is in terms of like collectivist versus individualistic from a collectivist perspective my wants are not going to outweigh the wants and desires of my family it's just not oh. because if i say that's why i'm using your ex as an example yeah yeah if i'm saying my mom or my dad won't get down with this what mm-hmm. i'm saying is my desire is not more important than theirs their impression of you and what we would try to build is so important to me, mm-hmm. it's gonna override even how strongly I may feel. Mm-hmm. From an individualistic perspective, I don't care what my mm-hmm. parents think. It's not that I actually don't care. What I'm saying is, it it's not gonna override you. my decision. Yeah. That's my point that I'm saying. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna let my family dictate to me what I'm going to do. I welcome yeah. in the feedback, because I know that they're coming from a good place, but they don't try to tell me like, you need to go or they might say like, I'm a little concerned or I have a question, mm-hmm. why are you going to do that? And I will entertain that. Mm-hmm. But if they said straight up, I don't like her, I'm gonna ask why? And if it's if it's not, if there's nothing to substantiate it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, I think it's just like, again, it's kind of like the difference in your personal confidence too, right? Absolutely. And your ability to make decisions. I think, it, and you know, again, when there's like a cultural context to it, it gets mm-hmm. so much more nuanced too, because mm-hmm. you're like, is this in service of like the Latina Ashley or like the Americanized Ashley, you know? Like, Good point. who am I servicing at this point? And I think 
that's where you as an adult, like you're fully responsible for all the decisions you make from that point forward. And that's why like, to me, my family's opinions matter. Mm -hmm. They 100% matter, especially if they're like, something is off, something is weird. I will take that into consideration. Sure. I'm, I'm never going to be like, oh, well, you guys don't like them, so I don't care. I'm not mm -hmm. like that. Okay. And, you know, that's just like because I was raised, ultimately, Latino culture is very conservative and sure. it's very collectivist and it's very, it's not this like hyper individualistic thing. Right. But I do think with my parents being more progressive, they went against the grain themselves, you know, they went to like, the US and mm -hmm. my whole family's like why are you going there like mm -hmm. everyone's here and my parents were like no we want to go yeah. so we're going and yeah. they they've opened the door now where mm -hmm. they are like you pick who you want to be with but right. but because I love them it's like who I want to be with I want you to love them as much as I love them I agree mm -hmm. yeah I, I feel like that's a general well I would like to believe that that's a general feeling that most people want you don't right. want your parents to not like your partner um, but what I would say is another aspect of that, like you mentioned mm -hmm. the American versus the Latina Ashley. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on for those of us that grew up here. That's what I meant about the way you're raised. Mm -hmm. Cause you could even be raised and say like, Hey, we're going to hold traditional Latino values, mm -hmm. but I still grew up here. You grew up over there. You can't really tell me how I'm going to see the world. You mm -hmm. can try. I'm stuck. I'm speaking as a parent now. Mm -hmm. You can try to impress that upon them. Mm -hmm. If you don't raise them over there, you cannot expect that they're going to hold every single value the way that you hold it. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to be realistic because they grew up here. So there's levels of freedom. There's level of choice and there's options that they see from a very young age. If they grew up here that maybe your parents did not. Mm -hmm. So because they didn't, and for most people, seeing is believing. If you don't see that option there, you're not even thinking about it. Whereas you may have grown up here and you're like, oh, I can totally date this type of person. And there's no problem with it. Mm -hmm. Meaning they came from a different cultural background. Mm -hmm. I don't feel weird about that. But if you grow up in a country dominated by one cultural group, mm -hmm. It's very typical to think I'm only going to be with my type of person. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't even begrudge those people because that's all they know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even and if they expose themselves to, you know, going to school or being in another country. Yeah. It is a very like it's a learned behavioral thing. Mm -hmm. And it's also very, I think, you know, to word it not delicately. I think it's also just ignorance, mm -hmm. you know, like I think you, it can be because you don't interact, you don't see the value in being with someone from another culture because you sure. you genuinely are not educating yourself on what other cultures can offer you, you know, in terms of perspective, in terms of partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come from this traditionally conservative culture and you're a progressive man in that culture, you may not find a progressive woman from your background and maybe you'll find sure. that somewhere else and you'll feel much more fulfilled with that person even if you have to sacrifice the cultural mm -hmm. identification right mm -hmm. but i also like i said that circles back to like people are not as progressive as they think they are especially mm -hmm. when like there's familial influence there or yep. guilt or manipulation there you go and i also think when parents do those type of things I think there's a part of them too that's afraid of like their grandkids looking different from them. <laughs> Absolutely. And I and I think it's a it's a big thing of like are are they going to grow up in a house so different from mine? So what was all my work for? You know, what what was the Absolutely. point of me instilling these values in my child if they're going to raise kids that don't grow up with those values? And and, and listen, and I'm going to I'm going to come to you in a second. Mm -hmm. I think that and obviously to be clear, let me let me take a step back real quick and then I'm going to make my statement. We all have bias. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, so 
we all do. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm biased towards people from different backgrounds because that is my lived experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not against people who come from one dominant cultural group, mm-hmm. but I'm biased because I know what it's like to be in my body and to have these experiences and to connect with fellow people who also have a similar lived experience like that. Mm-hmm. But I say that because, because I'm biased, I know I'm more open-minded mm-hmm. because my parents had to be somewhat open-minded for me to exist. Yep. Mm-hmm. If they were so close-minded and conservative in that regard, like they just couldn't be a me. Um, not that I'm special, but my point <laughs> is, because I'm not. Wait, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But I, I, I make that point because for those people, I said the bias. So those people who grow up in a dominant culture mm-hmm. where everybody's essentially one thing. And I know, you know, I don't want to get into the nuance of like, well, you're like 5% this. I mean, just for the most part, you're visually and ethnically, you're one thing. Mm-hmm. It's understandable that you are going to stick within that cultural group because that is what's normal, what has been normalized to you, I should say. As opposed to those of us that have had to navigate different cultural groups, we understand it's not scary. It's mm-hmm. challenging. It's different. But it's, but it's not scary. Yeah. And, it's diff- just different. And, and different isn't bad. But if I haven't had those lived experiences, I might be much more apprehensive. And that's just me. Mm-hmm. Now factor in my parents. Mm-hmm. To your point that you just mentioned a second ago. I want my kids to look a certain kind of way. I want them to speak this type of language. I want them to eat this type of food. I want them to value these types of things. I... I actually respect those people who say, I want us to stay in this group. I don't want to deviate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't begrudge them. I respect that they, that they say that. But I also invite those that are willing mm-hmm. to venture out, to not be afraid to do so, but make sure you're being honest with yourself. To your point, mm-hmm. don't tell yourself that, yeah, I'm willing to go against the grain or my parents don't really want me to do it but they're somewhat okay with it Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna take the charge and do it anyway Mm -hmm. like be honest with yourself don't deceive yourself and say like yeah i can do it and then your parents say no and you're like okay i guess i gotta say yeah and it (laughs) but it's also just the you know a friend of mine explained it really the one with the dating app she's great she she was like you know she's like that's a cultural difference though how you view things because i remember my ex said once um if it doesn't come easy to you it probably isn't meant for you And I remember, like, in a conversation we had, I was like, I, like, fundamentally disagree with that, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, I, that's my lived experience as a woman, especially one that, like, I didn't grow up with money. So Mm -hmm. not that I never starved, you know, but I Mm -hmm. wasn't affluent. So, you know, I do know what it is to, like, have to work and go to school. Mm -hmm. I never had the luxury of, like, being a full-time student. Mm -hmm. And I think in that sense, you know, when you kind of grow up with these different perceptions your mind just, I don't know, it like functions on a different level. You know, the way that you perceive things in terms of difficulty and what's meant for you. And she's like, oh, well, that's like, you know, that's a very Islamic thing is like, you know, your destiny is like pre-written for you. Inshallah. Yeah. And she, (laughs) you know, she explained that to me. And I was like, that that is a certain level of influence I didn't acknowledge before. And I think that's where the cultural competency comes in, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. willing to understand and accept but you can't understand and accept if no one explains it to you of course so there is like there is it's so much communication required and i think it's like you're either mature enough to have it or you're not yeah Mm -hmm. and you know in my experience i've always been the one that's like let's talk let's talk about (laughs) everything for as long as possible that's why we're here and um (laughs) no it's also just like you know i learned a lot about myself in that relationship and i think one of them is like truly how progressive i am at the end of the day, you know, maybe my partner was not, but I am. 
Could have been. So, and you know, and I do think that, you know, there's value in that moving forward. You know, you kind of, you learn what you are willing to tolerate. You learn what you're not. You learn mm -hmm. when to identify like mm -hmm. uncertainty and when you're not. And to your point, like, why do people wait Yep. Thank when you. they know their limits Thank to you. a certain extent, yeah. you know, you. and that that was like my big thing was like I we had a connection. We have this whole like we understand each other. We get along. We never fight. We love each other. But at the end of the day, like you are fully responsible for knowing your limits. Mm -hmm. You know, you are fully responsible for yourself, especially as an adult. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter how if your parents are alive, they're dead. They live next door. They live with you at the end of the day, like you got very limited years on this planet with your parents and and family and friends you know so you and your in your confidence in your autonomy making decisions for yourself mm. you have to understand your own limits and then what you sacrifice and what you give to things mm. i agree so. no I, I agree i think it's that's why i talk so much about intentionality but also why i told you communication is so important mm -hmm. to me because i i just i see it in so many different angles of how we end up leading to demises of relationships and a lot of cases that again either it didn't have to happen meaning we exited prematurely or we gave too much time to a situation that ultimately was not going to pan out because we knew pretty early on that there were some fundamental aspects about who we are, what we want, mm -hmm. that we're, no, we're not in alignment with. Mm -hmm. right. So when I talked about the shared vision earlier, that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. What you know? What are you looking to achieve here? What is it that you're seeking out, out of a partner at this point in your life? And you need to give me a thoughtful answer because I'm mm -hmm. going to give you a thoughtful answer. Right. And if you can't do that, that's an immediate concern for me that you're not ready. It's not that you're a bad person. But the timing ain't right because you don't even know what you want yet. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing in general. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I don't even think it's unique to like my situation or your situation. It, it could be even applied to your friendships. Yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. also like, am I in a place to be able to like give authentically to someone? Am I in a place to be able to treat them not as I want to be treated, but as they want to be treated? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's very like a fundamental part of recognizing those parts of you. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Mm -hmm. And giving it more than like two seconds thought. Cause Agreed. I know our generation is very like, let's just go with the flow. The world's mm -hmm. going to end in like 20 years, climate change, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're still going to get old. You know, you're still going to have to make these decisions. You're, you're going to be around maybe a, a little longer than you think. Yeah. Like God willing. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's very like, it's telling to me that people think they have all this time mm -hmm. and then also that people think they have no time. Oh, yeah. And that makes like for some weird dynamics. Ashley, in society. Ashley, Ashley you're, you're getting there already. <laughs> like, you're, just, you're, you're hitting right where I'm trying to go. <laughs> OK, Shania, let, let me ask you that question okay. now, because I think she, she just brought up a good point. So now we're talking about timing. This isn't even an exact question, but I'm just going to roll with it. So mm. I agree with her that. There, there's, and I, it's different for men and women, to be clear. But the timing is a very interesting concept. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me kind of throw out a scenario. Let me see where you want to take that. Mm -hmm. In my experience, for one fundamental difference between men and women is biology and biology in terms of children and child rearing. Meaning, in my experience, and a lot of the men that I've worked with and talked to, women are typically going to be the ones that are going to promote and encourage long-term committed relationships and marriage, not because men don't want it, but because there's levels of security that men, that women want from men, particularly when you're talking about if they want children. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of this is predicated on whether they want children. Cause if you don't want children, mm -hmm. you can just date however you want to, you yeah. can be married or have a long-term relationship. But the premise is if you want children, 
we know there has to there's a time limit on when you need to start doing that not as in you need to start yesterday mm -hmm. to panic <laughs> and not you have forever like some people flail mm -hmm. there's levels to this depending on where you how old you are when you know that you want these things and how intentional are you going about it mm -hmm. so that with that being said have you thought about or are you maybe thinking about mm -hmm. is that something in the cards for you I don't want to say down the road, just in the future. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. Is that something that you believe that you want in your future? Like having, having having children, children and raising a family. <laughs> That's still like up in the air for me. It's not clear as of right now because in my past relationship, I was ready to have kids by the end of my 30s. Um, okay. Just so that I had a little bit, once again, I had a little bit more time okay. to do what I wanted to do, which now that I realize it, I'm like, okay. Um, but... Now that I'm single, I don't really, and there's also health factors for me as well that okay. are involved as sure, of right sure. now. So I suffer from PCOS. So you got educated on what that is? Polyencysterian ovary syndrome. Okay. So there's a good chance that I won't be able to have kids. Okay. So th um, so that's a unique situation, obviously. Not unique. A lot of Black women and Hispanic women actually suffer from PCOS, and they don't realize it. Um, so it's not unique to me, but definitely it would be unique into like how I would, how I would go about like having children would be okay. unique. like, I would have to put more effort in sure. than probably a normal person would have just like, okay, like or I'm a person who doesn't, who doesn't have that challenge. Let's have a kid. Yeah. Okay. So there would be a lot more plan and prep in my, in, in my process. Okay. Um, but because of that, it's deterred me from having children and i i'm more upfront about it now too with people i've i've been more upfront about it too when people want to get a little bit more serious in a relationship sure, with sure. me and i'm like well i have pcos the probability of me having children is low. is low but it's not impossible okay um and i am open to having children but when i think about my life that comes very later on like my 30s because i grew up and this is because of my childhood, mm -hmm. I grew up help, having to help raise my siblings Respect. that I want more time to myself. I want more time to enjoy my life. And this is the first time I've lived alone ever by myself, mm -hmm. by the way. And it's only been like five months. And I feel like I'm going crazy sometimes because mm -hmm. there's not somebody there talking to me. Mm -hmm. um, but like literally before that, I've always been with somebody or there's always been people around me. Sure, sure. So it's more of like, now I have the decision to make for myself instead of like my mom being like, okay, time for grandchildren. Like, are you going to spit out doing? a couple in a couple years? Um, or like my siblings making a joke, like who's going to be the first? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be me? Who's going to take the bullet mm -hmm. sort of thing? Okay. So it's, it's interesting and it's up in the air for me. I'm not, I'm not set on anything as of right now. Okay. Um, no. And, and, and I think that context was good. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I was asking. Cause also like, is it possible? So you said it mm -hmm. is, it's just, it is possible. it's just a little more challenging. You may have to do a little bit more intentional preparation if you want, right. if that's an outcome that you want. And I don't know how severe my issue is because I don't have access to healthcare to allow me to, to check it out, be, like figure out if I am. Okay. And because of that, like, I'll just never know until I actually try. Okay. Um, or unless I have the money to figure out if I can try. Um, so everything in regard, sorry, okay. everything in regards to children is up in the air. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this to yeah. clarify. If I could take that from you uh -huh. and a theoretical example, would you want children? I, and again, I'm, I'm not saying now mm -hmm. I'm saying 
Oh, when like I, ever. Well, yeah, when I say trigger, oh, I mean ever. ever. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay, good. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I no, it's okay. It's I okay. should have asked more clearly. It's okay. No, that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. No, I asked because, okay, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this mm-hmm. in a direction. You guys let me know what y'all think about it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot about this. Number one, I am a dad. So mm-hmm. I, I've obviously thought about this once mm-hmm. before. Right. Um, but I also think about it for, for young folks who, let's say, are getting different types of messaging. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put some some concepts out there. For men, as we've talked about earlier, a lot of the expectations traditionally um, are that men need to be able to provide to a certain degree, number one for themselves, but also have a level of stability already in place so that way you can invite a woman into your life. Right. That takes time. Uh, I would say probably late 20s. And that's being really optimistic. Probably, <laughs> probably closer to like mid 30s, yeah. like where I'm at, um, before you're like comfortable. Yeah. And I say that because what's different between men and women in that regard is that's a condition for us. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't even we don't even think about it until mm-hmm. that condition has been met. Whereas okay. for women, that's not the same because, like, again, you all look from different things from us than we look from for you. Like uh-huh. we, like most of us don't go into situations like my wife's going to take care of me. So I don't care about my job or I'm mm-hmm. just going to work a job. Mm-hmm. She's going to like, secure the bag, so to speak. And then we're just going to go and build our family right it's usually not it's usually the other way around right so it's going to take us a little bit longer to come to that conclusion now at the other the other hand we don't have the biological pressure if we want to have children to try to do it sooner and when i say sooner i don't mean is it not possible to do it in the 30s but we know medically it gets more complicated the the older that you get right Mm. so my thought process in trying to have these these open discussions with people is are we intentionally thinking about if that is something that we desire, when do you think you're going to start that process? And this is for men and women, but mm-hmm. I say it more to the women because, again, you guys have more biological pressure. Because if my, if the idea I have in my mind is, and this is something I hear a lot, mm-hmm. prioritize your career. The challenge is going to be when you're my age and you get older, when you're ready to settle down, it's going to be harder. Mm-hmm. Number one, because the the caliber and quality and quantity of men that are around you severely diminishes over time because you're not running around a lot of people, mm-hmm. particularly when you leave university for those that go to school. Yeah. But also the. And this might be controversial, but this is just something that I've noticed. I think that this is that there's some validity here. The more successful that you all become, mm-hmm. I think it kind of you ends up kind of precluding other men from having the opportunity to get to know you. Like, I think for men, we're a bit more open-minded when, because we don't put so much pressure on her ability to financially provide. Mm-hmm. Our net is like a little wider, mm-hmm. but for women, I hear a lot. I've heard this a lot that like, he's got to be at my level. So meaning if I make a certain amount of money, my expectation yeah. is he makes that much. If not, he has to exceed me mm-hmm. for me to even maybe want to take him seriously. I'm not saying all women, yeah. but I've heard a lot of women make no, these yeah, statements. Definitely. And I think, again, I don't even begrudge women for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a difference in how we see each other and what we look for. Right. With all that being said, my point is my challenge to women. And I want to hear what you all think. And I'll start with you is it behooves them. If I know I want to family build at some point, Start sooner, meaning figure out what you want, figure out what you need, mm-hmm. commu- learn to communicate that with a partner, start the process of actually vetting people sooner 
rather than later. Because if your career is a thing you prioritize, that's the thing that you're going to excel at. Mm -hmm. So a man's just not going to randomly enter your life. And even if he does, you're probably not going to be ready. The same is true for a man with a woman. What would you say to that? Well, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Feel free to start wherever you like. To. But I think, I mean, I want to address first the on my level thing. Mm -hmm. And I want to address it from like the political scientist in me <laughs> that like got a degree in political science. Sure. That, um, and you know, I've always been interested in like the sociological aspect between like men and women. And I do think it's, it's interesting to me that if a woman says that, I feel a lot of the times men perceive that as like, oh, she only wants me for my money. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's kind of the reaction yeah. that gets is like, oh, so you only want me to like pay for things. And it's like, I feel like when women say on my level, mm -hmm. they also are referring to like their emotional maturity. Definitely. They're referring to like, you know, and when they're speaking about like the salary discrepancies, for example, he needs to earn what I make or more because women inherently do a lot of the invisible unpaid labor at home. Like mm -hmm. statistically, it's been shown that even like working women in these high paying jobs, they still do the majority of the household work, you know, and I have been blessed to be in relationships with fairly progressive men. Like, mm -hmm. like I've never been in a relationship with a man who like doesn't know how to cook for himself or like doesn't pay bills or doesn't going back to the independence. Yeah. Like, like you like, need to have that already because mm -hmm. I don't attract men. I think that wouldn't be that independent because mm -hmm. I am that independent. Like I mm -hmm. think on just like a basic level, my attraction for you is based on your ability to like do the same things as me. Mm -hmm. So I don't even entertain like the, can't do anything doesn't do anything type right. of person so i find it interesting that that continues being an obstacle for women and i wonder how much of that comes from the like biological pressure to settle down Could like be. we end up making more compromises than a younger version of us would have oh absolutely because 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 we, we desire that and like we said like time is a thing so yeah. then there becomes more pressure like okay i'm gonna have to Again, people don't even like the word settle. That's a trigger word for some people. Right. Um, I'm going to have to settle down with somebody realizing, hey, there's no perfect person. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're settling at some point. Yeah. I mean, we're going to make certain compromises in when I was 23. Maybe I could attract a certain caliber of man mm -hmm. or I could attract a certain caliber of man, a woman. Realistically, that's not true. It's actually inverted for men to be like my age. I can attract this type of woman versus when I was 23, I couldn't get, attract this type of woman. Because mm -hmm. it's not based on just your physical, it's actually based on the other attributes that you possess and learn. So I think it's, that is a very valid point. And I actually like that you mentioned the emotional, like I would say intelligence and vulnerability aspect that I don't hear that enough though. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I don't hear a lot of people emphasize that. People talk yeah. about money, physical appearance, height, mm -hmm. uh, like things that are, I would put it to you like this. And again, I don't begrudge people for having preferences. Yeah. What I would say is things that are inherently you're unable to change. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. can't change how tall I am. I can change how much money I make over time. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, my personality though, I can be very flexible on that depending on the type of person I am, mm -hmm. my level of communication, my willingness to want to provide that space for us to be open and honest about things. Mm -hmm. Those are all things I can modify, right? But I don't hear a lot of that jargon in the ether when people are having these discussions, I hear more about the intangible things that you can't change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you don't get past that filter, 
especially when you're young, right? I'm saying more so when yeah, you're young. Yeah, I was going to say, there, I, there, I think there, it depends on there's, how old. There's no, like, uh, again, the, the swiping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep swiping honestly, until I find that. Mm-hmm. A lot of women I find that are very picky about, like, facial hair and height. Like, those are not <laughs> those are not things that, like, I think of, no. you know? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm no, not. I'm, I'm yeah, like, you. I had a friend who was like, oh, I don't like guys with beards, so I wouldn't date him. He I was could, like, you know, like razors exist. He could shave and, and also or trim. It's, it's such a small thing to care about, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I'm looking more at like, because I, I did the whole like bad boy thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I dated the bad boy. I dated the not bad boy. I dated the broken boy, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. for me, it's, I think at once again, it comes to the self-confidence thing. It mm-hmm. comes to like what you look for in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think a big challenge that I see is that I find women are so strong. Mm-hmm. Women are like, there's this amazing show. Gonna plug it because I just saw the episode. And I keep <laughs> rewatching the same scene, and it's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Um, her dad is like a Columbia professor, very smart guy, and he was like, I have always consistently underestimated my daughter to this point where you know she has this strength and this fearlessness that I have never experienced. My son has never experienced, even though I've invested that in my son. And where does she get that from? Mm. And I feel like that is something women are so familiar with. Like we are so strong, we are so fearless because when you grow up in a society, (laughs) but no, just in general, you know, social um, situations where you're immediately judged by how attractive you are. Mm -hmm. And I say this as someone who I, I consider myself a conventionally attractive woman and I benefit from that. You know, I am treated inherently better than someone like Shania may be treated mm-hmm. because she is not conventionally attractive, right? You're Correct. a plus size woman, you're black and I white passing, I'm Latina, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in like an environment that was white dominated and I straightened my hair to make it even easier so can, for you me. You can blend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't have an accent when I speak English and when I speak Spanish, I speak very good Spanish. So it's like I benefited from that. Right. And I do think for women, as you age, your that matters even more right everyone yeah. always talks about j-lo oh my god j-lo at 50 mm-hmm. j-lo at this and it's like that's not the pinnacle of woman mm-hmm. you no. know and i think we we as women do a disservice to ourselves when we settle but we also do a disservice to the men we're with because we will not be satisfied mm-hmm. and yet it's like trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole yeah. it's like you when you settle you are setting yourself up for failure because can, can I ask you, can you define what settling means? I think settling is, I define settling as like knowing that this person will not satisfy you. Like in, 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 in what way? I think for me personally, like when I've checked out of relationships, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. that's when I knew, like, I don't think it will work with this person, but I'm going to stay with them because okay. I've been with them for so long mm-hmm. and whatever. I agree with that. Yeah. That, that's just staying in just because you put in so much time. Yeah. So right. It's, it's like, why give up now? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I do think Ten with, more years later. and then, <laughs> no, yeah. and then, and then, you know, men, I also think society like puts men in arrested development for a long time. Yeah. I think men with having so many women service their needs and, and, uh, our generation of independent yeah. but like people pleasing women yep. that we feel like we have to overcompensate our success by being super super nice and super super pretty so we can at least have someone by our side it doesn't matter who it is mm-hmm. you know and then we're always compromising the quality of our partners when we do that and then we're wondering why it doesn't work 
I could see that. One question I would ask you, because you're talking about the strong woman, and this makes me go back to like the conversation we were talking earlier about the independence. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a point where becoming strong for women is to a fault? Well, that that's what I was talking about earlier, like when I called my dad mm. post my breakup and I was like, sometimes I feel like I'm too much. Mm -hmm. Like I that's what I'm referring to is okay. like, am I too strong? Am I too self-sufficient? And, you know, I go to therapy. Um, Shout out to therapy. Yeah, we love therapy. Therapy's awesome. We love therapy. That's why I'm so well adjusted. Um, <laughs> no, my therapist, I was explaining that to her. I was like, you know, I called my dad and I, I think, you know, looking back at that conversation, I'm like, was I having like a psychotic break? <laughs> like, why did I ask him? Like, am uh -huh. I too much? I know mm -hmm. I'm not too much. Like, mm -hmm. I know I'm good. I'm good. But um, she said, she's like, I do think sometimes, especially with Latina women, especially with strong women and young women like you, mm -hmm. people feel that ambition is something they have to tame. Yep. Mm. And I do think that if it was a man we were talking to, we would never think you can be too strong to a fault. So I do think mm -hmm. like the verbiage. Mm -hmm. I and remember strength is applied differently to men and women. No, I agree. So I, agree. I think strength in men is like, yes, he's strong, he's firm, he's stable, he's this, mm -hmm. he's mm -hmm. that. Strength in women is like she's hard to work with. She's difficult. She's stubborn. Could be. Mm -hmm. And I think the perception of what is strength in women. I, I, I could see that. One one thing, and this is something I hear people talk about that I think is this is where I get interesting in, in the concept. And I'm gonna I'm gonna focus this um, not to put it on one ethnic group over another, but I'm going to focus this on black women first. Because these, these, this is a group I know very, very well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of Latino women do fall into this category too because they're not that far behind. Mm -hmm. Again, this is my impression. You can mm -hmm. let me know what you, what you think. Oh, I will. In my experience, when, when you talk about strength, I think there's a lot of conditions and a lot of reasons why they feel like women need to be so strong. Mm -hmm. For example, a lot of men and women are raised in single parent households, particularly in the black community. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of them, they're seeing an abundance of mom had to do everything mm -hmm. and she was so strong. That's the characteristic that gets qualified onto that experience. But there's a reason why she had to do so much. Mm -hmm. And I, my thought process as a therapist is perhaps the reason why she had to work so hard, there might have been qualities and attributes about her that she acquired maybe seeing her mother potentially from another generation and how she carried herself. So she impressed that on her daughter. So then when she had children, she's like saying the same thing. Yeah. So what does that ultimately yield? An unwillingness or extreme difficulty in working with a man. Because if she's always thinking about, I got to be so strong and I have to do everything, then I, and I mentioned because I remember what you said earlier, mm -hmm. where do we have the space for the man then to, to be in that life? Where do we have that room where he's going to be able to add value into that woman's life mm -hmm. if she feels like I have to be the superwoman mm -hmm. because that's what I saw, that's the expectation, those are the norms. So then where becomes that opportunity to allow that man into that space to actually work with you? Like I said earlier, life is already hard. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care how strong you think you are. Life is not meant to be dealt with on your own. Everybody deserves to have a partner because if you try to go through life on your own, there's going to be moments where you're not going to be able to do it on, on your own. Everybody's going to need help at some point, mm -hmm. whether it be family, whether it be friends, if you have a partner, a spouse, whatever the case may be. So I think about that, not just from a cultural or even a socioeconomic level, because some of them had to be so strong because they were relying on one income, particularly with multiple children. So there's a lot of financial strain on the family. But from the kid's perspective, 
they're looking at mom like, damn, she was so strong. Like, she made sure that she cooked for us and she cleaned for us and she made sure we had good education. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that perception except for the fact that it's missing the fact that she, there's a reason why she had to do all of those yeah. things. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, if we don't put people in those situations, meaning we, ha we, we can return to two-parent households more often than not. I'm not saying it's always going to be this case. Mm -hmm. There's no utopia here. I, so, sorry, Go I'm going to Go cut off Go everyone. But I do want to say one thing you didn't acknowledge either in that is that the strength can also come from, like, families with histories of abuse. Like, sure. I know in my, my grandmother's instance, it was abuse that led to her needing to be strong. Mm -hmm. And, and I think when you create, there's no strength to a fault when you're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And I think right. a lot of the time, women, we live in a perpetual mode of survival. Yep. And I, I appreciate that you said that. Yeah, because we, we can't please people, right? You're too smart, you're too independent, or you're too dumb, or you're too pretty, or you're, you know, you're too much, or you're too little. Yeah. See, and, and, and I, like, I like that you said that. See, I don't believe in, I call that black and white thinking. I don't mm -hmm. believe in that. I believe in the gray. Mm -hmm. The gray right. is everything in between. Right. What I what I I can tell you what I know from the experiences I have with a lot of people is a lot of people talk in extremes. Yeah. It is this or is that. Mm -hmm. I love men. I hate men. Men are great. Men are dogs. Yeah. Women are this. Women are trash. Like that's how people talk. Yeah. They don't talk in the middle. So even think about what you said. Right. You said, let's say my grandma got abused. I actually love this example because the young lady who was sitting there before she used this example. Mm -hmm. She was Colombian. Mm -hmm. She said, my grandma and my tia told me. Men or dogs, never trust them. We will always have your back. Hide money under the bed. They, they literally oh, taught yeah, her got, that from when she was young. I got the bed thing, too. That's okay, crazy. Okay, good. International. Okay, good. <laughs> but, there you go, right? So, but no, so, so, so different country. Mm -hmm. But my point is, what I told her was, listen, think about this, okay? Because people don't think about the traumatic impact that that puts on a young person. Mm -hmm. And you got to understand, when you don't have that personal lived experience to attribute that to, that's passing on what we call secondary traumatization onto that person. Mm -hmm. You don't even have that lived experience. That's like prejudice. You watch something on TV and you say, these people are like this. You don't know that to be true, but yeah. you're holding it as an absolute truth. That doesn't make sense. Right. So you're taking what grandma said, and you're saying, and again, not you, the young woman before. Right, general you. I'm saying, <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, I can't trust men. So what happened when we were having that discussion? She was like, well, I want to open up and I want to trust them, but I was always taught I can't trust them. Mm -hmm. And I said, don't you understand how that's a contradictory statement? Mm -hmm. So you can't believe both of those things at the same time or you're never going to be able to make it work with a man. Right. And also, like, I, I would just like to, like, respond to that, that mm -hmm. a lot of my meaningful relationships in life have been with men. Like I am not one of those people that's like men suck because men yeah. bring a lot of value to your life. Like I, I, I like to think so. I talk about <laughs> my relationship with my dad all the time. Like yeah. if it, I have very close male friends that know me very intimately. So I've never been exclusive to this idea that men suck because men, men bring value just as women bring value, you know, sure, like, absolutely. and I do think that, you know, me, a lot of people hear these opinions I have and how they're formed and all these things. And they think like, Oh, you're so ambitious. You must not want kids. And yeah. I've had men say that to me. And I've had men say to me, you would not make a good mother because of how ambitious you are. That's well, that, well, well, that, I would say that's an assumption. That's, uh, definitely. That, I'm that, not that, saying that all men think that way. No, no, no but, but, the, it's but a fair there, point. there it's a are fair men point. who yeah. are comfortable expressing that to someone who's a relative stranger to them, especially mm -hmm. with when once you get to know me, you know I do want kids. I do actually only want to be married once. 
because I do think like being a child of divorce, you kind of understand like marriage can last, you know, mm -hmm. with the right kind of commitment and the right kind of people and elements Absolutely. and all these things. So I don't think that we need to be like this doomsday generation mm -hmm. where like men suck and women suck and everyone sucks. It's like, no, things yeah. can actually be really beautiful if we give them the space to bloom. I agree. And I think we all need to learn to respect what we all bring to the table because there's so many things that I have learned from the men in my life that I would not be who I am without the influence of men. Yeah. So this is not all the women, the women, the women. Obviously, sure. like, I'm a feminist girly. <laughs> yes, let me, like, hang out with the girls. But at the same time, like, you always need the diverse perspective to get the full picture. No, I agree. So. E even the point about um, when you think about, to me, the assumptions that you said made, like I told you, like I'm anti-assumption to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. Because to me, like that's because you're not willing to talk about it. That's why you're making that assumption. Mm -hmm. What I would say, like let's say it was not you, but somebody similar to you. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, you know, I'm really career oriented. I'm really career focused right now. And you asked them like, hey, when do you want kids? Like, I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to focus on my next promotion. I wouldn't begrudge the man for saying like, I don't want to, I don't want to try to go further with this person if I know that I want kids mm -hmm. right. because she's not mentally where I'm, I want to be at. Right. That does not mean that she doesn't want to be a mom. That doesn't mean she couldn't be a mom. It just means she don't want to be a mom right now. Right. And, exactly and maybe, right and, and maybe now. I want somebody who's ready. Mm -hmm. So again, timing matters. Mm -hmm. So I would never make the assumption because that's, that's not fair because you're robbing that person of the opportunity to speak for themselves. Absolutely. But I would just make the point if, if somebody did say that though to me, I don't think it would be strange to be like, okay, well, I'm going to take a step back. I appreciate yeah. you for your time. Yeah. We don't want the same things at the same moment. Right. And, and, and I would let that breathe. So I, don't, I think that's no harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. But I just bring back up that point about why I think it's so important for us to, even what you were saying about a stay-at-home mom, I put an immense value onto that. I would make the case, actually. To me, I think sometimes we only put enough emphasis on the financial aspect of like what like the money that's actually coming into the home. Mm -hmm. I would make the case, like let's say I had a I had a wife and she was staying at home to raise children. She is financially contributing to the home because number one, she's keeping us from having to hire uh, a daycare or a nanny because mm -hmm. she's being the primary provider there. Also, she helps maintain the stability for people who want a stay-at-home wife. Mm -hmm. She's maintaining the stability of the home which allows me the freedom to go out here and earn the way that I'm trying to. So there's absolutely an equality of that type of relationship, but I think the way we talk about it isn't fair. So we talk about it in the context of only if you don't have money that's coming into this household, you don't make decisions or you don't have no worth or you don't have value. I would push back against it and say, no, I desire that. But it's simply because I understand she does have that value. She does not have to go out here and be a CEO boss in order to be a great partner for that relationship. That's nothing against those that do want to go do that. Mm -hmm. The only reason why I make that point is because when I think about parenting, all these things to me get, get mixed in over time. Somebody has to be more available to raise that child. Ideally, I would want both parents to be able to be present to a certain degree. Somebody's probably not going to be able to be around as much because somebody got to earn, right? Unless you're really, really wealthy, which mm -hmm. I am not. And a lot of people <laughs> I know are not. Right. Um, and then one person that can afford the opportunity for one person to be more present. Um, but I make that point because I think there's like a misnomer when people try to qualify that value and what you bring to the table. I push back against that because I think that that's not fair for those that choose that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But I think about when those who like are chasing money and they're chasing their career and they're chasing their title, 
My only point is there is a cost to pursue that. Of course. Even mm-hmm. if you have your family, meaning we have a child or we have children, you aren't going to be present. Does that benefit your child that you're gone 99% of the time because you're trying to chase this career or you're chasing whatever this thing is? My point would be if you know you really want to be a good mom or you really want to be a good dad, whether you're stay at home or not, make the time to be present. Right. Or maybe don't consider having children until you're ready to make that level of commitment. Well, I touched on the invisible labor thing earlier. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that, yeah that's that's yeah. why I came so back to that. I, was like, I, yeah. I, I wanted to uplift yeah. what you were saying. Yeah, no, and it's it's all in the nuance, too. It's like just because you work, just because you have a fulfilling career does not mean you can't be an active parent either. It's yeah. not feast or famine. Like there's plenty of CEOs that still get to dinner with their kids. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't think we need to view being career oriented with inherently not being family oriented either. No, I agree. On both sides of the coin. No, I agree. So I agree. I really want to hear what you think on this because we obviously haven't heard your side. Steamrolling you. I mean, do you want to go all the way back or go back wherever you want to go back to? Oh man, there's just a lot. I mean, and my experience is obviously different from yours. Sure. Um, especially because when it comes to selecting who I want to be, it's not always my active decision either. It's about who wants to choose me Mm. because of the way I look, because of who I am. Uh, so, and especially when you talked about being a strong black woman, I hate that term so much. Mm. It's just, it irks me to my soul. I don't ever want to hear anybody say I have black girl magic, whatever wait, the wait, hell wait, it is wait, wait, like wait, that. Wait, can, can you talk a little bit about, like, I have some feelings, but yeah. I, I want I want to hear why you feel that way. Because I think it's important because for the audience it's, to respect it's, that. I'm set at a level where I should be able to put up with this amount of, like, I'm supposed to deal with all of this because I'm a black woman because this is what is ex- expected of me mm-hmm. from the get-go. I should just, at a starting point, be able to take anybody's shit and be okay with mm-hmm. it. And I don't like that. Um, and I've challenged my parents, my grandparents about this. I'm like, I don't. I want somebody to take care of me. I want to be taken care of. I don't always want to have to do everything. Um, and it, it's kind of like weird, especially when you get in a relationship with men, where you're telling them this and you're like, I don't want to do, I don't want to have to always do this. I want you to be able to, you know, nurture me and my, uh, like everything that's going on with me. Mm-hmm. I'll do the same for you. I've been doing the same for you. Sure. Can you just give me the same respect of doing it? Absolutely. And it's like, but you're a strong black woman. You should be able to handle it. Can like, why are we doing this? I want to pause you there for a second. Mm-hmm. Number one, I appreciate you a lot for saying that. And the reason why I'm saying that to you, because it was when we were talking about strong and I understand, again, Mm -hmm. people interpret these things differently because that's where my mind was going. Mm -hmm. When we talk about strong, it's like there's that expectation. You not it's not so much that you can put up with more, but like you said, you should. I should. Yeah, you should be able to handle all these things. Let me try to draw a quick parallel. It's Mm -hmm. the same way I look at when I think about men should be able to do all of the things that they're expected to Mm -hmm. Let me know which, or just give me a head nod in a second. Yeah. Um, but men are also supposed to be emotionally available. But some women also say, but you should be stoic. I value my man's strength. Nope. I've he, never seen I don't want to see either. him break down. I don't want to see him that. cry on my shoulder. He I'd needs to be I able to, to yeah, come I, to I, me. I'd love to that. see a guy cry. Good. Okay, That's good. So I just want to reference ahead, ahead, like a pop culture reference is in Ted Lasso, one of the characters 
his partner is turned on by the fact that he is able to emotionally break down and he breaks down on like an international level like in front of the camera and she's replaying it and being like oh my god I'm so in love with him because he was able to be so emotionally vulnerable to a whole group of people Okay, and it's like most of the most of the women in my life I can't speak to all women obviously but really appreciate you just sharing how you feel like even if it's not something that I agree with I'd rather you cry in front of me than you just sit there and stir like yeah. I've never, I've never been the type to okay, like dial it back. Like I don't want to see all that. I I appreciate I'm that. I'm like, then, please I, I, just cry. I, th- I think that that's a good thing. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to encourage again more of the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So part of it again starts with building the comfort, right? So that way mm-hmm. you want to go there. But back to the strength. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> how challenging <laughs> that is? No, because I think that mm-hmm. that I, I really think we need we need to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about, again, the expectation that you all should just be able to handle all of these things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women from other culture groups, it's similar. It's Mm -hmm. not exactly the same because you could use a word I like fetishize. You mentioned earlier. That is a thing that you should be able to deal with that. Even, you know, and I don't want to get into all the Mm -hmm. biological challenges where people talk about like Mm -hmm. pain tolerance and things of that nature, particularly Mm -hmm. when you're talking about pregnancy and and Mm -hmm. birthing children where black women have inherent higher tolerance for these things. So we could rant about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying that just so you know, like I'm (laughs) I'm aware, I'm aware, but I say that again, I'm going back to strength. I want to use you as an example because of what you said. So I've also heard, Mm -hmm. but I've heard both sides where some people who are progressive leaning shame women like you because they say we've come too far so you can put us back in the kitchen oh my god what why why are you trying to let that man oppress you by taking care of you but i I, but i I listen to what you said understand like relationship dynamics at that point like yes but i i hear you yeah i I appreciate what and i appreciate what you said too Mm -hmm. because to me again it's not black and white. It's the gray. Yeah, it this is. is a spectrum even with just you two sitting here right mm-hmm. now. But I think it's important because I think enough people, men and women, don't hear that. They don't understand that. Yeah. Well, I might want, want to be strong all the time. Mm-hmm. It's better for me to have help for you to be able to do certain things for me. I don't want to move this fridge by myself. I don't want to mm-hmm. change this light bulb on the on the highest step of this ladder. I don't want to have to go deal with the car. Not because only men can do these things, because women can do it too. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's things that we're better at or we're stronger at, and there's something that you're better at and you're stronger at. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about family building or relationship building, I'm like, why can't we play to each other's strengths? Yeah. <laughs> And then even when you take it apart and you say, I don't like the question of can somebody do something? Because I think that's where we get messed up when we talk about equality for men and women. Mm -hmm. Well, women can't do it. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Most things, if not everything that a man can do, a woman can do. Mm -hmm. The question could be, is it easier, though, for him to let to let him do those things? Mm -hmm. And it's easier for me to let her do those things because maybe she's just better at it. Mm -hmm. We're not all like perfectly well-rounded in every space and domain is that is that fair or am i being unreasonable no i, in, I in, feel in like it's that. fair i mean um, i i i feel like it would be incredibly ignorant yeah, to not accept otherwise. help i think that's just as detrimental to it that's the mm-hmm. hyper independence trauma response yeah because like as someone who like became extremely hyper independent after my last relationship because it was an abusive relationship. I was like, oh, I'm never going to meet anyone again. And I'm just Mm going to do everything by myself because like I can't rely on men because Mm -hmm. men are unreliable and it took lots of therapy and like being in a good relationship for me to understand like, oh, I can trust 
a man to do the right thing. Right. You know, I can trust him to help me to be an asset and not just physically, but emotional, you know, yeah. like I will never discredit my last relationship for being one of the most mature relationships I've been in. And it was mature because I was mature, mm. you know, because I took the steps to reflect and mm. see where my hyper independence was bad for me. So now I understand your point of like the strong to a fault. Thank you. But again, the strength it all depends on where it came from and out of the necessity it was born out of. And I don't think women or men should be punished for those things. I think it's just a response to our environment. But it, it is. And, accepting and, help to be back in the kitchen. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I put yeah. me in the kitchen if it means I don't have to kill myself, like maintaining yeah. a house by myself or raising right. kids by myself. Like that, that's and the what, older I got, the more I was able to understand. Yeah, that. it's so. like you really don't need to like be trying this hard. If you have help, <laughs> right? Like, you know, they, and that's why I admire that a lot about um, non-Westernized cultures, mm -hmm. like you know the traditional Latino culture upbringing. Oh yeah, because they're they're more, more about it already. If no, you're I mean. if you're non-Westernized, a lot of cultures are very similar. Like, and, oh, yeah. and that's what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Western attitudes we've learned are learned from like Western Europeans. Mm -hmm. Like they live very similarly. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to me when people go, oh, like you're Latina, you're this, you're that. I'm like, actually my culture is like super conservative. So I'm actually closer to you. Like yeah. a lot of my female friends are Arab women mm -hmm. and Muslim women. And we see eye to eye on like 99% of things aside from religion, which is a big deal. But mm -hmm. you know, like socially and how we approach marriage and yeah. family, it's identical and no this oh my gosh that, that like brought me the wrong way i'm never gonna forget that no 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 listen like, no no but these but these are good points and that's and that's why i bring it up because it's like i'm not you know i'm open to women of all backgrounds and all spectrums and how they choose to see themselves the mm -hmm. things that they want for their future all of that but I've heard, and I've also had female guests who've talked about how they don't like how other women do that. That's another reason why I can put on my radar. But why do you criticize like, other women, yeah, I'm bro? Just, I'm like, over it. Yeah. at this point, I'm like, I'm just like, how, who am I to speak about how you want to live your I life? Mean, I mean, even as we operate. criticize them for criticizing someone well, else, no, but, but yeah. realistically, no, but I, I think you. But I would, I would welcome what you two are saying, though, because mm -hmm. I don't think you two are trying to judge them and saying. Like you're dumb for saying that women shouldn't want to be in the kitchen. I don't. Right. I don't think that's what you. You all are saying like, no. I can hold space maybe for both. That yeah. if I want to go be the CEO boss, because that's I can I go want. do that. Correct. Yeah. It's all about autonomy. But I'm not yeah. going to make you feel bad if you want to raise that family and you want to be the housewife. Mm -hmm. It's Cause it's cause all in wrong autonomy. I think different women are empowered by different things. Yeah. You yeah. know, you may be. 10 times empowered clocking into a job as you would be nursing your baby. Mm -hmm. And it's all contingent on what brings you personal satisfaction and happiness. But mm -hmm. I don't think taking the autonomy away from women is part of the equation. Thank you. Like, like you cannot champion equality and justice and feminist issues, but at the same <laughs> yeah. time, but don't, but don't go back in the kitchen. Yeah. But, but don't or, accept help from like a perfectly loving and willing partner. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, that's, that's, that's what I was about. And that's why I wanted to, to target that discussion that you were bringing up. Mm -hmm. Cause I think to me, those voices should be celebrated, not necessarily more so than what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I think at least equally. To what you're talking about i think that that should be an appropriate response for those people who desire that type of lifestyle to not feel bad about it but also recognizing to your point about the help thing mm -hmm. that's why i'm i'm not sensitive about the word strong but i think enough people need to define what strong means to them that's why i gave you the whole example 
about the other young woman and what her parents and her family passed along to her. Because sometimes when you ask somebody, to, this is because this is the world I live in, mm -hmm. when you ask somebody to define what it means, not just the textbook definition, but why it's so important to them, mm -hmm. you come to understand that's not even their own lived experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. they adopted but it. But they're speaking about it as if they lived it. So just because somebody's told you the same thing for 10, 15, 20 years, that this is the way it's got to be, that doesn't mean that we need to hold on to that to be the absolute truth. Allow for your mind to be more fluid and flexible. Right. That was the only only point I was trying to make about the strength. No, and the, the strength thing, too, I think it also lends itself to, like, other harmful stereotypes, like yeah, the spicy Latina. Or mm -hmm. or the same reason why you don't yeah. like the term strong black woman. Cause, yeah, like, cause, or black girl well, magic. Because like there, there's stuff. connotations to that. It's, it means, like, I, maybe I don't just, need you. It's not even mm -hmm. just that. It's also fetishization on, like, a basic level. like. And it's, I mean, like, not to bring it up again, but there's, like, there's just like you were t saying you have like an inherent privilege that comes with like how you look and mm -hmm. how, how you are perceived mm -hmm. and it's just like i'm already i'm already preconceived even before i open my mouth mm -hmm. and sometimes i don't even get the chance to open my mouth because of that sure mm -hmm. i don't even get the chance to meet people because of it or i i mean to bring it back to relationships i've been in situations where i'm i'm only I'm only in a relationship until it no longer serves you because I'm an experience. Now you can say that you've been with a black woman and it's happened. It's happened to me and I haven't realized until later. And then you're like, well, sh well can I cuss? I'm yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, shit. Like, <laughs> like that was a waste of my time. I thought you'd like me past like all of that. But now it's just because. Just because, like, now you can say, oh, yeah, I've been with a black girl. It's like, uh, I it's think. It's with I, the Latinas, too. I, I know. I, yeah, I, I, I think I heard somebody use that yeah, term. Same. It's like uh, exotified. Yeah, I'm like, an, yeah. I'm an experience. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no longer a person to somebody. Anymore. Or, or yeah. what, what we would use back in the day, we would use the term for men um, mm -hmm. and white women. We would say, like, mm -hmm. jungle fever. Yeah. Yes. Jungle right. fever. Yes. Like, it's, like, it's the same. And I think it's like, I don't know where. I don't know why it has a place in modern society, especially like as populations diversify. They do. They it's do. it's just it's weird to me, and like I, I don't know. It's it's, a, it's like the spicy Latina stuff too gets to me. I hate mm -hmm. it. Like when you respond a certain way, oh, mm -hmm. there's a Latina. Oh, Ooh, so yeah. spicy. Ugh. I'm like, <laughs> what does that even mean? See, right? I would say that jokingly. Only be, well. Hey, that's part of my culture, but also because <laughs> I, I truly mean it with no harm. Yeah. But if somebody say I said something like that, um, especially who's not part of it, I think it, it's definitely going to come across in, inappropriate. Or even again, yeah. talking about strength all the time, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more trying to. And again, I think this applies to men and women. I think that we all have a pretty good understanding of how we define strength to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And and again, I, I think a lot about over identifying with things or over identifying with labels or roles. I'm over here trying to talk about, hey, how do we get these men to be more vulnerable? Is strength going to help them be more vulnerable? No. Mm -hmm. Is helping men and women come together more? Is strength going to be the thing that's going to solve that? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Because the stronger I am, the more I think I don't need you or anybody. Because I feel so much like I got it together. I'm not saying it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying if I continue down this role, and again, this is an extreme. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm painting, by the way. Mm -hmm. If I continue to get stronger. At some point, I'm telling myself and I'm telling the people around me, I don't need anybody else because mm -hmm. I got me. I'm always going to have me until you don't, by the way. Mm -hmm. But the other side of that, again, for the men is that that's already what we're taught. And I, I agree with it to a point because I think women value that about us. Mm -hmm. 
but that's not the only attribute that they're looking for in us. To your point about being emotionally available. So we have to learn how to be strong in that skill because mm-hmm. then women will appreciate us even more because yeah. we're more well-rounded. No, and just being, and emotional intelligence manifests itself in so many different ways. It's mm-hmm. like self-awareness, vulnerability, leadership, mm-hmm. like I repeating something I think I learned in one of my classes, but it's just, <laughs> you know, For it's, sure. it's just like in being an effective adult, mm-hmm. there's a certain level of vulnerability required mm-hmm. when you are engaging in intimate relationships that mm-hmm. I don't think people understand. And mm-hmm. I don't know oh, if no. it's, and I don't know if it's like TV or social media, social media <laughs> or dating yeah. apps or just in general, like the socialization of people in modern society is something I worry about. And that's same. And it's like me. That's where I see the generational divide a lot of the time. I agree. Like I think. And, and that's why I meant earlier when I talked about kind of like how we see ourselves. I didn't really touch on this yet, but the word I was going to use is validation. When you talk about social media and how women can get a lot more validation, obviously, than men can. <laughs> And then how much stock we put in that, mm-hmm. meaning random people that don't know us and yet they can flatter us with likes and follows and whatever. And that makes me feel good about me. But then maybe you have somebody in your life that you could get genuine validation from who actually has had the opportunity to get to know you in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. And that's almost like in competition with these invisible people online. I'm not saying uh-huh. you all feel that way, yeah. but I've heard a lot of women, in te- in, including people who have sat here say that that's been a struggle for them even somebody that they love respect even going to marry wow engage to where it is in competition with all these people in the ether because it's like a drug that it's hard to let go that's heavy (laughs) i don't think i've dealt with that i've never dealt with that i don't think i've known anybody to deal with any of that like similar so when you say that i'm like wow that's that, that that's shocking. A lot to, I, I think these are the chron- I, think, I think these are the chronically online people that maybe well, they, I would consider myself chronically but online. But maybe too, they but like, they use it differently though than th- I think it has we to be. do. That's, it has that's to be. because I mean. I'm using social media to create a conversation. Yeah. I'm not using it to gain mm-hmm. validation. But but I'm sure you must know some even if it's a younger person, you must know people who don't engage with social media in that way. They're literally like, dropping that photo or yeah, that these video are the other types but I mean, with that like, expectation. To that degree, like yeah. in, I've never heard it in comparison to like a partner like that severe. Yeah, I've either. never heard it that severe. It was, it was like five episodes ago. Yeah, and I talked about that's, and, that's and I mean, intense. I mean, like, thankfully, thankfully she's aware of it and she's working yeah. on it. But she and I, I appreciated her though for acknowledging that. Yeah. She was like, "It's hard for me because I got kind of used to it, and even though my partner's here and he's in front of me and he knows this stuff about me." It was difficult for me to not still want that, not still desire that, not still want to drop that little thing out there and see all these people flood me with validation. And so that's what made me kind of start asking that question. And Mm -hmm. I have met a lot of women like you all Mm -hmm. who don't necessarily look for that, but you know a good amount of women who do engage in that way. Not you specifically, but obviously like women online that you can like pinpoint that do it, but I wouldn't say personally, I don't know anybody that like directly does it yeah me either like maybe it's like okay yeah like yeah i got like a couple likes but it's not like i posted this in order to get validation with that intention right it's like i posted it and now i feel good because a lot of people like complimented me or like said something nice but like that wasn't my intent it was just to share in general um, like about myself and like put myself it's all intention based yeah i agree it's it's all how you and how mature you are that's with using social media i think like 
as a social media practitioner, like you have to be really mature to be online mm. and like I not agree. let it affect your like yeah. real world perception. I think so many people think like, oh my God, they got like 10 likes. So like that matters a lot. Like the only thing I beef with is like when you're somewhere and they tag everyone except you. That to me is like <laughs> so rude. Yeah. It's like, like why'd why you leave me out? Yeah. And why it's like, am I not here? <laughs> right. Man, like I'm, I'm so good at being invisible. But no, other than that, it's like, Social media is just social media. Like mm -hmm. I think I've I've again attracted partners where like they are very different from me in that sense. Like yeah. usually the men I date, they don't use social media. Same. So we're more in the face to face IRL life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like and that's why I say like I'm an old lady in that <laughs> sense because like I see people going back and forth, back and forth online and I'm like, this is not the platform. <laughs> like go outside, touch some grass. Right. Like talk to people have an actual conversation yeah like and that yeah. and maybe that stems from like having valuable in-person relationships I, like I, good, I think that's like a big i think that's a big reason yeah. why that is because mm -hmm. i think for it, it kind of goes back to me to you guys's point about the generational gap and like how people even communicate mm -hmm. i've had to learn this right because i'm more separated from even than you all are that that's normalized for them wow. like it's normalized for them like let me give you a small example when i would travel like even within the last year call me old back in the day i felt like the common thing to do like let's say i'm trying to introduce myself to a man or a woman mm -hmm. if i want to follow up with them is to ask for their number mm -hmm. yeah. when i've been traveling recently it's what's your instagram yeah. do you have a yeah. tiktok yeah because they want to just dm you yeah. that in and of itself is very different because it's like social media took the form of that primary method of communication yeah. when i used to just get on the phone and actually talk to you so i can get to actually know you yeah. right but now you're like, no, just send me a DM, which is just another text. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which we already, I hope I've impressed <laughs> the point upon you. Texting is not the best way to get to know somebody. Yeah. So that to me is like something I've had to realize with the generational gap that it's very different than the way that I do it. I prefer this, but I also predated all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm sympathetic to the younger generation that this is all they know because it's not their fault. It's a function of them being born when they were. But um, it is a very interesting observation because I also notice how it's harder for them to have in-person discussions because they're so used to doing this all the time. It's highly mm -hmm. uncomfortable yeah. for them to actually sit down, look at you, meaningfully engage with you and have a, have a real discussion. As knowing like a 17 year old, I, I think think that's not all the time accurate i just i do think that they do prefer different communication methods mm -hmm. um but like i said having a 17 year old sister i know that they i know that a lot of them do like to still engage on like in like a capacity of like talking on the phone mm -hmm. still like that hasn't changed like with teenagers um but I don't know where I was going with this. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I just didn't agree with like the whole like they would prefer like to just be on their phone all the time because they I feel like they do want to get out and they do want they do want to engage with other people. It's just maybe harder or a little bit less accessible for them um, at the age that they're at. Yeah, um, especially with like schools going full digital, hovering too. parents. Yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. a different thing. And I I would yeah. actually say like communication patterns between generations to me are so interesting because mm -hmm. like I think with like the Gen X people I've worked with, mm -hmm. they are so passive aggressive in person, yes. and then they're so rude online. <laughs> and and then Dude, my, my experience online is most people are not rude. 
but they say things that they would never say yeah, to you in, in person. Oh, yeah. Like, like I remember yeah. working, like, just in general, like when I worked bar. in person, um, I worked with a lot of like Gen Xers and they would be so nice to my face or whatever and then or passive aggressive. And then they'd send the rudest email. <laughs> and I would just be like, because they don't get it. And, and then I would go up yeah. to their office. I'd be like, I saw your email. Like, and they're like, not used to that. But it's like, I think it's, and then, you know, with like Gen Z, mm-hmm. I admire Gen Z a lot, by the way. I think they're going through a lot mm-hmm. um, because as the g- last generation to see MySpace, um, <laughs> it mm-hmm. was very hard knowing life before social and now lo- knowing life after social. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that like, I had a job where the title was social media communication specialist. Like the fact that that exists now is like insane to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I meet younger people and they're like, oh, I aspire to like work in social media. And the number one thing I say is think about your mental health. Of course. Like the number one, I, I literally like working in social media catapulted me back into therapy faster than like any traumatic relationship could. And I think, and it's just like the, the, tools of the trade right like you have to be online but then by all that screen time you know your body isn't acclimated to it you're not supposed it's not natural for Mm -hmm. us and i think that manifests itself in such toxic ways in relationships especially like I don't know. I see a lot of Latinos like they do Facebook Live for everything. Maybe that's just like <laughs> yeah. my dad. No, but you know my parents like Facebook Live everything, um, and I'm like, who is watching? Like three people. It's a good question. Three but they're people. like, but those three people, and I'm like, like I did it, but for them. all this effort, like <laughs> yeah. when you could have just been enjoying the event. I don't get it. Yeah. But you know, and yeah. and you know there are people who get bothered by those things. Yeah. They're like, oh who is watching your live and mm-hmm. did it. And then I see my parents arguing about things like that or like, so it's not exclusive just to like our generation either. I no, think. no, no, not, not at all. Yeah. I mean, we've all, cause we all have to learn and to adjust yeah. that this is a new norm. Mm-hmm. I think no, millennials no, no are more adverse though yeah. to social than most people will think. You said, you said adverse to it? Like we, like we don't to like it. Like, like we realize how it hurts us. Yeah. We're like a yeah, little but, more but, self-aware. But that's because we had a long time before. Like I said, we formulated, a lot of us, mm-hmm. formulated our self-image before social media came into being. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was hard on MySpace, but that was like 13, 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook was like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. So like you didn't really care. And then even in the early stages, like I remember back then, it was like restricted to the school that you went to. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, it started, like, in, it started, it started in Harvard and yeah. you, you ha- University, it had to expand to other schools yeah. so you couldn't even get on Facebook. Whereas yeah. now, you know, it's everywhere. So it's we of course, we have different perception because we were we predated that stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm never going to let like a comment that somebody's going to say impact me in the right. way it might impact my 12 year old son, if he which he's not. But if he were mm-hmm. to able to see something like that. He's, it's going to hit him differently because right. he don't know who he is. Right. I'm be like, whatever. I don't even know this person. They don't know you. Yeah. So I'm very sensitive to that plight, though, because mm-hmm. that's something they have to learn how to deal with. Yeah. Your 17 year old sister is going to have to deal with it. I have 17 year old male clients right now just graduated high school. Yeah. They have to learn how to deal with that mm-hmm. while still trying to learn how to be a man and to function in today's society, just like women will have to as well. Yeah. So but I, I mean, I do like that discussion because I think this is part of the reason why we have to have that more open dialogue about those issues, because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, we 
either aren't paying enough attention to it or we kind of let our worldview just kind of overshadow it for everybody else. Yeah. Well, it's not a problem for me, so it's probably not a problem for everybody. Right. And right. that's that's not true. Right. I talked to enough people to know that's not true. Yeah. Right. Now, that's what I get paid for. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's why I had the job. That's how I have right. my living. That's why we're here. That's why I had that job. <laughs> okay. Now, we've touched on most of the things, so we're getting to- somewhat towards the end, but I want to ask this important question because we hadn't actually touched on this yet. Mm-hmm. When it comes to interest and when it comes to approaching, we hadn't touched on this yet. So, I'm going back to you, Shania. Okay. Well. And you can answer this in both ways because you've already acknowledged that you're both into men and women. So yeah. answer this, take this however you want to. Well, I can. How would a person mm-hmm. approach you if they were interested in you in, in an intentional way? Like how I would like to be approached? Yes. Or, okay. Um, or your preference. I let, I mean, I like a good joke. I like a good opening, like little silly gag. Um, I don't like the hey, I don't like the, well, what are you doing right now? Like, no, I want to know immediately, like, what interests you mm. um, and, like, what you find funny. Because, okay. like, humor is, like, in a partner, humor is, like, number one. Like, I have to be able to have a quick wit with you. I have to be able to go back and forth with you. Like, that's just me as a person. Got it. Um, and so if we can't kiki-ki, like, within five minutes, like, in, like, a text, in, like, a, I'm, speaking more to like dating online right now sure um but like if you can't open up with something funny or like you saw something funny on my profile and like you make a jab at it or well okay not a jab because there's sometimes men don't know how to accurately make a joke but that's (laughs) my own personal thing but um but like make fun of something like on my profile Mm -hmm. or like you know show interest in something that i've said that's how i would like to be preferred like i don't want like oh my god you're gorgeous like i already know that like <laughs> clearly you sweat. I mean, like for me, it's like, like we're on say, a dating app. Clearly you think I'm somewhat attractive in order to engage with me. Absolutely. Um, so like, I don't need to hear it. Like I'm, I'm I don't do flattery well anyway. So like humor is always going to be like the first selling point for me. Okay. Now that's with men with women. Um, I mean, I guess it would be, I don't really care if like a woman doesn't open with a joke. Um, if she's more so like, just wants to I don't know because like I've had limited dating experience with women mm. um and so it's usually like we share interests like music mu- so I'm citing like my last one so like musical interests we had in common I open I opened up so like I am the instigator in some instances as well so I opened up with oh my god like you know this this and this like can you put me on to something similar because mm. I've been wanting to get into this genre okay um so like I open it with like a question of like seeing where we like where the overlap, overlap would be okay um and i do the same with men like especially because bumble you have to you have to interact f- women have to interact first in order to well for the uh, most part start the conversation there's an opportunity right? where man can well is there? he can initiate but then yeah you have to respond oh okay because he can so i i always thought it was like the prompt like you have to pick the prompt there and then there, there is that but i mean okay. i know because i've done it before there is an okay. option though where you can like send a direct message oh like forego like, that and yeah and then okay. and then but then of course you still got to respond okay so yeah so it's a fair point um like i don't mind opening up as well and like being the first one to initiate um just sometimes it's harder for me especially if you don't give me anything to go off of on your dating profile which goes like, back to ashley's point right if there's nothing to go off of i'm like Hey, and then I usually lose interest because usually the people that don't have like their interests like forefront don't really know how to continue a conversation over text. And that's where I'll go ahead and like, oh, yeah, I'll agree to a date. Like, that's fine. Um, But in like person, um, 
I once again, it's it's always going to be a joke. It's always going to be like something funny. I always want to laugh. Um, Wait, so let, let me let me throw a scenario out there. Because yeah. again, this is important because most of us we just know how to do the approaching. We don't know what it's like to be approached. Right. Um. So I'm I'm at the grocery store and mm -hmm. we're we're in the produce section. You want me to open with a joke there? That that would be like an appropriate way to get your attention. Yeah. Okay. It would, as long as it's not like indirect, like. Uh, like a joke, like about my appearance, or no, 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 no. Like I'm just no, I'm just talking like about that. a joke. Oh, just like a joke in general. Yeah, just to like I, see, I, like, hey, can I pique her curiosity? Shoot, for a, a moment? whole bunch of older men have hit on me that way as well, and I, I engage and I laugh, and you know, I try to have a conversation, but okay, um, you know, and seeing where it goes from there, but um, I, yeah, I mean, that would be fine with me. Okay. The reason as long as I find it funny. I mean, <laughs> that's what, you got to pass it's, that it's, first. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, I only, I only ask because, and I appreciate that you, because I was going to ask you to, mm -hmm. uh, you separated between online versus uh, in real life. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that because, again, so another way to date myself. So there was no really online. Mm -hmm. Eventually it became that, but the predominant way my generation learned was you only had in person. Right. So you had to learn how to get over those things yeah. pretty early on. But times now, it does feel like for some people, it's the things that the ways we used to be able to approach maybe are somehow inappropriate now mm -hmm. in terms of when you're supposed to do it and where you're maybe allowed to do it. That's why I just mentioned the grocery mm -hmm. store, because this is like a maybe, maybe like a man's thought. Right. Yeah. And it could be for either of you. What if I only saw you in this one place? I saw you at uh, Wawa and mm -hmm. I saw you at Publix. Mm hmm. And I was interested in both of you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to see you again. I don't know if I'm going to see you again. Mm -hmm. My thought process would be, and a lot of men that I know that I've talked to is, well, I'm going to approach you there. Mm -hmm. I don't mean in an yeah. appropriate way. I just mean that I'm going to approach you because I don't know if I'm going to run into you ever again. Maybe that was just the one faded chance. Versus I've heard some women say like, well, there's certain places where you shouldn't do it. But then that kind of conflicts with this idea of like, okay, but then what if I don't get that chance again? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't maybe for me and a lot of guys I know, like we try not to live with regret. So mm -hmm. it's better for us to attempt and fail than not attempt and just wonder. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. What would you all say to that with that sort of scenario? Do you want to go? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I think. So, I don't know. My approach, like, what works on me mm -hmm. personally is I'm turned on by intellect. So, mm -hmm. like, if a dude can, like, come up to me and talk to me about something substantial, I'm like, hell yeah, this is my person, <laughs> you know? Um, especially if he's funny about it or he's sure. humble. And, mm -hmm. you know, one thing I really appreciate is if a guy gives me his number. Like, don't ask me for mine I because like I don't feel safe. I like that. You know, yeah. like, I don't know who's calling me and, like, Come on, I don't even answer the spam calls. Like that's <laughs> why that's literally that why I have a pixel because it like screens my calls for me mm -hmm. and like I don't have to do the work. <laughs> so it's like don't call me and don't text me because I'm awful at texting. But if you yeah. give me your number, you're giving me autonomy to contact mm -hmm. you. And then I always think it's a great thing if like I I'm kind of a traditionalist in that sense where like I appreciate a guy coming up to me and not be like, "Hey, yo, girl," but like right. being like, "Hey, I." you know, I don't want to bother you, but like, I really think you're beautiful. And like, I'd love to stay in contact with you, mm -hmm. but here's my number. That is like, that speaks volumes. You respect me as a person. You mm -hmm. are not just like coming up to me because like you're a pig or whatever. And, okay. you know, and by giving me the power in the situation, that makes me understand, like you understand how women are threatened in these situations yeah. and you're showing respect for them. Sure. So No, I, I respect that. Mm -hmm. I actually, and I've heard, 
the if I'm not mistaken, the last two guests said something similar in terms of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is also again that's a that's a, a difference in men and women. We typically aren't thinking about personal safety as much when we're out because the threats aren't usually there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for women, it is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very valid point. How about you? Well, can you ask a question again? I'm just like. Yeah. I'm so. So you already answered the mm-hmm. the the digital versus like in real life, like how would how would guys approach you in right. that way? So I'm thinking more so now, uh, kind of beyond that. If let's say, in that perfect scenario, so I said I, I kind of caught you in Publix. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would add into how I should go about talking to you? So she just gave an example of give me your number. I want to keep autonomy. It makes me feel more comfortable to be approached in that way. Is there anything else you want to add to like that in-person experience for men or women? How should they approach you? Well, I like the fact that you said, you know, they would, sorry, oh my God, I'm losing my words. Okay. <laughs> um, that, you know, you would take their number instead of you giving your number because it also puts you on edge. You're like, I don't know when this guy is going to contact me sort of thing. And now I have to be on edge until... I know that he's going to contact me and then there's like there's like an added stress too of like well I didn't even really want to give him my number in the first place so now I feel even more weird because like if I take your number I'm not like obligated to like message you sure and like you'll probably continue on your day without like any without even thinking about it and be a nice surprise for you but for me I'm like on the edge (laughs) of my seat like just like oh my god like now I have to worry about being bothered and like you know like having to um, engage in a conversation I might not have wanted to um, in the first place. Um, And it's also like my thing too is like just not enough like like in the instances that I have been approached like in person which hasn't been many um, it's just like it's so like passive like it's not like it's it's more open-ended and it's more like okay now what are you going to say in response? It's like no you came up to me you tell me what you want mm-hmm. and you tell me how you want this to play out. Okay. I'll tell you if I accept it or not. Not like, especially if I'm minding my own business, like I didn't come up to you. Like you should give me the respect of like, if I don't want to continue. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Stop. Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of men are just egg you on until you're, until you submit like to it. Um, and that is harassment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and there's like a fine line between that and like some men find it playful some men find it funny and some men find it a challenge um and it's like intriguing and i'm like no i'm like literally terrified i'm in fight or flight right now sure like, and, and and that's mm-hmm. why i'm glad that you all are talking about it because yeah. again that's why i made the point like that's where we're different mm-hmm. so we don't think about like if, if women come up to us if men come up to us mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. now maybe if i'm a really small man maybe mm-hmm. you know i'm nervous but i would say for me like I, ne- I don't have those feelings like oh my gosh who is this person um, so that people aren't inherently threatening, but that's a different lived experience for most women. Most women are maybe thinking mm-hmm. about those things. And so they are going to be curious more about your intention, or I shouldn't mm-hmm. say curious, concerned more about your intentions. And are you trying to threaten me? Are you trying to harm me? Well, I think also yeah, like men agree. just like don't pick up on like, they don't want to pick up on like body cues. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to I think to some see of us it. do. I, I, I think it, I think some of us maybe are not definitely that are more aware we're we're not raised in a way to pay attention to those signals Mm -hmm. more like i would say for me like because my generation actually went out and talked to women i'm very i'm very conscious because you can look like how she oriented towards you she's very open is she looking at you is she Mm -hmm. looking down is she looking away is she walking like you can pick up on that Mm -hmm. stuff and say okay she's not interested move on um but again I'm more sympathetic to the younger generation because they don't get those cues because they're looking like this 
sort of like I don't know how to how to pick up I'm not saying mm -hmm. every man but mm -hmm. I'm picking up on some of these things and it's hard for me to interpret it in maybe the most appropriate way mm -hmm. not to say that they still don't need to work on it because they mm -hmm. do but I think it was easier for me because we were forced to no, get out there to learn it in real time so if you don't see certain things happening you know it's probably not going in your favor just mm -hmm. let it go and move on um, but I, I wanted you guys, and I appreciate you mentioning the safety aspect. Because, mm -hmm. again, I think, men, we need to hear that because we don't really ever have to think about that. Mm -hmm. I want to ask, like, a quick combo question because we're getting towards the tail end now. Mm -hmm. This is qualities and ex how they help shape expectations. So the question would be, what qualities do you think are most important for you in a partner? And to add to that, how does that help shape the, shape the expectations you have of that partner? I'm going to come back to you, Ashley, now, because I, oh, I went to Chanel oh, last time. I'm going to give you a minute. <laughs> oh, man. I, so the qualities that someone, like, okay, wait. So the qualities in a partner and. Like, what do you, what do you think is most important? What qualities do you think are most important in that partner to have the type of long-lasting relationship that you would desire? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's like having enthusiasm. Okay. for the relationship for a lot of things in your life mm -hmm. like I have always been attracted to men who are passionate about something and I think that passion is good for me because it inspires me mm -hmm. to do more with myself I think um, ambitious men are great uh, but ambition with self-awareness you know I like men who set goals and they take steps to make to get to the goal. It's right. not just one day I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> well, I, I, I would call those dreams. Yeah, those yeah. are dreams. More, more than goals. But there are men they're, who honestly view it as a goal. <laughs> yeah. like because, oh, no, no, no. Because but like no tangible sense. Yeah, 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 or they're taught like, I'm going to be a crypto shark. Or, no, no, no. Or, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me PSA that real quick because yeah. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. If you think you're about to be out here and you're going to become a millionaire, you're going to have <laughs> these grand grand visions for the future and you have no steps that you've laid out on how you're going to get there you're dreaming my friend <laughs> thank you um <laughs> but no i think i the qualities i really appreciate in a partner are also like selflessness um mm. uh, general compassion for people understanding patience um you know just generally being a kind person one thing like i really don't like in um men is like this kind of like aggression or anger that they carry with them sometimes and mm -hmm. i think a lot of that might be like internalized from how people treated them and they feel like they have to return it mm -hmm. um i also don't appreciate like it, one thing like for me to have a long-lasting relationship is like i am obviously very opinionated and sh and strong <laughs> in those opinions <gasps> yeah but, you said strong yeah but um i like men who don't feed the fire with fire if that makes sense like exercise like, restraint i i really like men who are patient in that sense with me when they understand like because i could rant and like go off mm -hmm. and you know i what i've always appreciated in my partners is that they're not really like that they're very like okay you, could, could you need somebody maybe to compliment you more exactly like, like more instead of making me worse like make me understand like why this may not be a big deal because i am receptive to feedback like that mm -hmm. you know i'm not one of those women that's like ah, i'm gonna be crazy and this is you gotta be crazy too because then we're both crazy and it all makes we're sense amping, it's like amping each other yeah up. like mm -hmm. i i prefer like someone more calming someone more like mature in that sense because like i'm not always the most calm and mature person so if someone is able to kind of keep me in check, then moving forward, I'll understand like when I express things, it doesn't have to escalate. 
Absolutely. So, I, so. And I, I like that that way you define that too, because it's funny. I had a I had a, one of my first clients. She was like that, and she talked a lot about how she was her fiance now, but she was um, she viewed him so favorably because he did, she was had a lot of energy um, with pretty much everything that she did, and he was very very calm. He was the, the complete opposite of her, mm -hmm. and we talked about that. Like, yeah, I think that that's a good compliment because sometimes you don't want to feel like you're being antagonized by that person because mm -hmm. they say something and then they take it the wrong way and then they amp you back up, or like this eye for an eye mentality. Um, I, I actually talk to guys that like about that a lot, even if the woman's not necessarily, let's say, as energetic. Um, that I think people respect that a lot about guys when we can be level-headed. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said exercise restraint, because yeah. I had this conversation with this other man. Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't a conversation. <laughs> I was watching a video about this military guy, and I really resonated with it. Like, I went on a whole 10-minute discussion about it. <laughs> because he talked about how men have the capacity, women do too, but men in particular have the capacity to do very violent things. Mm -hmm. But it's also understanding when it's appropriate. I believe everybody has a capacity to be violent mm -hmm. or disrespectful, mean, rude, whatever words you want to use. Men in particular, obviously we have more testosterone, so biologically it, it tends to push us more that way. But the ability to exercise restraint, to me that's important. Now that doesn't mean, because we don't believe in extremes, that doesn't mean you let somebody walk all over you right. and yeah. disrespect you, right? right? But also I don't, to go back to your point about being aggressive, I know what that was like because that's what I grew up with. Um, it's, that's very intimidating. That doesn't foster a warm and inviting environment for us to actually connect. Mm -hmm. That teaches me like, I'm about to keep to myself because I said one thing and this dude lost his mind. So <laughs> I don't want to foster that either. So I'm going to do is say, you know what? Okay, she said something. I didn't like the way she said it. So I'm going to collect myself and then take a moment and sit her down and say, listen, when we have these type of discussions, I would appreciate it if you didn't speak to me in this manner because this is how I interpreted that and this is how it made me feel. Because mm -hmm. that gives you an opportunity to reflect on your actions and if you respect what I think, you will modify your behavior. Yeah. Not because I controlled you, not because I told you to, because you respect me and you hear what I have to say and the same goes in reverse for me to you. Yeah. So I think for men in particular, that's very important because yes, again, we have the capacity to do these things. But that's not something to me that we need to celebrate as like the end all be all. It's well, when I'm talking about my partner, my children, family, just people I value, I don't need to go to that degree, man. I want to be able to be like, no, when, when, when people talk about me, it's like, man, that dude is really, really relaxed. He is very methodical and he thinks very deeply about things that he wants to say before he presents them. Mm -hmm. And when, he, when I'm upset, I go to him and he brings calming energy to me. Yeah. Because I understand that this man's got more sense of self-control than maybe some others do. And, I'm, and that's not absolving women. It's not absolving men. It's not absolving boys or girls. It's just to say I think that those are attributes I have learned from being in relationships with women that they appreciate. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like being a robot. There's a difference between like no. being a robot and like not letting yourself have emotions. Mm -hmm. And then there's a difference between self-control and, sure. and, you know, bringing the peace to the situation Absolutely. and I think like the for long term too it's also like just respect you know respect for your friends respect for your family your Absolutely. me as a partner my mm -hmm. my insight like my strongest relationship points have always been when someone who I perceive like because I hold my partners in high regard because I hold myself in high regard you know and like um one thing that I've always admired in my male partners is they have never been afraid to ask me for my opinion 
like on some big life decisions they have to make you know what do you think about this or like can you yeah. help me with this mm -hmm. you know because at that point you're viewing me as a partner you know and I'm I'm strong I do the same thing you know what do you think about this and that and this and that and you know really just acting as a team you know I agree so. and, I, and I, I end up using that word a lot too mm -hmm. to, to take away from the idea of because again, when we keep, when we say things like independence, that's very individualistic. So it's like mm -hmm. self, self, self. Yeah. So I like to remind the team aspect, because mm -hmm. then it makes you like, hold on, hold on. It's, yes, you're important. You are an important factor of this team. Mm -hmm. But understand that what you do impacts me, and what I do impacts you. So let's celebrate that together. Yeah. Um, now I want to go to you. So again, same question. So what qualities do you feel are important? Again, you can answer that mm -hmm. for men and for women if you like to. In to have a long, long lasting relationship with that type of person, mm -hmm. and how does that kind of shape your expectations like when you're going to engage with somebody like that? So, like I said, humor is a big quality that I think somebody needs to possess in order to be with me and for me to be with them. Um, it, I have to be able to at the end of the day have a joke, like have a laugh, um, mm -hmm. make each other laugh, say silly things. Um, that's always been like number one for me. Um, and like in a respectful way, like not like, not like in a roasting way, but like in a, we can collectively like joke about like everything that's going on and be witty. Um, like, like, like a little banter? Yeah, I love, ba I love banter okay. so much. Um, and like that is just, yeah, that, that's a big one for me. Okay. Um, another one would be definitely like having the emotional intelligence to like have a conversation about deeper things and you know expressing your feelings um and understanding where i come from um and i mean i'm still really working on it to be honest like okay. I'm, to, I'm redefining like what i want in a relationship um which is why i'm not like fully engaging in one right now um but like I liked a lot of what you said. <laughs> um, That's okay. My thing too is like family values are really big. Like respect, like you said, like respecting my family and knowing that my family will be involved one way or another. Uh, and like that's just something that has to be dealt with and it's not ever like in an invasive way mm. either it's just more of like we are going to hang out like I want you to be able to get along with my siblings because yeah. I get along with my siblings very well and we talk almost every day like you have to be okay and like join in a conversation here and there um, and like just engage in that way so um, and my mom's like a big part of my life so it's not necessarily that she has to accept you but she has to respect you at the end of the day and you Absolutely. have to respect her um and I mean, really like empathy as well. Like just having empathy for others is really big. Like I don't like people that, you know, like can't understand like where other people are coming from um, and just being like, well, that's just ridiculous. It's like, no, like put yourself in their shoes for like mm -hmm. 10 seconds. Um, and just like really think about like where this is coming from and all of that. But, um, okay. and I'm mainly speaking because like these are things that were lacking in my previous relationship or things that I had to teach a man in a previous relationship and I'm teaching men and I'm no longer doing that anymore. Um, I'm no longer teaching. I feel like if you want to know, you'll learn like I did. Um, and like, I'll have some grace of like, you know, like letting you know where I'm coming from, but right. I'm not, I'm not serving from a base level anymore. <laughs> you're like, not a teacher. So don't exactly. Teach. So Just like if you're not a doctor, if only you, you told do like surgery. 20 year old Shania <laughs> that she would have thought differently, but like, I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Like I'm, I'm an older sister. I'm a, like a secondary, like caregiver to like my s siblings. So it's like, 
I'm like used to having to teach people and I'm like I don't have to do that in my relationship if I don't want to like I'm not forced to do it yeah. I, I agree um, with that part the, on, the only thing I would add to that mm -hmm. in terms of the teaching aspect because I think that to your point that when I said earlier about there's things that you need to be working on in between relationships and working on yourself yeah. right so that we're hitting that baseline before we even get engaged right. The only thing I would push back in terms of, I, I would say we do need to teach is you got to teach them about you. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. That's the only yeah. thing I would say, like, cause obviously I have to learn you. I don't know you. Mm -hmm. I don't think the way that you do, you have to teach me. Cause again, we're choosing each other, right? Mm -hmm. We're voluntarily choosing to be here. So we have to be willing to share those things. So that way eventually that person learns those things. And right. then not only that, cause that's like the baseline, but then as depending on how long this relationship goes mm -hmm. um you're changing you're changing i'm changing yeah. so we need to keep checking in often to make sure we're still growing in the same direction right right because right? i'm never going to be i was trying to make this point because again a lot of people get this confused because there's a reason why i talk about assumptions so much because so many people make assumptions about the other person mm -hmm. i never know how you feel i never know how you feel because i can't mind read mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the greatest man can't do that the greatest woman cannot do that mm -hmm. You have to tell me. If you want me to know something about you, you actually have to tell me. Because yeah. I will never just figure it out. It's not going to be on the tea leaves or I got out of the shower and I was like, you know what? That's what Ashley was trying to say. It's never going to happen. Right. And especially men, we're very direct. So it's better for you to sit us down and say, hey, this bothers me. Or I want you to know this about me. These things are important to me. Same thing for you. Mm -hmm. And then we need to do the same. So people more likely going to get their needs met. Because a lot of things we want and we need, but we don't talk about. Absolutely. And then we're pissed that they don't happen. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, listen to what you're saying. And it's so hard to have those conversations with like people that you don't necessarily know. Um, Agreed. So like, I mean, I can speak like it's really hard. I've had to learn, especially because I was so avoidant in my last relationship with conversation. Now I'm like, I'm having to force myself to be like, all right, now it's do you want to wait around for like another month or two till they pick up on your cue? Or are you going to actually say it right now? Thank you. And so I just did that recently, like last week. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going through this again. I'm going to just set what I have to uh, say, what I have to say now, you either take it or leave it. But before I was so afraid of rejection as well and being like, Oh, well like them saying like in return, like that's not what I want. And Absol so it's like absolutely. people pleasing of being like, okay, well maybe I could make it work. Like maybe I could see if it's something that I like. Which, which but, again, to be fair, yeah. bo both of us do this. Yeah. Right. Both sides do this. We mm -hmm. talk about it and we say like, I'm going to withhold certain information because I don't want her to judge me. Right. And you might be saying the same thing. Because you're trying to be like the best version of yourself. I'm like, I you know, know. <laughs> Ashley made this one hand. She said she don't like that. And like, I actually did have that lived experience, but right. I want to tell her because right. I don't, I don't want her to not like yeah. shoot me down and not let yeah. this continue. Instead of like, I'm again, we're not saying day one, mm -hmm. all this stuff comes out because that's just not realistic. But over time in the beginning, let's say over the first like three to five dates, a lot of this stuff should come out. Not everything, but in terms of what I want, what I'm looking for, what mm -hmm. I can put up with, what I can't put up with, deal breakers. Right. I have to put those things out there because if I'm waiting like six months later, mm -hmm. what happens? Like what we were saying earlier, I'm super emotionally invested now. Now, I might be compromising on things that I really shouldn't be compromising on because yeah. it's actually a deal breaker. Yeah. Yes. But I'm so invested now. I'm like, yeah. you know, I've been caught up one too many times. Oh, that I, way. I, I, Don't I, even I, speak. I, I, I got to make it work with Ashley because we've just we've come this far. Yeah. And I don't want to let her go. Mm -hmm. But this one thing that she does or she's not willing to do, mm -hmm. 
is probably going to be a big problem. But I'm going to try to keep pretending like it doesn't bother me right. or I'm going to try to compromise myself and say, maybe I can change her mind. That's another big one. Yeah. She'll change her mind later. He'll change his mind later. I can change him. I can change her. Right. You don't change nobody. People change when they're ready to change. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you can, be a, you can raise you that awareness. You could be a part of that, right? Yeah. That leads to the catalyst to change. But can you be. can't, like, control you can't it or trigger it. it or yeah. You can't force someone to, like, grow at no. the end of the day. And yeah. I think, like, that's something, like, I'm learning in therapy. But it's also just, <laughs> Shout like... Shout out to therapy. It's, it's just in general, right? Like, just taking people at face value. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I don't know who said it maybe it was oprah <laughs> the one who was like it's like when people show you who they are the first time believe them yeah so yeah, I and that's oprah, but yeah I, someone said it was somebody someone said, said it. that i've yeah, never that heard i've quote, heard that expression but yeah and, but i remember i saw it like on instagram or something and they're yeah. like oprah said i was like did oprah say that but no you know people just be giving random for real but no it is very like i think it's true and i think that's something that comes with experience right yeah. like you're sure you I think we all like, I always say this because like I consider myself an activist in that sense uh, where like not everyone is a cause, no. you know, not everyone needs to be like converted or changed or whatever. And not everyone is like deserving of the energy. So that's why mm-hmm. I just say like, it's time to just like, when someone tells you something, just believe them. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, so. and to me, that's a, that's a beautiful sentiment because I think that's, if we really digest and process that, when you see somebody that again doesn't present the way you want or when you express the things that you want and mm-hmm. they disagree or they don't want it and vice versa believe them don't feel upset about it I, it might be upsetting because you're like oh do i have to do this again but i'm increasing the likelihood that i'm going to find what i want yeah. yeah but if i keep like okay i'm going to work really hard with ashley i'm going to give ashley six months even though there's some fundamental things that i know this ain't going to work i'm gonna try it anyway because maybe i can change your mind could it happen? Because this is where people, I think, get caught mm-hmm. up. Could it happen? Is it possible? Maybe. Maybe. Big maybe. But is it likely? I like talking more about probability because the things I talk about are about sustainability. Can you do something for a lifetime? Right. I don't like thinking about can you do something for a month? Mm-hmm. That don't mean nothing to me. Yeah, a month is not. Can you, can you do it for an extensive period of time, ultimately for your lifetime? I don't want to suggest that idea because the likelihood that it will work out is extremely low mm-hmm. yeah. because it is not predicated on you. Yeah. You can't make that person change again to emphasize that point. Right. You can raise the awareness and say, hey, maybe you want to work on this because it is quite problematic. I, I don't think that's a thing that I can help you work with is directly. But if you don't work on this, you're probably going to see the same issue with the next girl or yes. the next guy. Oh. And, 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 and I you just and, like spoke to my soul. And, and, and I, which I've done it too, right? So I can yeah. talk about it because I've been there. I've been there. So I have to be okay, as painful as it is, yeah. to walk away. Yeah. It's so painful. I have to. And it's even, so even no matter how much time I've put in, and, and I, I validate the pain and the hurt. I don't minimize that for anybody because it is hurtful. Yeah. Again, I've been there. That's the reason why I can speak about it this way mm-hmm. is because I've been there. Yeah. But I'm trying to think about the long term It's so to much get you the thing that you want, yeah. right? You deal with this. It's temporary, even if it seems like it's forever. Mm-hmm. The pain's temporary, but we're getting closer to the thing that we want for the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just a message to all the men out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing 
you're going through that can't probably be worked through. You know, mm-hmm. like I think yeah. a lot of the time I hate when men go like, that's just how I am. Oh my or God. whatever, oh no. you know, I, I really hate that. It makes me sad, too. Yeah, and, it, and it does. It because, is. Really and I sad. also <laughs> think it's like, it's such a disservice to like the growth that you can make as an individual. Yeah. And especially by like your loved ones and partners and family and all these people, like they want to see you grow, yeah. right? Like my exes, ultimately we didn't work in a relationship. Does that mean I don't want to see them grow? That's that's not what that means right. at all. If, if anything... I would love to hear from them when they're in a better place and they've been capable of that growth because I'm going to be like, you know what? That's all I ever wanted was like, I want to see everyone eat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to see people like struggle or suffer just because you did me dirty doesn't mean I want like your life to be ruined or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes things like don't even need to end on a bad note, right? Like, you know what I would say to you in that regard? Because I definitely agree with what you just said. Sometimes it feels like it's harder though when it doesn't end on a bad note. Well, that was my situation. Like, like, like in, in, in the immediacy, I would that, say. Like, that was like my you can appreciate situation. It, later. Was, it was like a mature you're like, thing. And you know, then it, I it blew feels up better, later. It, it feels better <laughs> so, when you don't when you don't same. like the person. You're like, you know what? You did this to me, so you're dead to me. No, and you, like, that's you much easier to like, like start to move on. And I, but I also think people, like you need the anger in a, to a certain level to like move on healthy because mm-hmm. it's not anything you can't revisit later. Right. No, you like can. like you're never not gonna be in a place where like you can't just unblock them and send them a message <laughs> and right. be like sure. you know what? I think like I finally made peace with what happened. You know, I wish you the best. I'm sorry that that's like the way you remember me, but just know like that's not who I am anymore. And I, Mm. you know, I've gotten messages from exes and ex-friends and people like years down the road that where they are very apologetic about how they treated me and they're very open. And that's where I learned like, you know, as I have received them, you know, I need to be capable of doing that too. Absolutely. For people that I'm upset with. Because mm-hmm. like you, life is short, man. Like it's long, but it's short. No, yeah. And in, so. in, in, in the big picture, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I think part of that to me is a function of like age and, mm-hmm. and experience where you learn to appreciate that more. Um, but I would also say to me, even with all that pain, right? This is just something I've had to learn because I've, and I haven't touched on it, but I'm not going to go into all it now because I've said it on another episode. Um, <laughs> Some of us go through a lot of hardship in life. And this is not this is not a pain competition, mm-hmm. by the way. But what I've learned how to do very young in life is to try to convert pain into something positive. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn how to do that. Because there's no way I could sit here with you all if I didn't figure out that out. Because right. I would have just given up already. But I say that because there can be bright spots and silver linings to things, even the ones that are really hurtful. Mm-hmm. So situations that end it was ended amicably, but it just didn't have the outcome that you wanted. Mm-hmm. To me, the best thing, no, to your point about, like, I don't want to see you fail. I don't want to see you distraught. I don't want to see you in a miserable existence. I want you to win because I know I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do, do the work that I need to do to learn how to be better, to bring that to this next person so that I can get that from them because I'm, I'm expecting in what I give. Mm-hmm. But I want that for you, too, because you're not a terrible person. Right. Right. And I want you to be successful and be happy. But it's easier to desire that for somebody when you're doing that for yourself. Right. If I'm miserable and my life ain't going well, I'm going to be like, man, I hope Shania life Mm -hmm. sucks. Yeah. I hope she's sad every day and she's missing me every day and she's crying over me every day. Right. But if I'm out here like 
I'm trying to do the best I can for me and I'm working on myself and I'm trying to improve my life, mm -hmm. then it's easier to look back at you and look back at you, even whether it worked out or not, and say, I hope life goes better for you. I hope mm -hmm. it is going better for you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and wishing that doesn't mean you want them back either. Right? No. I think like no. that's the misconception, right? People are like, oh my God, how can you have such positive feelings towards someone who did that? And it's like, well, you can choose to hang on to like the anger and the upset and all that stuff Absolutely. and let it affect all of your future relationships. Because there's always that joke, right? That's like guys get hurt one time in like the fifth grade and then they take it out on their girlfriends <laughs> yes. for the rest of their lives. And it's like if you don't deal with it, if you don't yes. deal with it. Exactly. But because, you know, men are so repressed emotionally and they aren't mm -hmm. given the space to like express themselves. And, and that's where like the whole the feminist outlook serves men just as much as yes. women 99% of the time because a woman's empowerment empowers her to be that much more open to you. Yeah. And I think that's the perspective we miss a lot of the time is like my, my feminism has helped me become such a good partner to the men I'm with because I'm so empowered in myself that I'm not threatened by you as a partner. Right. You know, you are my equal, you are who I want to spend my life with. And I have never understood the whole like, you know, oh, I hate my ex and I hope he's like years later, mm -hmm. like, or, or like being, being like bitter. Yeah. Being yeah. bitter. And it's like, you know, me, obviously you wanted a different outcome, right? You care oh, about this person. You wish they were in your life more, but at the same time, we all make decisions. And then at the end of the day, like. It's going to be, I, and I think there was, you know, I did so much Googling, like post breakup, like every breakup, I do like all this Googling and I do it in incognito. Like I'm ashamed, <laughs> like someone's going to check my search history or something. And like, it's funny because it's like, there's like scientific proof. Like there was a paper I was reading that I even emailed the professor and was like, there's a paywall and I want to read your paper. And he emailed it to me. And it was about how like men experience heartbreak. And I think there's a, this, this big misconception that like women experience heartbreak and men don't. And, oh, that's, that's definitely not true. And it's such that's a lie. And it's even scientifically proven like that men do experience heartbreak sometimes at worse levels than women because they can't express it. Let, 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 like, let, let me add to that real quick. Because um, I've personally gone through that too. Mm -hmm. When you're repressed, number one, you don't have the the lexicon and the verbiage to actually articulate again what you're going through, mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing. That's already hard enough. But then I would make the case to you, and I'm going to go back to what you said earlier when we were talking about moving on, how women can kind of already be mentally and emotionally checking out even though mm -hmm. they're still physically present, and then men recognize it when they start to see the woman leave. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. all the reality floods and hits you in the face at that moment. I have seen in a lot of different spaces and capacities that men take longer to move on. And let me give you an example why I say that. Where women are more adept at expressing and articulating how they feel emotionally, mm -hmm. it's easier for them and you all, I believe, to be able to move forward because you, you're able to talk it through, to take the resources and the support that you need, mm -hmm. and then, not quickly, but in a, an appropriate fashion, then be willing to move on and invite another person in to give them that opportunity to get to know you and start the process again. We don't operate that way. It's not because we can't. Again, this is, just, this is where we are. Right. We're stifled so much that it will, in many cases, it takes us years where it may take a woman months. Mm -hmm. It might take a woman three months and it might take us three years wow. to move on from that relationship. And you've like, 
found somebody else and you're like, man, I'm really happy. Maybe you're getting engaged. Maybe you're married and you're about to have a kid already. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean we're like stuck on the relationship. I mean, like we're still trying to learn how to process what happened. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I can definitely attest to that. I like, can too. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my ex I was with for years, like two years after our breakup, he just like showed up at my house and like, and I was like in a new relationship <laughs> and I was like in a totally different mindset and he just like showed up at my house and I got so scared, you know, cause it's a safety thing. You know, right. you never know the intentions people show up with. So yeah. I just remember being so scared. And then I was like, what? Like two years. And I think that that really says that's when I really started like, wow, like men really have like this delayed processing thing with these things where they're just like, I want to avoid this. I want to run away. I don't want to think about this. And, you know, it's so much better to just deal with it up front. Of course, because it is. that way you're not going to carry it with you. Like, like, agree. it's baggage. Yeah. Like, and men always talk like mommy issues, daddy issues, <laughs> whatever. But at the end, issues. Of the, yeah, like, but there is like that fifth grade girlfriend, man. Like you, right. you want to be like tough, but you don't have to do the work. Right. You know? No, I, I agree. And that's why I brought it up. Cause I think a lot of women may not know that because for you all, it, again, it, I think it is generally easier because you're more fluent in the language of speaking on emotions. Mm -hmm. So naturally you don't hold on to it for as long. Mm -hmm. So you're willing to invite a new man in your life in this example to get to know you. Mm -hmm. Whereas for us, man, it's not necessarily that we're always stuck on that past, but maybe we're so avoidant typically Mm -hmm. that when it comes time to sit down with, I'm just like, man, I can't stop thinking about Ashley Mm -hmm. six months later, nine months later, 12 months later, 18 months later. Mm -hmm. And I'm still like, okay, I, I've kind of processed it to a point, but I still want her back. Yeah. And you're over here like, Shania's like, I'm already with this person. Yeah. And um, and we're like, but how did you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how did that happen already? That's what I journaling, meant. And I, and I agree with the baby. delayed processing. Therapy. Yeah, journaling. It helps. Journaling. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, you hit another buzzword of Prompts. mine, ma'am. I'm yeah. huge on journaling. Answering yeah, me questions. too. I, Especially if, like, you're naturally artistic. Like, I yeah. just want to throw that out there for people. Yeah. Like, if you were good at writing essays in school, journal. Journal. Because you will write, like... Uh, sometimes I reread my journals. Like when mm. I'm in a good mental place, I yes. read it from like when I'm I in a bad too. mental place. And I'm it like, sho- it shows you growth. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, wow, I was really stressed and now I'm fine. And or it's like, that was so minuscule. Like yes. what the hell was I crying uh, yeah. for? Like, and it but, kinda, but, 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 but at the time it could have felt like the end of the world. It, and yes. it usually is in the journal. And industry. now I understand like what my parents meant by their like, oh, teenagers, everything's like the end of the world uh-huh. to them. Because you, you have no frame of reference. Right. right. And and my sister, she's she is the mom to two uh, my nieces. Like, she's an amazing mother. And she she always, like, explains when my niece is going through a tantrum. She's like, you have to understand, like, to us it's not the end of the world, but to her it is. Because mm-hmm. that is her range. Ooh, right. That she is, like, her range of emotion. On. That's what she knows. She's like, we know more. She doesn't. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that is what I, ever since she taught me that, I, I view adults that way, too. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like. They may not know how to handle this because they just genuinely don't know how to handle this. Right. Correct. You know, and I'm handling it because I know how to handle exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so. We have we have those different experiences. So yeah. no, I, I think that's spot on. Yeah. And I and that's why I try to talk about it from both sides for the guys because I don't want and I'm not saying you all did this, but I don't want women to feel like, okay, we want men to get to that point, but then they keep having the expectation that they're going to not open up and share as much mm-hmm. because that's traditionally how men behave. Because those two aren't going to go together. Mm-hmm. But if we actually hold space for this, like you're talking about and like you've talked about, 
we can get to these outcomes. It is very possible. I encourage and challenge us to, to do this work to get to this point, mm -hmm. which is why I love journaling. I actually make every client I work with journal <laughs> um, because it's also a great way to get to learn it. somebody and learn their viewpoint and how they see the world and how they see themselves. Because mm -hmm. again, nobody, you can't just know it. Like somebody has to invite you in and tell you enough about themselves to learn about them. Mm -hmm. So right. to me, journaling is the greatest tool and it's like a check-in point. So yeah. if, if I was heartbroken 18 months ago and I go back and look at that, I'm like, man, I don't feel like that anymore. Maybe it still sings a little bit, but I'm not there anymore. Yeah, not that shows intense. me my own progress, Yeah. right? That I'm not in that dark space anymore and I feel like I'm trending you know, to a better, better place. Right. So I just want to add something really sure. quickly too, especially with like the opening up like in an emotional space. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just want to say to like men in general, like be weary of like and be considerate of like who you're opening up to. Absolutely. Because um, I don't think uh, just from my experience, I don't think men are very considerate about dumping like all of that emotional baggage onto you and then like leaving you in the dust. Mm. So oh, no, definitely not a good idea. It's def and I'm not saying that like, every guy does this but it's mm. more common in guys our age mm -hmm. um just to do it just to do it and then leave and like no, not and i'm like not supposed to feel any type of way like i'm crazy if i feel some type of way no, no, for you no, opening no. up that way so i just want to say <laughs> just be very we be very careful of who you who you decide to share that with and like always like always ask if it's okay um, at the end of the day because a lot of people don't ask too they just mm -hmm. dump on Assume you and they that's can it. Do it. Um, it's because you got the warm energy and you yeah but like I don't want to take I got a lot of energy yeah. to deal with too like you yeah. don't know what that person's dealing with ask, so. ask if it's okay and it's appropriate yeah and then I also think you step into it just like we talk yeah. about building trust and confidence mm -hmm. you step into those things you don't just overwhelmingly do it overnight yeah so I'm gonna ask y'all one of the very last questions here <laughs> do you feel or can you tell me maybe it might just be one or two options of when do you feel like it's appropriate that you need to leave the relationship when he isn't sure about you <laughs> yeah right like <laughs> but no i i think it's like the minute you think there are, you have you are having doubts and you are not expressing them to your partner hmm. like because i think at that point you're not opening the communication to figure out the problems you're just holding on to them hmm. so that's kind of my metric is like I used to feel comfortable talking to them because I wanted to fix it. Maybe I'm not sharing because I don't want to fix it. Okay. So. Good point. Good point. How about you, Shania? Yeah, I mean, I would say something to the same effect. Um, I'm still, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I don't know how to answer that. Um, just because I'm trying to figure out, like, like I said, this is all like very not new to me, but like I'm still trying to like process everything it. that happened in my pr past relationship. And I wish I would have been more true to like my feelings and like trust in my gut okay. that, you know, like, yeah, I can work really hard at it and I like can really try to do the inner work for like myself. But like if I know that my partner isn't like making any efforts to like grow with me and like change, even though I've made like I've shared with you that I'm changing mm -hmm. and that like I'm trying to do some work like on myself if you're not willing to like reciprocate or like at least be honest that like that's not at the point that you're at like I don't want to deal with it anymore fair um fair, and that's fair. like really hard for me to swallow because like I come from my my family relationships where it's like you stick it out like you wait until like 
like it is absolutely done and exhausted. And for me, I don't know what that point is like in my okay. life. Like I thought like I had to be breaking broken up with in order to get the point. Which in is, this past relationship. That, I think that, that so, that's good awareness, too. Like yeah. you, you can step away if you feel like, to Ashley's point, mm-hmm. um, those needs aren't getting met or you're not willing to address issues and actually work through them yeah. anymore. Because to me, like, then you're actively not choosing the relationship anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not going to work through stuff, then, like, why are you right. there? Yeah. And it's like, I know what the right answer is. But, like, when I put it into play, it's like, different. am I going to be able to execute it? It's sure. like what I'm scared of. Because like I thought I was like that, and then I got into a relationship, and I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger. Like you know, well, I, think I couldn't do I it. I think it's also just like the affection and the attachment you get for the person. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to hurt them, that so too, you yeah. don't take the action because you're mm-hmm. like, well, what if I regret it? What if this isn't yeah. the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where you end up talking in circles. So yeah. I don't think I think again, it's kind of like you don't, you're not trusting the intuition, your gut feeling to yeah. like work things out because maybe a part of you is like this really is a deal breaker yeah you know and i yeah, need like we to see about it, and i need mm-hmm. to see it more as a deal breaker as opposed to just like a doubt at that point yeah. right so like it has more weight to me than maybe i'm really acknowledging exactly. yeah okay and, and also hard to deal with <laughs> and to be fair to you to shania you like you said you're still figuring that out so it's yeah. okay for you to not have it perfectly curated of yeah like, like i know what, what i say. i know what i want to say but like if i'm being honest with everybody like i don't know like, <laughs> okay. No, I, I, yeah. listen, I respect that. Yeah. All right. So now we are actually at the end. So <laughs> the end is just discussing what's in the future for you. Take that however you want to take it. I'm starting with you, Ashley. Oh, God. Don't ask me. <laughs> so much weight. I mean, I honestly don't know. I, I. Or what do you desire? It doesn't have to be like, you don't need to be a fortune teller. What do you yeah, want? Yeah. I mean, the that's the thing. It's like, I want so many things. Right. I'm like, I'm so ambitious in so many different ways and like I think for me it's more like relationships are very important to me but I think my immediate concern is more like building female relationships like especially like building a community of women that will empower me to be as ambitious and as confident as I was in my relationship you know because I felt like I was with someone who was on my level <laughs> in that sense. <gasps> did, you, did you say that? Yes. That's a swear word. But, actually. you know, it's it's like I want to find that fulfillment through other female connections as sure. opposed to just a romantic one. So that way, when I do re-enter a romantic relationship, I'm fully equipped with, like, the support I need from, like, female platonic friendships first. Okay. So. I like that. Yeah. How about you, Shana? Yeah, I mean... In reg- I mean, is this like overall or relationship? It's however you want to interpret I mean, it. Like it's, it's the future. So the future can mean whatever Shania wants it to mean. I mean, as of right now, I really just want to focus on like what like career wise what I want to do mm-hmm. and like following through with this now because like it literally just depends upon me. I'm no longer dependent upon somebody else and making my decisions like I talked about earlier like this is the first time where I'm solely making decisions for myself Mm -hmm. so I want to continue to enjoy that and like I want to deal with the consequences of those decisions like usually I don't usually somebody else you know like either like helps aid me or like you know helps me um 
like get over it but like i totally want to deal with that on my own now um because i do have such a great support system of like family and friends excellent that like i don't i am like so used to like pushing upon them and like going to them for help that i want to start to like you know just depend on myself again and like trust myself like genuinely trust that i can make a right decision without consulting somebody um which is really scary for me okay. um really really scary for me um as much as a girl boss i think i am but i uh, it's it's Wait, frick. girl boss, but not strong black women in that right. in that connotation. Like ironically, girl boss is what girl I mean. Boss. Yeah, like what is it? Gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, um, so wait, say that again. It's like girl boss, gaslight, gaslight, gatekeep, because the girl boss is like inherently toxic, right? And it like just encourages women to like overwork ourselves to right. meet like the standards of overworked men. Yeah. So I support that. I didn't hear that before, but I support that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't think that's something to aspire it's, to. Right. Who wants to work this much? Take a vacation. Yeah. As oh. older, I'm like, trying to enjoy my. I want to work hard, but I'm trying to enjoy my life and enjoy right. with people that I value. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, okay. in regards to relationships, like I said, I just want to. I want to be able to connect with people just like on a normal level and not an insanely intense level anymore like I want to be able to have like a passive relationship where I'm no longer like solely dependent on like your mood it affects my mood sort of thing mm -hmm. um, and I that's a lot of unlearning for me because that's what I did in my last relationship you're mad I'm mad you're sad I'm sad um, I take on all your pain yeah it's like it's just so it sounds like not only is there some inner work there to do yeah. but also taking maybe some of the opportunity we talked about earlier mm -hmm. to reflect on the past yeah. and, and kind of how things played out right so that we're again we're not carrying some of those behaviors yeah. that you want to let go into future relationships. which thankfully i haven't like with anybody that i've come in contact with recently like mm -hmm. i've been able to identify it and just like dial it back um which is great like considering um but yeah it's just it's it's really like an everyday thing of like just actively being aware of like not not letting my like past experiences affect other people respect and i've been pretty good at thus far but it's still just very hard for me that's okay um, and to uh, express that to other people a lot of those things we're working progress on so yeah no need to apologize <laughs> yeah. it's just part of our own journey yeah, yeah. right so if we're pay if we take the time to put in that effort you know eventually we'll get to where we want to be right. so number one let me say this i appreciate all the vulnerability <laughs> All of the openness, seriously. It, this is what it takes to not only engage in these type of discussions, but this is how we learn from one another, mm -hmm. right? Is we have to create that space. So I really appreciate you all for taking that time and allowing us in a little bit into not only your worldview, but what you've gone through. Again, things that have shaped your reality and even the things that you want to change moving forward. Because I think that the more that we're willing to engage in these ways, this is how we stop a lot of these patterns of behavior, mm -hmm. belief systems that may not necessarily be true, you got to put them out there. Because yeah. if you don't, how are they going to get challenged? Yeah. And as yeah. we already discussed earlier, if they don't get challenged, you can't change anything or you can't evolve on anything. Mm -hmm. So Fact. I hope those of you that were listening or watching, I hope you get some value from these lovely women's stories and us discussing these things. I hope you consider liking, subscribing, commenting, putting all of that good energy back out here because this does take a lot of effort to produce this stuff, but I will say I'm always very appreciative because I do consider it a privilege to be able to engage with folks in these ways because uh, I know how difficult it can be for some of us to let others in. Yeah. So, again, I appreciate you all for that. And we're going to sign off now, so until next time, peace out, guys.